You're listening to Ricky Gervais with me, Stephen Merchant and Carl Pilkington. Now, you uh, probably know me from such works as The Office and Extras, uh, uh, Stephen being my um, co-writer and co-director on those things. For those people who are not so aware of Carl Pilkington, um, he was our producer sort of given to us when we first started on uh, XFM. Um, and uh, you're thinking, well, why are we doing a podcast? Why are we doing a podcast for... For, for no money. Is um, it no money? There's, no. It's free, isn't it? It's free download. But this this is the, this yeah, this is what I'm, I'm here to answer. Mm. It's because I like to be in a room with Carl Pilkington. Mm. You know, like some people go and help sort of chimps. <laughs> Do they? Yeah. Well, they people. go to the, the you know, the, yeah, the, the jungles and, and things. And yeah. how about little sort of endangered Dian species? Dian Fossey or whatever. Exactly, You're yeah. very much the Dian Fossey of the, of of the, the, of the of Manchester of scene. Of <laughs> the, of the uh, little bald mank world. <laughs> and Carl Pilkington is is an ongoing experiment for me, because I've seen him blossom from an idiot into an imbecile. <laughs> and yeah. I, wa I want to see it through. Look at the way he's looking at us through the glass. <laughs> Look at that. He's got a perfectly round head. Um, and that's why I'm doing this, um, podcast, or bodcast, as I'm going to call it in, um, his honour. Little round-headed bod-type freak. If you're not familiar with bod, we can maybe put up a picture of bod, the popular cartoon kids character. Go to rickygervais.com and you will see a picture of Carl and a picture of bod. And you draw your own conclusions as to the likeness. Carl, what do you think about all this? That's all right. Are you excited by this new technology? What? Podcasts? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's just, I mean, we are living in that sort of era now, aren't we? Like, you need to be able to listen to stuff on demand when you want it and stuff. I know, yeah. you, you were, you're not a fan of the iPod in general, are you, or any of the MP3 things? You're concerned. Uh, it's, I'm warming to it. But this is what's amazing about Carl. Even though he's talking about things like MP3 players, computers, uh, iPods, he sounds like he's he was found in a glacier and, and thawed out. <laughs> yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's sort of taught to yeah. speak. We're, we're a couple of high school guys who found him, and we're, we're trying to ingratiate him in the uh, in the gang, trying to pass him off as someone from the modern day. No, no. But, but my thing with with iPods is now, do we need them? Do you know what I mean? We're, we're living in that era now where we have invented most of the stuff that we need <laughs> and now we're just messing about they said that in 1900 someone actually said everything that's to be invented has already been invented they what? said that in 1900 and how wrong were they no but what what came out what, at what point what was invented in that year where they went right that's it now what, well, what did they invent in 1900 that that made them go we've we've done it all now well just think think a little bit right the 20th century think what happened in the 20th century Go on. Well, cars, planes. Yeah, but is that a good thing? Planes and that. Do you need to? Do you need a plane really? Wouldn't it have been better if we all stuck where we should be, instead of travelling about? War. Why? War. Well, look, wars. Wars happening, isn't it? Because everyone's saying, "Well, now we can fly. We'll go over there." And so I'm, there were no that. wars prior to the invention of the aeroplane. Not like. Not like there is today. Right. But what I'm saying is. The more the the world's got smaller on it, everyone's saying that, right? Yeah. Uh, you know the way I was saying to you the other day, uh, you know, we, we now go to places where we shouldn't go. People go on holiday to places where you've got to have an injection before you go there. Yeah, forget it then. That, yeah. that, that's a warning. Don't well, go there. I, I'm with you on that. I, I I don't want to enter a country where I have to have an injection to stop me from dying while I'm in that country. Right, I totally agree with you on that. So what yeah. happened is, so they invented the plane and it's like, oh, let's go on holiday. And then they go, oh, 
die now. Oh, well, you've got to invent something. Let's invent an injection. And then it's like, right, well, what, what else do we need to go to that place? There's a lot of faffing. <laughs> 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 so what I'm saying is... I'm, is that I'm, a place, a lot of faffing? What, what I'm saying is, you know, Steve's travelled more than I have. You've been to, like, dangerous places. I've been to places where you need injections, yep. Yeah, but why? Because it's fascinating, isn't it? You know, don't you not believe in that idea of uh, travel broadens the mind? You know, well, it makes you experience other ways of life, other ways of thinking. It just enriches you as a human being. That's the whole reason people go travelling. Well, since the invention of the telly, you don't have to go that far to see You're it. absolutely right. So uh, there you go, then. The telly was the 20th century, wasn't it? Yeah, it's pretty good. So where would, good you, where would you stop, then? You'd stop making stuff now? Stop inventing stuff right now? Or do you well, think we could carry on for another five years, see what comes up, and then just draw a line under it all? Well, again, but, uh, we, we're just messing about, and but I... there's still things to do, isn't there? I mean, I, I know, I could throw things up, you could always go, oh, that's great, but, you know, a cure for cancer, a cure for AIDS. Yeah, but d should we should we mess with that? What do you mean? Because there's too, there's too many people in the world as it is, isn't there? So, that's a way of controlling it, so that, you know, like, look at London, right? It's overpopulated. Rent keeps going up because there's more and more people surviving, right? If you let them die, it's going to even itself out. See, I was saying to someone the other day about maybe we should look at, if we're going to invent something, right, forget, like, the traditional way of people having kids, right, the way they, you know, have it away in that. You know, oh, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? No, you know, like, the the way that, you know, we, we have kids and stuff. If it'd be good if what happened was to, to control it is if... Man and woman, right? They sort of they're born and that they enjoy their life, they learn a lot, they live to be about seventy-eight, I think, by that point. <laughs> so yeah, no, no, yeah. but seven, by seventy-eight, I reckon you've sort of got to that point where you go, "Do you know what? I've done everything I'm going to do. If you haven't bungee jumped by the time you're seventy-eight, you're not going to do it." No. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like your hips have come off. You've, you've done it all now, so I've had, I've had my innings. Yeah, and then you die, right? So, say if everyone had that, they lived to be 78, mm. but then, just as you die... They give you the bumps. You get... <laughs> y you have a little baby inside you, and as you die, your life carries on. Sorry, How is this you, happening? Sorry, are you mental? No, no, but don't you think... I mean, what? I've never heard such drivel. You say, you're saying that, but if, if, if Newton said it, you'd go, hmm, interesting. <laughs> that's, that's what annoys <laughs> me. I know it is, Carl, he never would. No, He'd what? never say it. That's the point. But I, if you I never say it, if you never I say it, I don't understand what you're talking about there. What, <laughs> how, how, how was it? How is there a little baby in a seventy-eight-year-old? No, what I'm saying is, it's like an apple where <laughs> the apple grows and it's got its little baby pips in it, and and the apple goes and the seeds are planted and a new one's born. But what that's I, what happens. But that is what reproduction is. Yeah, but I'm saying babies aren't being born left, right, and centre. It's 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 controlled so that. As someone dies, someone's born. But Carl, stop. Wh wh whose responsibility is Look, this? If you don't want to do but it, we won't do it. But is I'm it just... supposed to be nature? Has nature got to, to develop <laughs> humans so that we act that way? We, we live that <laughs> way? Or I is like, this a scientific experiment? What I like, he said, he said to you then, he said, Look, if you don't want to do it, we don't need to do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you were up for it, <laughs> yeah. we'll sort it out. <laughs> yeah. We can do that. We'll have a whit round so no, we can do the research. I, I just think, at the end of the day, we've got to do something. And is anyone keeping an eye on this and, and looking at what we can do next to control a population thing? It does my head in that I've got to live in London for work and what have you. <laughs> and there's loads of people here. And, you know, forget going out on a Saturday night, it's too busy. And you can't move and they keep... I mean, what annoys me about London So is, your solution is that 78-year-old women have little babies inside them. And, and as they slip away into death, the yeah. little babies... And how is that baby then Who raised? Looks Who looks the baby? after the baby? 
Because it's a pretty good system having a baby <laughs> while you're young enough to look after that baby and make sure it lives yeah. to, uh, you know, reproductive age itself. I mean, that, one, that's, that system's been working for years. Nature's sort of sorted it out. Natural selection and evolution sort of makes that a, a good model. But wait a minute, Nature. Pop that on hold, because Carl Pilkington's got an idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just, it was just, it was, that's what it was, just an idea. Yeah, well, it was, you know, it was nonsense. But, but thank it you wasn't for it. The worst <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was the ramblings of it was the ramblings of someone you'd find by themselves in a hospital eating flies. Yeah, this is the sort of thing you find when uh, if they find uh, maybe a, a pamphlet or a, a booklet written by a psychopath. <laughs> you know, someone just <laughs> yes. before they went on a rampage and then turned the gun on themselves, they yeah. go through their possessions and they find a book I and it's got weird drawings, women with knives in their face, yeah. and this kind of guy. In fact, it. I saw uh, I saw a similar sort of theory written out on a wall, but it was written in shit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, all I'm all I'm saying is I think it's you know when people die normally. Everyone's fed up about it, aren't they, and a bit down. But <laughs> if when you if if when you pass away, you go, oh, we're going to miss Gladys or whatever. But then there's this new life brought in. It's almost like a bad news. But, good but news. you're talking about it like someone could pick this idea up and run with it. Like you've given them enough information <laughs> yeah. to do it. How is this possible? Where does she get the baby from? How, 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 how why does it grow? Why grow it in, a, in Gladys's belly? Why not have it in a drawer? <laughs> what I'm that saying was is... ready to go. Just add water. I, right. I mean, who this, looks this, after this, son of Gladys? Look, look. There is no theory here. There's no. Th it's the ramblings of a, a madman. What I'm saying is though, the body's always changing in it, from caveman to now or whatever. In some changing. cases. And they're always finding out more and more. Like, I read the other day yeah. about how um, they're saying, do you know how, like, they say people have six senses? Yeah. There's loads more than that. <laughs> right, and there's this one... I say, show me that you've got one. No, right, and, and there's this one that's knocking about. Go on. That, uh, what it is, say if I'm, say if I'm in a, in a pub, right, mm. and I'm, I'm just doing a crossword or whatever. Unlikely, but go on. And uh, there's some woman who's walked in, right, and she's staring at me. Yeah. I know she's looking at me, and I look up and I look round. She's looking at me, right. and they're saying that's a new sense that they, that they found out from, like you know, doing tests and what have you. Yeah, it's rubbish. And they're um, saying okay. that's been around well, it, since but, since like man and dinosaur was knocking about. But it could be it could be you know peripheral vision. It could be a footstep stopped, and usually when someone's footsteps stop, they 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 they've stopped. No, they've explained it. I think it's safe to assume that you know that with your perfectly round head, people are always stopping and no, looking. No, but they explained I mean, it. You just know that there's probably going to be someone there. If they, you look they said it's from the time when like caveman was like wandering about, and he'd go, "Hang on a minute." And he'd look round, there's a dinosaur there or whatever, and he'd, right, he'd leg it. Right, this is, this is nonsense. One, it's one, not... I hate it when people use the term when caveman was wandering <laughs> round. Caveman and dinosaurs, oh, they used to live together, yeah. Oh, that's the same era. Yeah. What have you been watching? Raquel Welsh. What do you mean? Well, what do you mean caveman wandering, knocking around with a dinosaur? You know the Flintstones is only partly based on fact. <laughs> <laughs> dinosaurs and man did not coexist. The dinosaurs had long gone before man arrived. Extinct. Kaput. Hmm. You don't, well, you don't believe us? Well, you don't believe because you, because you've seen... Because you saw that film where they took pictures of lizards and magnified them and put them next to men in films so they looked like they were fighting. Yeah. No, but why, why couldn't that have happened? What is the film with Raquel Welsh? Um, a Million Years B.C. Year, a Million Years B.C. or something. A Million yeah, Years yeah. B.C. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, but... She had a sort of woolly mammoth bikini. Fact. But why, why wasn't the dinosaurs back then just like how we have dogs now, in a way? 
He's watching the Flintstones. He's, watching the Flintstones. he's thinking of the Flintstones. Yeah. That's what he's when thinking. When he puts out like, the saber tooth tiger. Yeah, and yeah. And he, and he, and he, he mixes in. his concrete in a pelican. Yeah. I just think that there must have been a crossover point. Why? Why did you say that? Why do you think there must have been there a crossover must have been. Because if nothing was knocking about at any point, how did anything carry on? I know. I, exactly. Why, why, why didn't Hitler meet Nero? It's weird, isn't it? There must have been a crossover. They must have met somewhere. They must have met at a party somewhere. <laughs> they mixed in similar circles. Yeah. Well, I mean, are you are you telling me that Ken Dodd has never met Genghis Khan? They must have bumped into... I can't believe it. Yeah, forget it. Oh. You're listening to Ricky Gervais with Stephen Merchant and Carl Pilkington. Coming up after the ads, Monkey News. What ads? No ads, no. <laughs> no, we're not. There's nothing here. There's no records. We just got to keep on talking. Okay. Which is not. We could do our own ads. <laughs> okay. Bring tea for the tiller man, steak for the sun. Out now to own on DVD, Ricky Gervais's and Steve Merchant's award-winning extras. With Ross Kemp. Oh, zippy. With Les Dennis. Put your ass away, Les. I don't really know. And Kate Winslet. Oh, this nun outfit makes me talk dirty. Out now on DVD. Extras. Did you like Flannel Wars? <laughs> no, Ricky Gervais' book for kids with pictures of made-up creatures in of different colours. Well, if you did, there's there's more of them now in the more new book. Flannels. More Flannel <laughs> Which is also by Ricky Gervais. Drawings by his mate. Out now. The Ricky Gervais Show, on Guardian Unlimited. You're listening to Ricky Gervais with Steve Merchant and Carl Pilkington. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, now time for one of our regular features, Monkey News. Do the jingle. Oh, chimpanzee that, Monkey News! Right, what, what we're doing here is, right, is, uh, just giving you a bit of, bit of monkey news that's, that's gone on, right, where <laughs> a monkey's been involved in it. Good little story in that. Yeah. Uh, are you familiar with the one that went into space? The first, uh, the first sort of thing they ever sent up there before man did it and all that. You see, this is what annoys me with it, really. Armstrong gets all the, all the glory, but do you know who went up there before, before him? A monkey. Yeah. Yeah. Dog but, went up first. But what was the monkey called? I don't know. No, sure. Okay, so it's not the most informed news bulletin. The dog was called Laika. Was it? Yeah, they couldn't get it back there. They sent it up there. Did a few tests and stuff, and they couldn't get it back. They weren't they weren't prepared to bring the capsule back yet. Brilliant. We could all do that. So is that a, is that a you know is that a good mission? Well, I just think it was seeing what if it if if the mission itself killed it, but they didn't have the technology because of course it couldn't it couldn't fly the capsule back, which it has to be manned to bring right, it. Right. Well, this this was this was the next one up then, right? So the dog must have gone first, and then they went right. We made an error there, right? Get the monkey in. And what happened is they taught it um, what buttons to hit at the time that it needed to hit them. And, and the way they did this was, like, give it bananas. It was like, hit the red button. And it hit the red button, they'd give it a banana. Right. And they go, right, reverse is the green one, hit the green one. And then they do that and go, there's a banana. And then they go, right, hit reverse, and it go, and get a banana. Right. Hit the red. So it was taking commands on, like, headphones. Right, but how were they giving it the banana? Is that only to do radio? <laughs> how were they giving it the banana? What do you mean? No, well, this is before it went. You, do, you oh wouldn't right. just go and put a monkey in it and go, there you go, get on with it. They'd sort of put him in one of them capsules that you get. Yeah. And they were th on headphones. I, I don't believe this happened. Well, I'm telling you the story now, so the monkey I don't sat think they trained it to do anything. I think they sent it up there and he put electrodes coming out of it to no, see what... what it uh, wasn't it's... any of that. They did a thing like they do. Like, right. Like they can with animals. If you give something, uh, you know, like a treat, 
you can teach it how to do it. It's just like a dog, isn't it? When it's you're... called Pavlovian conditioning. However, that was to see if it would salivate or go over to yeah, a particular well, corner, yeah. not if it could control a spacecraft. <laughs> next one up. It's the next one up. It, as far as the, the monkey's not sat there going, oh, I'm a bit under pressure here, it's a rocket. All that's knowing is, I'm getting a banana if he hit that button. That's all the monkey's thinking about. Right? <laughs> they wouldn't, but billions well, of space but dollars. But how can they be sure that it's going to press the button at the right moment? Because it's got headphones on. <laughs> They're telling it. It's not like just, you have now. It's not like willy nilly. It's not just like pop it in there. What's to stop it from just hitting it any old time? Because it's a monkey and it's, it's not a human. Because it's trained now. But oh, anyway, it's trained. So it's listen, fully trained. Yeah. Go so on. what happened is anyway. Oh, this is absolute rubbish. They pop the monkey in there. Yeah. It's got its headphones on. They go in right. Hit the green one, and uh, I think there's something there that a little banana comes out to keep the same. <laughs> no, you're making this up. I'm not. It's the same. There's no way that they made uh, a, a right, spacecraft so, so can, that had a banana dispenser. <laughs> right, there's so, no way in this world that they made a spacecraft that could go into outer mm, space, right? So what? So manned so by a monkey mm, with a banana dispenser. So you're saying that it's easy to send something up to space, but you don't believe there's a little banana machine. Right, okay, so in your world, in your world, uh, there's this, there's a monkey and it's been conditioned and there's so a little monkey dispenser, a mon uh, sorry, monkey dispenser, a, yeah, a banana, banana dispenser, dispenser yeah. right, so it comes to the launch day, monkeys, monkeys sat in there, uh, everyone's ready, bananas are stocked up and all the rest of it, they go, right, hit the green button. <laughs> Right, and the rocket goes off and what have you. No, they would not make the monkey launch the rocket. Carl, so, you are you are living in a, so, a cartoon world. So the rocket goes off, right? <laughs> this is absolute bollocks! It's all going well. You are, you, I mean, I don't know it's what you're going to... It's, it's not going well. Going There's well. no way a monkey launched it's a going... rocket. There is no way a monkey launched a rocket, so you idiot. It's all going on, so they're going, hit the left button, and, it's, and it goes a little the bit left. The left button? Right, oh, so... well-known spacecraft command. This is Houston. Hit the left button. <laughs> oh, brilliant. This is what happened in Bio 13. Hit the left button. So it, you it, are, oh, it you goes are. left. Yeah, it goes left. So it goes left, and it's, it's going away. Left! It's, it goes going left! Yeah. No, the moon! So You're going goes, right! It goes, it goes for the moon, everything, everything's going well. Right. Uh, they get up there, it does whatever it does. It reverse, it comes back. <laughs> right? So then... You are, so, honestly, you are brain dead. So it's you long, are one of the most stupid people that I would rather have um, the monkey drive right, listen, me home than you. So the thing is, so it lands back, yeah. it does a good job and everything, it gets out, um, and this it's is, this is, this is where, this is where it turns a bit sad, because after it done that mission, yeah. right, because it happened and it, and it was all safe and everything, the next one would have been to send man. Right. So, the monkey enjoyed it and it was like, well, I want to do it again, right? But they were like... So how did they know that? How did they know just, what it was? Just the way it looked and what have you, it was like... <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> just the way it looked! So, you, are, you are a maniac. So the thing is, though, right? So after it had done that, it was on such a high, right? <laughs> yeah. It could it could never get that high again. Change there was drugs. nothing. There was nothing that it could do. Went on tour, did it? It did. It, it, it sort of ended up killing itself <laughs> because it could never never get that buzz that it right, got. Right. That was absolute bollocks. None of that is true. Except <laughs> they sent a monkey into space, and I'll and I'll, um, I'll check that. Absolute drivel. So, it, in your mind, it committed suicide. It, had a, it went on a crazy bender of drinking drugs and women. And like then, it, do, it does happen. You and hear then it about was found it. in a motel room.
Right, do you know, like, you don't believe in, like, scary stuff? Just like, you know, ghosts. No, I believe and... in scary stuff. I don't believe no, in well, things that are totally logical. Yeah, ghosts. Vampires? No. Anything made up by man. Well, there was, Anything... some, there was something in the paper the other day about a vampire. They found one. They dug something up. It was in the paper? And, oh, it's um, true then. It's only true. But it's we'll leave that. Then. But we'll leave that because you're just going to do that, so it doesn't matter. No, come on. Let's come on. Quickly, tell us about you found. No, it's just that they found they found a body in a coffin yeah. with a, a bit weird. of wood through its heart and a knife in its mouth. But <laughs> if you don't believe it, <laughs> then it was a vampire pirate. It was a vampire pirate. But that's definitely proof of a vampire, then, and of course, and not some grotesque murder. Yeah. That's definitely proof of if a vampire. If it was found, if it was found, if it wasn't, one, if it wasn't right, made hang up. Hang on a minute, yeah. hang on a minute. As far as I'm aware, they, when you put the, the thing through their heart, they just turn into dust. As, and and also, all, the, all their victims get, get their own life back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's right, and here was the second bit. Yeah. Somebody dug it up, yeah. got the heart, blended it, burnt it, pop it, popped it in some water, drank mm. it, and they're in prison now. Now, if it wasn't dodgy stuff, why are they in prison? Because they're mental, because they dug up a body, liquidised its heart, <laughs> burnt it and drank it. <laughs> That's, That's why, why they're in prison. prison. <laughs> <laughs> There's right. your answer. Right. But anyway, that isn't what I'm talking about, right? But I met, I met uh, Derek Akora the other week. Oh, yeah. Right. Now, who's he? Which one's he? He's, uh, is he? Is he a medium? He can contact the dead, is that right? He just chats to him and that, sure. passes messages on. Nice of him. So I said, oh, tell us something a bit weird and that. So mm. he said, what do you want to know? I said, just, just something weird. So he goes, all right then. He said, uh, here's one for you, right? And he said, uh, there's this pub out in the country. And uh, he said, there's this mug. Do you know those old mugs that they have where they used to, they used to like leave their own cup knocking like about? Like a tanker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A tankard thing. Yeah. So, uh, so there was there was one of them mugs in there, right? And everybody tankard. Like, Let's use a tankard if we've right, established yeah, the tankard, yeah. Because yeah. you're the only mug in this story. Right. Nice. Believing so, it all. High five. Great. <laughs> So this tankard's knocking about, right? And everyone who's running the pub keeps going, oh, I wish they'd stop leaving this tankard about, right? Mm -hmm. And they pick it up. <laughs> it must be a pain. <laughs> Having a, a tiny, small tankard in a pub. That must be a real grind. So, so every t they sort of picked it up and went, we'll have to wash that, and they popped it on a different mm. sideboard. Next thing you know, that person who's touched it died, right? Sure. <laughs> so <laughs> They must have been getting through bar staff. So they got, so they kept getting a new staff and that, and they were like, oh, what's the connection here? Right? <laughs> Connection here. Oh God. So anyway, so call Australia. We've run out. So they, so they, they sort of someone notices and they go, you know, it's a bit weird. It's it's that cup, right? So they get tankard. A, they, they get, so it's that it's that tankard and that. So um, they get a vicar in. Of course they do. And they go, look, um, there's a lot of weird stuff going on here. This 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 tankard. Every time someone touches it, they die. So he said, leave it with me. He gets his um, special water out and what have you. He comes round, does a little prayer. Sprinkles it. He goes right. Not a problem. Don't worry about it. He picks it up, chucks it in the bin. Guess what? <laughs> what? Dies in a crash on the way home. Because he picked it up. Well, but 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 Carl, you're telling me this like it's fact, and I meant to go. That's amazing. Dalita Cora. He told me. <laughs> Carl, I've I've I have I have no opinion of that story other than I'm pretty sure there was absolutely no connection between touching the tankard and him dying. That's all I'm sure it's of. It's not just him, though, is it? I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm not going to even um, uh, contest the, the chain of events. All I'm saying is there is no connection. There is no connection possible because I believe in logic and the laws of the universe. So you, you, when, you're, you, when you're telling me um, miracles and strange things, outside coincidence, you may as well be telling me about the Tooth Fairy and the Easter Bunny because they're equal to me, that it's ludicrous. It's absolutely ludicrous. 
So what what would it take though for you to go? Oh, I, I, I'm actually a believer now. But but what you're saying is you're, you're I can't answer that question because I'd have to base um, my beliefs on some of your premises, which I can't do. Uh, it's like it's like you saying, but what if you found out that two and two equaled five? I, I can't. It's a necessary truth that it doesn't. I'd have to. I'd have to go back and fundamentally uh, uh, disagree with what I think twoism is, twoness and fiveness. And you, it, you've never been in a situation though where you've gone. This room feels a bit weird. Could <laughs> be do you know what I mean? Could be something knocking about. Or. But th but that's 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 a different question. I, I I could go into a really rough looking pub and think this this isn't good. Because it's 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 no, based like on a, induction then. Because I mean I mean like you know if you've been to Cornwall on holiday and stayed somewhere and you've gone do you know what I'm sure someone's died in here. I'm sure someone's died everywhere. Yeah, but what I mean you never pick up a vibe of like I I I've got a mate right who uh, he's, he's living in this big stately home, right? And what it Why is? Why is he living there? He's 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 paying hundred pounds a month, right? And it's almost like he's being a security man. All oh, right. But he's not. He's not. He, he doesn't sit out the door with that on and everything. He just goes about his life, but he bases most of his work in this stately home. So right? what is it like a, a like a, a housekeeper? Like, like he's a sort of house sitting. A, a little bit, yeah. I mean, it's mass. It's 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 bigger than Buckingham Palace. This place, right? So what is it? A billionaire that's gone away or something? I, th I think it's some sort of. Uh, I think he said something about a, a viscount or something. Right. right. He said it's he owns this place. He's living in America. This place he owns, but it's falling to bits. Wow. And he's worried that people are going to go in there and squat and what have you. So he said to me, mate, you know, there was an advert, advert in the paper, he doesn't know him, advert in the paper saying, do you want to live in a big house, 100 quid or whatever? And uh, he, he went and had a look, right? And he's living in there now, he pays £100 a month. There's about 80 rooms. Gee. And uh, it's this big stately house, might have you. And I went, I went down there. He said, "Oh, come down and have a look, right?" And from outside, you go, oh, "This is brilliant. It's like something out of, you know, like the Manor Born or something." You go, "This is this is impressive," but then when you get in, it's like it's a wreck. Uh, it's right? just falling apart because they can't afford. Well, it's just been left. No one's no one's doing any vacuuming up or anything. There's like rat poison everywhere. Um, like windows are smashed, doors kicked in. That's oh, a real that's... shame. Mm. What, why is it? Is it? I don't think it, he's doing his job, is he? Is it because it because it would cost like millions to do up? Or well, something? apparently it'd be like I, I think they're going to have it done up, but it's it's going to cost like eighty million, right? So anyway, so it's a big house. It's a big house. So we get we go to the pub and what have you. I've got like a little torch, and um, we, we're wandering around looking in all these different rooms, right? And I'm asking him what's what why is what how's it got in this state? Do you know what I mean? If someone's had it, why 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 have they let it get to this state? And he was saying how, you know, it was like a, a mental home right. at one point. And um, it was like a drug thing as well. People who had, had problems with drugs, they popped them out there. Because it's in the middle of nowhere, do you know what I mean? If you if you needed drugs or anything, forget it. It's not going to happen. Do you know what I mean? So so that's straight away. Do you know, like, have you ever been in a, a hospital when it's been shut down or a school when there's no kids in it and there's that sort of bad atmosphere of, like, weirdness? Yeah. Right? For so, the sake of argument, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So so we're wandering about, and I say, oh yeah, what's in this room, right? And, and we go in, and all the floors are like a wreck and rotten and stuff. And I looked at the wall, and there was like a little piece of paper stuck on the wall, Ooh. right? And I said, what's this here? So I wandered over, right? Got right up close to it, and somebody had wrote it, 
<laughs> somebody had wrote it. Oh. Some, somebody had wrote right. it. I was doing Jack and Horry. There's a little sign there, right? And I go up to it and it says, flies, right, with an arrow, flies, like, flies this way, yeah. right? I think that's, that's a bit weird. <laughs> so I follow the arrow, right, which goes to this corner where there's a shelf, about 3,000 dead flies on it. Oh, my God. Condom stuck on the top. <laughs> that's, that's weird, isn't that it? That is weird. That is that weird, is weird. Right? So I'm looking at that, and there's, there's loads of stuff on the floor and that bits of paper. Picked up this bit of paper, right? And it had, uh, like, in biro and that. It looked really old, like it'd been there years. And it had uh, uh, something like, need nappies, dummy, right? Uh, blankets... Like, all this, like, all stuff for, like... And I turned it over, right, and it said, none of this now needed, baby dead. <laughs> right. Now, that's weird, isn't it? Now, that's what I'm talking about when you get a bad vibe. You go, that's... that's who's been in here? So, um, I, d I don't actually understand what point you're trying to make, Carl. Just because <sighs> it's... It, it, who's written that? Who's been in that room? Who's been in that state? And then straight away, your mind starts going, oh... I'm getting bad vibes in here. But, Carl, didn't you just tell us that this was once occupied by drug addicts and mentals, to yeah. use your word? Yeah. So don't, haven't you put two and two together and thought that was probably who wrote it? That doesn't mean it's paranormal or ghostly. You walk into a building, it's a big, terrifying, empty house. It's terrifying in as much as it's cold and dark and draughty and a little bit spooky in this sort of illustrative sense. And insecure. Yeah, you're because... a bit nervous because you... And, you know, it's got this sort of... It's got... It's bad vibe. It's just based on the fact that... Your mate's in charge. <laughs> yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> I mean, yes, yeah, so it's like saying, are we scared of the dark? Yes, it's, I understand why people are scared of the dark. I'm a little bit scared of the dark. You're walking along. Because you, you don't know what's in it. Yeah, you don't yeah. know what's in the darkness. That's why people get nervous. It doesn't mean you have to make the leap then that you've got some paranormal sense. Oh, my God, I'm Carl Pilkington, and hang on, just like Derek Akora, I have sensed something strange and evil in this room. Wait a minute, there's some flies in a condom. <laughs> I was right all along. That is weird. Flies in a Johnny equals <laughs> badness. The, the flies in a condom was weird. It's now. weird. I don't know. But, it's but, but the note. The note. Yeah. I just think of his face when he saw that. Reading it by torchlight. You must have been terrified. It's a bit. It's a bit odd, isn't it? Thank you very much indeed for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with us, either myself or Ricky, or you've got something to send to Carl, then you can email us at podcast at rickygervais.com. I'd just like to uh, say thank you to both The Guardian for sponsoring this and Positive Internet for hosting this uh, podcast. Both great. They, the guys at Positive Internet know exactly what they're doing. They're my kind of people, as is The Guardian. Because Sorry, I just... Well, you weren't contractually obliged to say that, were you? It just sounded... No, it's, it's what I think. It's just what I think. Right. It's just I've not heard you mention either of them before in that way. It just sounded... Oh, you're joking. I, I both love The Guardian and Positive Internet. Welcome to another podcast uh, of The Ricky Gervais Show with me, Ricky Gervais. Steve Merchant. Hello. All right. And, of course, Carl Pilkington. Right. Rick, you'll be pleased to know we've already had some responses. Uh, you remember last week I mentioned that you can email us on podcast at rickygervais.com if you've got anything for Carl or you or I. And uh, Simon and Mark have already emailed us in this link to something that was on the BBC News website. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but it's a remarkable story. Um, 
Well, I'll just give, I'll give you the headline straight away, and you can you can draw your own conclusion. Lion mutilates forty-two midgets in Cambodian ring fight. That's, that's a, just the headline. That's a hell of a headline. That I mean, makes me want to know more about yeah, the story. Well, that's, what headline, that's what a headline should do. That, I mean, I think we'd all read the news. We'd all take more interest in the news if if they could open the you know BBC News at six o'clock every night. Bong. Lion mutilates forty-two midgets in Cambodian ring fight. Bong. Bong. We'd definitely pay more attention. Um, so this is the story. It's just extraordinary. Spectators cheered as entire Cambodian midget fighting league squared off against African lion. Now, I didn't even know there was a Cambodian midget fighting league. You're an ignoramus. Everyone, of course, has heard of the CMFL, which is genuinely what it's known as in Brilliant. Cambodia. Now, like you, I don't know who the Cambodian midget fighting league are normally fighting. I don't know what tournaments. I assume it's each other. Well, I assume each other. It's midget fighting then. Yeah. Well, let me just give you more information, then we can dissect it afterwards. Tickets had been sold out three weeks before the much-anticipated fight. The fight was organised when an angry fan contested Yang Shimoni, president of the CMFL, claiming that one line could defeat his entire league of forty-two fighters. So this bloke is going to the president and going, "I reckon a lion could get all your midgets." I reckon he could. Yeah, he could destroy all of your forty-two midget fighters. Uh, now, apparently, Shimoni, the president of the CMFL, he takes great pride in the league, and uh, he's conveyed in a recent advertising campaign that his uh, midgets will take on anything, man, beast, or machine. Now, I don't know what kind of machine, again, midgets are fighting. But don't um, the midgets have a say in A this? washing machine. Do the know. midgets going, all right, keep it down. <laughs> no, <laughs> they like will a... fight anything. Well, we won't fight anything. We'll uh, <laughs> fight each other. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're sort of, like, equally matched. <laughs> no, yeah. you'll fight a beast or no, a no, machine. No, 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 no. I'll fight another midget. I will fight any midget. Is what... When I said I'll take on anything, I meant another midget. <laughs> Machines. So this bloke goes, I reckon the lion could take on your midgets. He goes, rubbish. Yes. Uh, and that is why an African lion was shipped in especially for the event, which took place uh, a couple of Saturdays ago, in the city's Colosseum. I mean, they've already got, they've got a Colosseum, Rick, which is already brilliant. So, hold on, this is sanctioned by the, the city? Well, the Cambodian government allowed the fight to take place under the condition that they receive a 50% commission on each ticket sold, and that no cameras would be allowed in the arena. <laughs> we'll take 50%, but, you know, for, for, for dignity's sake, <laughs> there's no cameras. <laughs> You know, we don't, make this into a, we don't want to make this into a, you know, into a, a spectacle. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's just, it's just lion versus midget, but, <laughs> exactly. you know. Well, 42. Never forget, there was 42 midgets. Uh, now, this is, this is the tragedy element, and this is why we shouldn't be laughing, because the fight was ended. Don't tell me the lion gets hurt. Well, the fight was ended, Rick, after only 12 minutes, after which 28 of the midget fighters were declared dead. Right. While the other 14 suffered severe injuries, including broken bones, lost limbs, and they were basically but unable the, to fight. But anyway. the lion wasn't hurt. It would have seemed that the lion was okay. Oh, good. Because the lion had no choice in this. No. See, that's the... the I, I, I love it when a human takes on a beast and comes unstuck. Because that lion was scared and defending itself. Those little midgets were loving it. They wanted to go in What do you mean they were loving it? You don't know that. Well, why would they do it? Well, what I find out... Well, I worried, you see, I don't know the internet of this. I wonder if they were fighting against their will. I got the horrible feeling, because uh, with all due respect to any midgets listening, they must be fairly easy to round up. <laughs> you could probably corral some midgets fairly easily. You know, you do need some regular full-size people, and it'd be easy to grab some midgets and take no. them away, whisk them away, put them in a cage. No, because... No, 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 because they don't, because a lot of them stand on each other's shoulders and wear a long coat. Sure, but... And a hat, and you go, oh, that's not a midget. No, Let him go. They, well, those ones are getting away with it. They're yeah. fine. They're wandering around. For, you know, fine. Because who's voluntarily going to join the Cambodian Midget Fighting League? But midgets who want a bit of action, who want to fight other midgets. They're allowed, they want to fight. They can't get in real boxing matches because the fellas are too big for them. But they can go, well, I'll tell you what, let's have our own little fighting league, right? 
But if I was on the Cambodian Midget Fighting League, I'd be livid. I'd be thinking to myself, well, I can't believe I listened to my agent and he's put me up fighting a lion. I mean, I should have just taken Panto in, in Grimsby. I can't believe that. I I've can't done. believe it. But hold on, though. I thought I... It's, uh, are they all really midgets or are they lumping in dwarves with them? It, it's not specified, Rick, but... Um, but I, that annoys me when people say, oh, look at these midgets, and I go, hold on, though, they're making up the numbers with a couple of dwarves there. <laughs> that's clearly only 39 midgets and three dwarves. <laughs> sure. Well, that's amazing. Carl, what are your thoughts instantly? I mean, you're going to have a, a take on that. Wh whose side am I meant to be on there? What? Well, by well, I'd, the story, be on, I'd be on the lion side. Uh, if I, I'd never go to a bullfight, but I love it when I see a matador gored to death. Because, again, yeah. the bull doesn't want to get in that ring and fight a bloke with swords, okay? So I love it. I think it's disgusting. And when someone says, um, a midget versus lion, I'm thinking, well, it's okay if the lion wins, to be honest, because they yeah. haven't got a choice. So, uh, and I hate it when people go, oh, I went to a bullfight when I was in Spain, but it's the tradition, isn't it? Ah, oh, well, there's loads of traditions that we don't adhere to anymore. Mm. So I'm, gl I, I, you know, I say it shouldn't have happened, of course, but if it happens, I'm glad the lion isn't hurt. See, what's annoying me is I've sent money to Cambodia because apparently they're hungry and haven't got any energy. So what's going on? Well, it's, it's much easier to, to, to fill up a midget than it is a regular Cambodian. You know, they, mm, they, they're, they're happy on, like on a Mars bar. I being cheated a bit. You were conned before with a charity, weren't you? Well, a few times, yeah. Well, the, what about the, the old lady? What was that? I got stopped. And it's like, uh, they, they sort of drag you in by saying, have you got a gram? And I said, no, they died and that. It's like, oh, did they die of the cold? No, you know, ill, what have you, just, just old age. He said, well, what happens with a lot of people's grams is they die in the cold, right? So I was like, oh, that's bad, isn't it? Anyway, so she's chatting and she's showing me pictures of these old women who look cold, right? Saying, look at her, that's Edna. You know, she's got no family, she, she can't pay the bills and all that. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, yeah. Anyway, it goes on for about 15 minutes and you, you feel bad. You give them your bank details, right? And what happens is, every couple of months, you get a letter from Edna. Well, it's, right. it's not from her, it's typed up and what have you. But, but there's a picture of Edna, right? And it's saying, oh, this December, you know, Edna's going to be extra cold. It's cold outside, she can't afford to pay the heat and what have you. Yeah. Keep going, right? So you keep paying every month, like, five pounds or whatever. Get another letter a few months later, right? Edna's sat there. She's got a tan. <laughs> what do you mean she's got a tan? Well, when they said, you know, she's cold, I thought they meant for the heating, not to send her on holiday for a month. She sat there with a tan. I'm not joking. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't just a sort of a slight problem in the printing? No, no, definitely. Sure she, it wasn't she looked well happy. Sure it wasn't liver failure? This is a terrible thing to say, but when I see those people approaching now with the clipboards on the street, yeah. I always get my mobile phone out and pretend yeah, I have a I've conversation. That one. The number of fake conversations I've had walking past them now. Well, I felt sorry for them, because right? I thought, that, that, you know, to be fair, I, I, I've got about ten standing orders where yeah. I felt sorry for my court right? I thought, they're doing a good deed, the least yeah. I can do. I find out they're on about eight quid an hour. Are yeah. they? Yeah. They're not just doing it out of the kindness of their hearts. Well, I don't want to lie I thought they were volunteers. I thought that was at least why I should feel guilty. If no. they're getting paid to do it. I don't know. I could be wrong. I think they do. What? I've heard they get, they get paid and that. Well, if someone knows, maybe uh, email us. Email podcast at rickygervais.com is how you can get in touch with us. If, if, if you know if these guys are getting, uh, they're fleecing us twice. Uh, you know, I, I, I heard something. Carl thinks they are. You, you think they're not. I don't know anything, but no, I, but anything that will allow me. But to But let's not find feel out because uh, you know I don't want to. I don't want to slag them off because they're obviously doing a good thing. So we find this out. It's, uh, you know, this is an educational show. I tell you what, though, right? Because we've we've talked about homeless people before and that. And I walked past one the other day. He's always cheerful, right? But don't you think, right? If you had a company, it's worth taking them on because they never have a lie in. Brilliant. 
I'm finding it quite exhausting now because a lot of the homeless I've encountered recently, they don't even now, they're not even after my money. They're just, they're just looking for conversation. While I was walking along the other day, and I don't know what you're supposed to say to this, mm. we were both walking, happened to be both passing a Chinese restaurant. He glanced in, he looked, he looked back around at me, he went, woman in there with three phones, three mobile phones. Why does she need three mobile phones? Mm. Got nothing to say to that. Got no opinion. Got absolutely no opinion of it. And I was thinking, what's going to you know, and you know that thing when you sort of, suddenly you got across the road conveniently to just get out of it. But, and there was another mad woman who started going, she, she was walking past me, she went, do you want to come to my church? I went, no, I, I don't believe in God. She went, do you believe in God? Oh, 20 minutes. Conversation, 20 minutes. It was unbelievable. I got to a point where I was so angry with her, I was shouting out from across the other side of the room. I was the one who sounded like a nutter, going, <laughs> there isn't a God! But, you see, when, when does it become, like, bad to avoid people like that? Do you know what I mean? Because some people say you shouldn't, you know, that they're, they're people, they're people like us, they've just had a bit of bad luck. Well, of course they are. Yeah, I know, but I remember one on, on our estate, right, and she was a bit, what's what's the word that you can use, because I don't want to offend anyone. But I'd, I'd say, me, men, yeah, but sort of mental homeless. Is that a term? <laughs> that's the official term. That's, I think that is the, that's that the, is the that's, new yeah. official term. It's it's mental homeless-itis. Right, so <laughs> she, uh, she lived on the estate and what have you, and... She aged. Pretty. How was she homeless if she lived on the estate? Well, she sort of decided to stay around there because I think oh, people right. on the estate spoke to her more than people who had money. Do you know what but I mean? Really? I was going to say, why would they? Why would she choose an estate to not to live in as opposed to a, like a, a, a walled sort of lovely community? Yeah. What? What? Why well, not go to St John's Wood or? Yeah, yeah, or I'd hang around in maybe, say, the maze in Hampton Court. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Because yeah. no, one's, no one's expecting to see a homeless person as they're trying to find their way around well, that. The, Imagine the, the, the cash you'd make during the summer. The, the rich sort of Victorians used to keep sort of homeless in there as a little folly, and they used to pay them um, at the end if they stayed there for, like, three years. Uh, what, where, what do you mean? Would they pay it was fashionable what? to have a little, like, a little uh, homeless little hobbit in your, in your <laughs> outhouse. Seriously. And, and what did they have? Did they have to do anything for the money? Run, dance, no, they just had to tigers? be there. No, they had to, they had to be there when they brought around. They go, look, that's our that's our little um, cat weasel fella <laughs> right. living living in our folly. Yeah, and then they were they got money, you know, at the end of it. It's just like really rich sort of Victorians and stuff. That's yeah. a great idea. They should definitely bring that back. Because, you see, I would give a lot more to shelter and, and those kind of charities if I could have a homeless guy uh -huh. come they, and do my bidding. I could make him and dance. And they had a really long beard yeah. and rags. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, they could, I could just make them do dances for me or, you know. And it was somewhat magical, possibly. That yeah, would go, Riddle me do, fiddle me do, what is my name and yeah. who are you? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. so this mental There's a little homeless. idea for shelter if anyone's listening. Yeah. Mental homeless woman on mm. the estate. Um, and what she used to do, Right, she she acted quite normal, and she used to always push push like a, a pram around with her. Right, and everyone was like, she can't have a kid, can she? Right, and she was dead happy every day. She was up and down, walking up and down the road. Anyway, one day she got to walk past. Right, turned round and looked in the pram. There was a bucket with a face on it. <laughs> <laughs> the Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. Rick, we've had an email here from a bloke. I think you're going to respect him because I think you can tell straight away from his name mm. that he's the kind of guy you'd want to hang out with. Go on. I know how much you love fun people. Yeah. Well, Paul, and he's calling himself this, Paul the Party Animal Parker, he's emailed in. He's given himself that, that, that Let, moniker. Uh, 
Right, I, I assume they're in sort of like quote marks. They're in, in speech marks, yeah. Paul Brilliant. Party Animal Parker. And he's calling himself that. Yeah. That I, I can't wait. So I, what do you, when you picture him, what are you thinking? Millhouse. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, I, I think he looks like Millhouse from The Simpsons. Yeah. I, 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 he's I, working uh, in sort of an IT department, maybe? Yeah, possibly. organisation? I think he might still be at school. <laughs> okay, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think. And, and this is the vital question. Do you believe him to be a party animal? I believe him to be a party animal is as much as a man with a long scarf that is mum knitted him <laughs> to look like uh, Doctor Who can be a party animal, yeah. yes. Do you think that when people are organising parties at his school, they're thinking the first person they got to get on the list and make sure he's guaranteed, uh, as You've got guest, to take Paul the party animal. Because I, I, I bet he's got millions of affectations. I bet he's, he wants to be known as the one that carries around a biscuit tin. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. got the scarf. He's, he's the guy who only ever wears bowling shoes. <laughs> it's his thing. <laughs> it's his thing. <laughs> he's a little bit kooky, it's his thing. <laughs> uh, but so, thank you very much indeed for your contribution. And uh, it is fairly interesting what he sent in. He's found this on the web. Um, I don't know why he's felt an affinity with this with this particular inventor, but anyway, there's a man, a Serbian man, who um, has invented a sex machine for women, <laughs> and he's appealing to Western women to test his device. Mm. Um, he's from a town in, as I say, in uh, Serbia. I guess Serbia. I guess that's right. Is that right? Well, I don't know. What does it say? Well, it says a Serbian man. But is it called Serbia? Yeah. Yeah. What was all the Croatia Serbia thing? Well, it doesn't matter now, does it? Okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter now. <laughs> it does to them. <laughs> Otherwise they fought for nothing. <laughs> what the hell do we know about world events? I mean, <laughs> how long did that go on for? Months, I don't know. If, if they're inventing new countries, they can't expect me to keep up with <laughs> current <laughs> trends, can we? Anyway, this Serbian man has, uh, has invented a sex machine for women, and he can't find any Serbian women to try it out, so he's looking now for Western women. Um, he's taken out a patent on the ultimate sex machine. Uh, it runs on a 390-volt electric engine, simulates sex, and has a 7.5-inch artificial penis. Uh, he said, my sex machine has an artificial penis that can make up to 180 moves in a minute. <laughs> now, I don't even know what that means. 180 moves? What? I mean, there's only really... Well, in and out, I in imagine. It's largely yeah. the function. Unless what, I've been doing it what wrong. Is, what, he's done, done. <laughs> what he's done is he's, he's put a dildo on a Black & Decker. <laughs> A man can only manage the intensity of movement uh, for about five seconds normally, but this machine can do it for as long as the woman wants. Um, but anyway, so he's looking for a woman who will test this out. But what I love, as soon as I read this, I was thinking, it's just imagining there going, oh, thanks for coming in, yeah, okay. So there's, uh, what's going to happen is there's a penis that's going to pop out from here and it's going gonna, it's gonna to have sex with you. I'm going to stand behind the machine. <laughs> I've got to stand behind here. There's a lot of dials and stuff. But I don't well, want to bore you in. Well, why do you have to stand behind it? Just I can't. It's technical stuff. But I got over behind the machine. But there's no there's no penis on the robot at the moment. It's just no, a hole. No, don't worry. What will happen is I'll switch the machine on. I'll go behind, and then a penis will appear. Will it be like a metal looking penis? It will be a robotic penis, but it will seem like it's a regular fleshy human penis. So you're gonna say, all right. So you're gonna go behind this robot. Go behind the machine. Disappear. Yeah. And then uh, a fleshy looking penis is that will appear. Up through the hole. When I switch the machine on. Okay, yeah. and that'll be, that'll be the real yeah. robotic penis. But you look. won't see me for the duration of your sexual So you've, 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 you've made this sort of like robotic penis look really realistic. It's really realistic. You will not be able to tell the difference between, say, the robot one and mine, for instance. You okay, well, you I don't want to see yours. No, 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 no there's absolutely not. Because I'm not, I've not come around here to have sex with a person. I know, you've I'm, come around to test the machine. Yeah, I'm that is exactly what you're going to get. Okay, a piece of mechanical but why not is the idea that on the front maybe they he's painted a picture of a robot's face yeah and then when when the machine begins you know rather like you know one of those horror houses like a kind of mansion in a spooky film the eyes of the painting they'll move and, and the real eyes will appear <laughs> just staring out 
Well, I, I don't think I can have sex with this machine unless you're actually in the room, just in case anything goes wrong. No. Don't worry, I'll be behind the machine, it'll be fine. It'll yeah. be safe, not a problem. Okay. But uh, anyway, so yeah, Paul the Party Animal Parker sent that in, and, um, and knowing him, there'll be plenty more coming uh, like that in future weeks. Carl, what do you think about that? The uh, Machines the, and that. Yeah. Well, they've, they've always been sort of, I mean, to a lot of people, sex is important, isn't it? You know what I mean? Not to you. It serves a purpose. <laughs> what purpose? No, because no. you don't want to have kids. So what purpose? Just, just you know, something to do in the evening. Something to do, isn't it? When the telly's broke. But but for years, like they've they found stuff, haven't they? Machines from like Roman times that no. to that setup. No machines in Roman times. Like that though, the old sort of uh, knob on a stick machine thing. <laughs> The old Roman knob on a stick. I'm sorry, but I watch Time Team every week, and Tony Robinson has never done that. An old knob on a stick machine. I just think that Julius Caesar sitting down and go, okay, Aqueduct, we love that. Thanks for that. Straight roads, good idea. We can see the enemy coming. What have you got there? Well, I'm glad you've asked. Plumpticus. What have you got there? Wanklicus. What I've got here is a yieldy knob. Um, and I've, I've put that on the end of a stick. Oh, well, stick as phallus. Okay, well done, Mike, <laughs> yeah. because... No, no. Yeah. Well done, yeah. you, um, are my new right-hand man, as they say. No, no, no excellent. But they do, they do do stuff like that. You've been in, uh, the London Museum and that, and they've got, sort of, sex stuff from years ago. They've got, like, these metal pants that they used to wear. <laughs> That's it, not that is! Metal pants! Yeah, sort of Is metal. that a chastity belt, you mean? They used to make women wear them so that they could... Yeah, no, but they, they, had, they, had, they had them for blokes as well, though. Metal pants for blokes. Yeah, Why? So he had a little lot. So if the if they, he was away, he couldn't he couldn't play away from home. And if he was away, she popped on a little. No, I just think they sort of like sexy metal pants. <laughs> what, oh, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> what are you sexy metal about? pants. Well, we'll have to look because I haven't got it in front of me. It's just something I remember seeing some sort of sexy metal pants that I used to wear. But what are you saying, sexy metal Come pants? Because it was not British be... Museum. That was Soho. No, what, what I mean <laughs> that was Old Compton Street. You were looking at the shop window. They always had to be ready for like battle and that, but these were a little bit sexy. But protective at the same time. <laughs> I love that. Right, I love that. Look I love the idea that that's all you remember from so the last museum. So Lancelot, are you ready to face the Black Knight? Yeah. Just, <laughs> what do you think of these? Huh? What do you think of these? <laughs> well, I don't really care. Just you know. No, I just they, want to look good on the battlefield. Well, they're both protective. Will there be women watching, cheering us on? Well, you're not going to fight like that, are you? What about all your your chest? I'm going to wear your... nothing except these sexy metal pants. But you, what about your chest is exposed? No, I can. Well, it's a good chest. I'll be working out. Yeah, I know, but what I mean is, you want to, you want, you want I've metal been, all I've over. I've actually been lifting up the round table every week. I just work out, do that about four times a day. But that <laughs> machine, right? Why did it have to be a woman, or could they have got a little gay fella in? I, I Let don't me know. just check. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't actually specify the small print here. Yeah. I love that. Why do you want to see a little gay fella be? I don't know. I don't want to see it. I'm just saying they're sort of more. Why do, uh, Carl? Why do you want? I don't want to see why it. do you want to watch want to a gay it. man get buggered by a robot? I wasn't the one typing in gay machines on the internet, finding <laughs> stuff out about. It's them. not Steve a gay was. machine. You just made it into a gay machine. Yeah. He, he wanted to, he wanted to pleasure women with this machine. Oh. You're saying, can I oh. see a little gay fellow get a robotic cock up his ass? <laughs> You're the one requesting that, Carl no, Pilkington. I don't want that. I'm just saying that. You're the one that wants to see gay men with metal stuff up their arnus. No, what I'm saying is they're more up for a bit more experimentation than... What are you saying? Why is that the case? Why? Why'd you say that? No, just, just, they, they just, you know, 
butt plugs and that. I mean, <laughs> what I'm saying is... What, what, you can't just say butt plugs and that. It, I'm just it, saying that they... I reckon they'd be up for it. That's what do you know I'm about saying. butt plugs? I, well, I don't know anything about them. I, I just remember seeing an advert for someone's in a sex shop. <laughs> what are you way. doing? What are you doing? No, then? I wasn't. I was just walking past. I was walking past the sex shop and that. Mm. And you're you know, sort of looking. looking. What, why, why, look. why were you walking past a sex shop? Just because I was on the way to work and that, and I passed one, and there okay. was a little sort of... One, it was open early, which I never understood, right? It was about eight o'clock in the morning, right? And who's I thought, rushing, who's, who's rushing out? Yeah, morning, who needs yeah. them now, right? Yeah. But I, sort I of must get a, a bagel and some poppers on the way to work. <laughs> <laughs> but I walked past it, and it had a, like a little post-it note, or c postcard type thing, and it was like, popping now, buy an item, chucking some free butt plugs. <laughs> and I, I didn't know what they for, I didn't, I, I'd never heard of them before. But all I'm saying is, I've since found out what they do do with them. What and do they do? And if they do do that with them, then yeah. give them a go on that. <laughs> I had another email here. This is uh, they haven't they haven't given their name actually, but they, they it's an interesting fact. I'm hoping it's true. America's first nudist organisation apparently was founded in 1929 by three men. Now, what intrigued me when I read that is the fact that it's clearly three blokes just trying to meet some nude women. They're all 52 balding. <laughs> exactly. With little, uh, uh, sort of those gold rim glasses. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just wandering around, and it's all quite saggy down there, and they're just knocking on doors saying, we're just set up an organisation. It's perfectly above board, completely yeah. legitimate. It's a, it's a nudist organisation. Um, you got any women in there that want to come and join us? Because we haven't got any really? female members at the moment. Got any women in there interested in, you know, volleyball oh, or I trampoline? I can't, I can't be doing with it, me. You hate nudists, don't you? Nudists. I, d I don't understand what, what it's all about at the end of the day. And here's something, right? Do you know, like, when you're a bloke nudist, mm. right? Do you ever get any who just have, like, a small knob? <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand the question. What's that? What's your point? Well, you know, are there any blokes who are knocking about who just have a, a normal-sized knob or maybe a bit smaller than a normal, um, <laughs> uh, who, who are happy wandering about showing <laughs> off what, what they haven't got, if you know what I mean? I don't think nudists are just doing it because they're so proud of their knob. <laughs> no, but there's got to be a little bit of that in it, isn't there? Say like, say like, um, you know, Jonathan Ross, right? He's he's nipped to see you now and again and what have you. He's what? He, he sort of nipped in to see you now and again. He's always happy getting his knob out because he's known to have this big knob, right? What so do you he's, mean he's known? Why, why is Jonathan Ross known to have this big knob? No, he just talks about it a lot, doesn't he? He's always saying about, oh, you know, but you'd like this, wouldn't you? And all but that. that's like me saying, me, I'm known for being a great lover. I say it a lot. It's clearly not the case. What yeah, evidence but, have you got that he's got a big no, knob? No, but the difference is he's, he's happy to keep getting it out. It's different sort of me walking about going, oh, I've got a big one and all that, and then, but no one ever sees it. But Jonathan sort of, he's, he's always getting it out, isn't he? Have you, have you seen him get it out before? I saw, well, he, he did get it out, but I wasn't, uh, I wasn't looking. What I do just, you mean you weren't looking? How do you know it was out? Just because he sort of was moving it about and that, and I, I could sort of so see. No, I wasn't looking though, it was but, that, it was that sort of thing where you can see something but, moving about, but you're <laughs> like, I'm not looking at it. What, like an owl seeing yeah. a, a, seeing a, a mouse it at just, like... what I mean, it doesn't matter, all I'm saying is... So no, no, no let's get back to this, you, you remembering vividly Jonathan Ross's penis. No. Uh, yes. what, I don't mean that. What but I mean, why were you looking at his penis? I wasn't looking, though. Well, I'm it was clearly saying, not meant to be looked at. I'm just saying most blokes who, you know, nudists, mm. they must be pretty confident in themselves to, you know, getting it out. And I wasn't looking, it's just that, I mean, I, I looked once. Okay. What was it like? What? Sorry, you looked at Jonathan's once? No, no, yeah. I was looking at another one. 
What? At the so same time, no, why no. are you looking at loads no. of men's What's penises? Going on? No. Where are you because going on? It's natural, that's what I'm saying. What do you mean? This is Carl, Carl takes a sneaky look at no, men's no. cocks.com? No. What I'm saying is, <laughs> it's natural. Where is this happening? You're in a, so you're in a gym? No. A lot of guys are getting changed and no. you're just checking you're, out their you're, you're at your bedroom window with a pair of binoculars <laughs> no. and there was a little fella across the road getting I was changed. At, I was at some night out once. Go right? on. So you were um, at heaven and you were in, in the toilet. It was some night out and, uh, some, some people come running on the stage, right, some music started coming on and these four people ran out. It was two women, So two you're blokes. at a gay strip club? It wasn't gay in that, it was just a normal night out, well, you know, some sort of party night out. Right. These, these people come running on, right, you got two women, you got two blokes. Right. They whip the knickers off, the fellas whip their undies off. At the same now, time? Yeah, all at the same time. Was it like, like, a, that, was like, it like a choreographed thing? Like, uh, what's it? Um. Chippendales. No, what, what, you know, like, Cheryl Baker was in it. It was that thing where they sort of, you know, on Eurovision Song Contest. I'm making your mind up. Yeah. When Bucks oh, Fizz ripped off a, a larger uh, skirt, uh, um, conceding a smaller skirt. At no point did Bucks Fizz whip their knickers and pants when off. When you said Cheryl Baker was in it, I was thinking, what, she, didn't she used to host Record Breakers? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember that on so, there. So that, tea time on BBC One. So that, on. that happened, and all I'm saying is, right, before I had a look at the woman's bits, right, I just had a little cheeky glance at the fellas. Why? Why? Just checking it out, just seeing is everything normal down Why there. Why weren't your eyes drawn instantly to the ladies' bits? I d I, no, I don't believe me. I had a look at that. All I'm saying. But you went to the guys first. Just, just. <laughs> well, I didn't know how long pants were going to be left off for. <laughs> so you didn't want to miss your opportunity, is what you're saying? Uh, you saw a window of opportunity <laughs> to see some men's bits, and you thought I better take it. No, no, because this may <laughs> never happen again. No. So what happened? So you, you, there's there's two women, two men, right? Um, I don't know what sort of event this is where you're looking at anyone get their knickers and pants off. I don't know why you're looking at all. So you go, you go right. There's knickers and pants off, right? Let's check out the the the, the, the knob and testicles first. You're telling me you've never like when you've been in a gym or anything, you've not just sort of turned your head, had a look, and go, all right, yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Been in a so let's just get this question right. Have we ever been in a gym and just taken a sneaky glance at a man's genitals? Is that your question to us? Right. For me, it's the same as when you see someone who's a bit odd, two heads or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be honest. If I was in a gym and a bloke came in with two heads, I'd look. I, well, I'd try. I'd get a sneaky glance in the mirror. I'd go. Sorry, but you'd look at his genitals or his two heads. His two heads. Or would you sneak? You look at the heads and then think, I wonder if he's got two cocks. And just. <laughs> <laughs> I don't try to look there. If, 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 I'll tell you what, and now I admit it, if I'm ever in a gym and a naked man with two heads walks in, mm. I probably will check out the genitals as well, just to make sure that he's got two of everything. Can I tell you the thing that always freaks me out? I do sometimes go to the gym, and I live in North London, and the thing that always freaks me out is if there's a, a an elderly man, often quite short, mm. um, and I don't I say this only so you can picture something in your, in your in mind's eye, you know, because I live in North London, there's quite a lot of old elderly Jewish gentlemen, oh you know, right. wander around. And um, I'm always freaked out because there's at least two I'm aware of who've got very, very large penises. And I always find that really disturbing because sometimes you can't, you know, you can't help but notice because it's like Godzilla coming through the <laughs> change room. Do you know what I mean? And it's swinging there and it never seems <laughs> right that he's an old guy, you know, <laughs> he's kind of a little overweight, quite short, and he's got a massive piece of action going on between his legs. And I always get, dare I say it, a little bit jealous because oh, yeah. for a tall man, I, I feel I've been a little bit shortchanged. Oh, wow. So well, that I do admit, that's the only instance where my eye has been naturally drawn to it. Do you know what annoys me in gyms? where people walk round happily naked all the time whistling. They yeah. get weighed naked, pop a towel on and take off yeah. three ounces. How exact have those measurements got to be? 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Pop a towel on. I mean, yeah. unless you're going on the space shuttle, <laughs> I reckon you could give or take a couple of, uh, ounces. couple of stone. Yeah, a couple exactly, of ounces. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely right. Well, we've, we've put that to bed. The Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. Right, Carl. It's that time again. You better be ready. Oh! Chimpanzee that! Monkey news! Right. Well, this, this, uh, this week, what we, what we colouring is, um, do you know, like, they say monkeys are pretty close to humans? Well, when you say monkeys, you mean apes, I assume, well, and when you say apes, you mean chimpanzees. Well, no, because they're different um, species, they're all primates, done, but... They've done a lot of tests and that, like I said, you know, we've talked about the one that went into space. Mm, that was we've rubbish. Had ones that have worked in train stations. No. <laughs> So the barbers, next, was there a barber one? There, there was a barber one. He started off sweeping, didn't he? But he didn't immediately go in. Straight into, but he worked his way up, yeah. Um, yeah, do the apprenticeship. Know, they, do, they do a lot of stuff. Um, I've seen the salon. He was probably the top student. But the <laughs> thing is, it, you know, I mean, in a way, this is linked to the one in the salon. Mm. He could cut air, but he'd never be allowed to work on the till, right? But these tests that they've been doing now... Why? Are they not trustworthy? Well, they've, they've had problems understanding money, right? But they've, they've got one recently that they've been teaching about the value of money mm. and showing it that, you know, to get this money, you've got to work hard, you've got to save your money, mm. and when it's saved nice up, all bollocks. you can <clears throat> do what you want with that money. Yeah, it wouldn't but happen. at the end of the day, these monkeys aren't on that much money. Yeah, so and they wouldn't, they, 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 you, could never, so you could never teach a monkey the value of money. So, so the thing is, they've said to these monkeys, look, you know, there's your money. <laughs> they haven't said anything You're to the monkeys. So they have, Rick. Please listen to the news. But <laughs> it's the news. <laughs> it's the news. <laughs> it's important that you know they they know how to spend that money, right? It's basic rules, really. It's what you teach a, a human about money, and it? it's the, what you teach kids. So invest money. wisely. Invest and all that. So who's teaching so these people? So Carl, stop. Just some what? people and that. But who? Where are these monkeys? The monkey people. But but where are these monkeys? Where are these monkeys? I think being... it's in San Francisco. What is, well, where are these monkeys though? What are they, are they in a shop? Are they, what are they doing? Are they in homes? What are they They're doing? Just, just In like, a zoo? Well, probably just in like some sort of, uh, science place where science people are checking out monkeys' brains and that and seeing how they work. But they're happy, they're not This is different that. to the, the news at ten. So listen, well, so yeah, but you can't, you can't interrupt the newscasters for one thing, Rick. Please. Oh, sorry, go on. So, there's these monkeys, right, and they've given them some money, probably about five quid. <laughs> and they, they said, right, off you go. Uh, go shopping, see who comes back with the best, sort of, how much can you get? You know, like in... Ready, steady, ready steady, Well, they right. say, there's a fiver, go and get some food. Anyway, some came back, and, uh, they were like, you know, they hardly had anything. Right? <laughs> this is absolute shit. No, listen! They this is the bollocks. Listen. But one of them, right, he, he was away longer, to be fair. Yeah. Right, he, he, I think he came back last. But they were really impressed, because he sort of said, this is amazing that you've got all this. Can't believe it. Give us the receipt, right? Oh, this is absolute right, bullshit. No, 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 for the price of right, one. Right, you're absolute. So, <laughs> and it just goes to show, This right, is absolute bollocks. There's no way, there's no way a chimp went it's shopping not, and right. knew what he was buying. It, it's I don't absolute, know why he wants me then. Well, it's absolute bollocks. Once again, you've made it up. You probably saw a headline on some sort of half-witted mm. website mm. and you're talking shit. Right. 
just to say, if you have any monkey news for Carl that you want to hear on one of these podcasts in future weeks, then Stick you can email it. Carl, uh, or indeed with anything, Stick at podcast at rickygervais.com. This podcast was hosted by Positive Internet. What does, can I just ask, what does hosting mean when you, in that sense? I don't know, but the guys at Positive Internet do because they're experts in this field and that's why I like them. <laughs> well, thanks very much. Uh, join us next time when we'll, when we'll uh, I'm sure. Let's do a couple of openings. Let's do a couple of openings. <clears throat> you do it. Well, you better say something. Okay. Mm. Well, I think you should say, uh, welcome to Ricky Gervais, uh, Ricky Gervais show on the, or whatever, podcast. I'm not on this, am I? Yeah. What am I doing here? Well, just saying hello. Hello? No, let me let us do the introductions. We're doing two introductions <laughs> in the two shows. Fuck me. <laughs> the Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. Right, welcome again to the Ricky Gervais Show on uh, on this uh, Guardian podcast with me, Ricky Gervais, Steve Merchant, and hello of course, there. hello there. <laughs> Thanks. And of course, our uh, our producer, Carl Pilkington. Carl, can I ask you a question? Go on. I know this is what a lot of the fans are already wondering. Is there going to be some monkey news today? There's yeah, got to be. Of course there is. Yeah? Yeah. That's All right. Question. Well, I don't want... I, I, I'm worried because maybe this will steal your thunder. But uh, Sarah Greer has emailed this in. Uh, uh, once again, emailed to podcast at rickygervais.com. Chimp mauling under investigation. Oh. I think you're concerned. Because this actually fuses two of our greatest features, monkey news and knob news. Oh. Into just one into one seamless hole. Oh. Investigators said they are trying to figure out how two chimpanzees that viciously attacked a visitor at an animal sanctuary escaped from their cage. This is the grim bit. The chimps chewed off a man's nose and severely mauled his genitals and limbs. Why oh. did they go for his genitals? Both of them did as well. Eh? Both of them. Did you say two chimps? Uh, no, you're right, yeah, it was chimpanzees too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know See, both of them went, they just saw that they're dangling away and they, uh -uh. they You just got went, for the nose? Yeah. Uh -uh. Mm. I got for his bollocks. Uh -uh. Now, what, what accent have they got there? I don't chimps? know. Were they kind of New York gangster <laughs> chimps? They're like <laughs> soprano <laughs> chimps. <laughs> what, what happened to them anyway? What happened to what? The two guilty monkeys. Um, well, unfortunately, they were shot dead by the authorities. You see, oh. that, that annoys me a bit. I know, but again... What are you talking about? They're attacking people's gonads! I know, but they were happy in an African jungle a couple of years ago. That's what yeah, they do, isn't it? That is what they do. They, that's, what, that's what animals do. Animals fight. Do you remember when that, um, bloke... So what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to let them just wander off into the, into the I don't know, into the local mall and maybe savage some young children? Or a bucket with a face no, paint on it? <laughs> No, all I'm saying is, you don't shoot them for doing what's natural to them. They yes, didn't you do. Why? If you... anything attacks anyone's balls. No, but why? Well, no, well, no, no, maybe they were shot during it. That you're allowed to shoot something that's doing something. But if they, were they executed or were they shot in the attack? No, it says he shot them, well he shot them to death. I'm assuming he so shot them to death as they were legging it off. But why aren't they just sort of tranquilised? Where was Why this? Why have I been accused like it was my fault? Just because I happen to be reading Sarah Greer who emailed it in thought who should be getting a volunteer. It just annoys me how one way it's kind of like, you know, we're trying to save the pandas and then the next day someone's shooting them or whatever. I know it's not a panda, but all I'm saying so is it's double standard. So therefore whole argument falls apart, but go on. No, but, it, but what I'm saying is what would happen? I've, I've talked about this before about St. George killed the last dragon. 
Right. Right, it didn't exist. It's the same thing, though. <laughs> no, no, there was, there's never been any dragons. No. It's a mythical creature. Well, you don't By know mythical, that. it means we made this up, like the unicorn. Mm, well, I, I... I don't even... What was your point about the dragon? What's that got to do because with this? Because I'm, I'm saying how, like, why is it all right to be going around, going mental with a gun, shooting all the monkeys and killing them? Because one day we're going to run out. What are you talking about? How have you extrapolated from this one incident of a couple of, of testy, happy That's monkeys? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. One incident. They only did it once. And they've got a bullet But they're not head. shooting around and making them extinct, are they? If they carry on like that, they will. But, but well, that's, it's up to the monkeys to stop attacking people's but that's a give and take here, no, I'm sorry. On. That monkey doesn't know why it's in a cage. It's not going, oh, this is for my own good. Mm. It's like, even if it's animal husbandry, they're not sitting there going, well, I'll tell you what, um... Uh, let's stay here, because it's, you know, they're, they're trying to do, do a nice little breeding programme here. Or we could get out and do what we do best, run amok, eat some bollocks, <laughs> right, and have a good time. Right? They don't know what they're doing. They don't, and Carl's right, the poor little bastards get a bullet in the head. For what? And I'm saying, if they're attacking a, a human, shoot them to stop them, that's fine, okay? But if they're running away and they're, you know, don't shoot them in the back like a coward. <laughs> this or was an animal sanctuary, though. So presumably they had quite a cushy time there, because most of the ones I've visited, they've always got it easy. They're but hanging around on tyres, they've got comfy chairs, mm. they're wanking. <laughs> <laughs> they're going berserk, they're loving it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you say that, that I, I think these, they, I don't know, I just think they were, they were, there was something nasty, there was something a bit warped in these monkeys. I mean, but hang on a minute, you've just answered your own question there. You said they're in a sanctuary, so they haven't had a good upbringing, so they're going to be a bit more, like, madder than other monkeys, aren't they? Because that's where the ill ones go, isn't it? So, what do you understand by sanctuary? Well, I've been to one for seals. It's not like a borstal. <laughs> yeah, he thinks it's a borstal. He it's thinks like scum. That, you know, yeah, yeah, like, like, they did some bad stuff in the jungle. <laughs> exactly. And uh, they had a little monkey core, and they went, <laughs> send him to borstal. Yeah. So, well, what is it then? No, it's a monkey sanctuary, where it, it like, like a haven. Well, it's not but, a haven, is it? It's got a bullet in the head. <laughs> The Ricky Gervais Show, on Guardian Unlimited. Talking of, uh, eating knobs. Yeah. Jilly Golden. Now she... What's she been up to? Well, you saw her in I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. I haven't been watching it. She popped a little kangaroo knob in the mouth. Chewed it up. What, she just found it? Did she lie around? No, no, it was one of the things that she had to oh, eat. Oh, one of the, the, the challenges. Yeah, Carol Thatcher, you know, a daughter of, uh... One of our leaders. Sure. She popped a couple of bollocks in the mouth, oh. chewed them up, swallowed them. Oh. Uh, and Jilly Goulden, there was a kangaroo uh, penis there, dried. She couldn't even get, it was so tough, she couldn't even get through it. And then she, <laughs> eventually she <laughs> eats it. What, was it like a pepperoni? Yeah. And she, what do you think of that, Carl? What, eating that sort of stuff? Yeah. I just, I mean, I, I, I watch it, I like those little trial bits, right? Yeah. But, what, what I don't think people realise is, right, it is hard eating... A little kangaroo knob. Right? Really? How do you know? No, it's just, you know, you think about it and you go, oh, couldn't do that, right? But what they never mention on the TV programme, which I think takes it to the next level, right? They're eating that at like half past seven in the morning. Sure. <laughs> right. Which For is breakfast. worse, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If 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 I was there and Ant and Dec said, right, Carl, eat the knob, I'd go, hang on a minute, gives a few hours, let me get some rice and that on my belly. And just sort of fill me up a little bit more. I'll pop back at about half six this evening. Right. Have it ready. <laughs> and I'd, I'd be happier then. It's just it's just that thing of, you know, you, you just you, you don't want to eat you don't eat animal genitals on an empty stomach. So what are you saying? You could... I'm, I'm I'm saying like I, I could eat I could eat a knob at night, but 
Just cut that there. We'll loop that. If any, if any, uh, DJs are listening, no. um, just take that quote, I Could Eat a Knob at Night, uh, by Carl Pilkington. No. Maybe do a, a, a dance remix. Yeah, just I think maybe you're sort of a house producer and you could maybe get some kind of high energy beat going and then we could oh, just boy. send that out to some of the gay clubs. I'm yeah. sure it would be really popular. Please, please anyone, send us, you know, uh, uh that, that looped with a nice little, you know, uh, funky house beat. Carl Pilkington saying, I could eat a knob at night. No, but That's do you, the ne- go do you on. know what I mean, though? We'll buy that. Not really. Well, I, 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 d- I, okay then, right. Okay. Now, you, do, I, I couldn't do it. I could, I could not do it. I couldn't pop a kangaroo testicle in my mouth and chew it. It was dis, it was disgusting to watch. She was eating witchetty grubs. That, I mean, good on them, because they were doing it. But then again, I think, well, they, they wanted to go in there. They knew what it, they were up for it. So, on the one hand, I think, is that admirable? And is that showing, sort of, like, good British metal? Mm-hmm. Or is it, you know, I'll do anything to get on telly for a week? I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't, where, where does it stop? You know, I thought Rebecca Lewis went too far when she gave the little pig a tug, but at least she knew where to stop. Yeah. She didn't, you know, mm. uh, uh, Well, Jenny it's Gordon... obvious when you have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you the know... The pig to, tells you that. To, 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 you know, to pop the can... Also, again, where's the kangaroo hopping round without a cock? I'll tell you, here's another question, right? Bit of a spin-off with animals and that. Mm. Have you ever, right, Steve, killed a fly? Probably, yes. Right? Well, I was watching David Attenborough, <laughs> right? He makes his money out of flies and that, doesn't he? Do you think he's ever killed <laughs> sure. one, or does he go, well, I can't kill that fly or that spider, because that's how I make me money? <laughs> I don't know what the question is! I don't know what this question is. <laughs> like, my mum, right, she said, if if a fly is knocking about the house, she never kills it, she always catches it and puts it out and that, and she said she'd never kill one. Who is one. she? Mr Miyagi? <laughs> Which means she catches it. How yeah. does she catch With it? With a pair of chopsticks. <laughs> no, she... <laughs> Rick, it's that time again. It's what everyone's waiting for. Can you do the jingle for us? Oh, chimpanzee that monkey news. Right, this week, the monkey news is about, you know, we all know, like, you know, there's monkeys knocking about that aren't happy in, right, this, in yeah. this country. Sure. It is a big problem, about. yeah, it's an epidemic. So, they've they've set up, like, this, uh, this sanctuary place. Okay. Where they all go. The ones that aren't happy in a zoo and what have you, it's getting them down. Um, they can phone a number and they'll come and pick them up. Pop them in this, this house place, right? And basically... They they can run riot in there yeah. to get freedom to sort of cheer themselves up. It's like don't have a go at them if they want to do such a thing. Let them have a go. And what have yeah, you, right? yeah. There's three people running this place, right? And one of them. Sorry, w- where is this place for wayward chimps who don't like the zoo? What are you talking about? A house where they can do what they want. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure where it is. That's not. That's that's a surprise. But 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 there's this place anyway. I, I, it doesn't matter where it is, does it? At the end of the day, I'm just telling you what, what the problem is. We haven't got to the problem bit yet. Go on. I'm just building up to it, right? Mm. So these monkeys, big house and that, PlayStation, uh, anything they want, gym, all that lot, <laughs> gym. <laughs> so yeah. uh, anyway, I'll cut to the chase, whatever. Mm. Uh, one of them wanted to mess about with the woman's breasts. Right? Which woman's breasts? The woman who works there. Right. Mm. Right. And um, she was like, right, pack it in, you know, we've all had a bit of fun. Um, <laughs> you've been sure. in the gym and everything. She obviously, you know, got a bit excited and that. Up, yeah. He was fired up and that, ready yeah. for some more action and that. He's trying to have a go on, on this woman's breast, right? She was like, Have no. a go. She was like, no, you're not doing that. Pack it in and all that. The boss who's running the place was like, uh, come on, let him have a go. No, 
Right, you're talking shit. I am t- I'm telling you what, I know right. sometimes I step over the mark and they made right. up. Right, this- so where, where is this place where... Well, one, where is this house where chimps are allowed to throw one? And two, where is this place where one of the bosses, one of the human bosses, mm. suggests the other one, oh, and if the chimp wants to play with your tits, love, let listen, the chimp play what, with his head. Because I've said before, Rick, will you please stop interrupting me? No, but Miss listen, News? it's all right, Steve, because what I'll do, I'll bring the link and you can put the link on, on the website and people can have a look at the proper story. I'm just giving it in a light headline form here. They can read the full thing. No, you've only read the headline form. I haven't read it. I sort of read like, like the first. It paragraph. was probably monkey feels a right tit, and you've uh, extrapolated <laughs> all this from that. So anyway, right? So he's there, and he's, so the boss says, "Yeah, you the can have a group." Saying, yeah, the boss is saying, "Let him have a Come go." Come on, Rita. If monkey wants to play with nipples, <laughs> let him. So she's like, "I'm not happy with this," and he's going, "Come on, you know the rules here. We've got to cheer these monkeys up." <laughs> oh, <laughs> We've got this through. is absolute. We've found it. Actually, no, and and uh, in the end, because she didn't allow it to happen, the fella bloke sacked her. Got someone else in. This isn't made up. I will put the link on the website and everyone can have a look at it, but basically... I want to see the advert he put in the Guardian oh. Oh. media page. I love that. Right. Woman wanted to let Chimp feel tits whenever it wants. <laughs> well, it's all up there. You're talking absolute shit again. Well, we'll see. That is no way mm. that happened. Mm. The Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. Do you know the other week when... Uh, came up with, like, a different idea of how we can sort of make the world run and that. Can we what? just have a quick recap of that? Because I seem to remember it was a load of old arse. It was, it was ridiculous. It was, um, he was saying that the, 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 the mm. world is overpopulated, so the system would be where people were living too long and stuff. So what happens is, people live till 78, I don't know how you can uh, enforce that, right? Yeah. But when they die, they've got a little baby in their stomach, <laughs> right. like a pip in an apple, <laughs> yeah. that then carries on when they uh, die. Right. It, it wasn't yeah. a theory, it wasn't an idea. Uh, it was the ramblings of a you, mental you, you case. You're saying it's stupid, but someone's emailed in and said, oh yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, life. and did, okay, okay, I'm asking you again, was the letter written in shit? <laughs> anyway, listen, right, I've been Did it say, the mental I've, home, I've been Mars? Think, I've been thinking about it, right, and, and if we can't do that, right, if that's a no to that, right? Well, it's not, a, it's not a question of whether we yeah, can do I'm it or just, not. I'm just saying, if, if, if that's a no, right, I've been thinking about- It is about, a no. Yeah. This no, is gonna be brilliant. there's a lot of weird, I mean, You could win the Nobel Prize no, for this. But listen, there, there is a lot of ways, isn't there, in the world that some creatures and that go about sort of moving on. You know what I mean? Evolution, you mean? Yeah, there's a lot of like on that on that David Attenborough program that he's doing at the moment. He's always showing you little insects and what they've got to do. And there was one about a wasp, right? That had to fly about, right, for ages, looking out for a certain type of spider, right? It lays its egg in the when spider. When I saw it, it whizzes down, yeah. right? It it lands on its back, so that he's got to get that right, right? It lands on it. I don't think the spider's up for anything. That isn't even aware of this is how things move about. He's not going, I've got to look out for a wasp. So all this is like, it's got to be perfect timing. So this wasp dived down, right, sat on the back of this spider. It injects it or something with a maggot or something, right? And then that maggot then lives off the spider for a bit. The spider knows it's got a maggot in it. No, it doesn't. It does. No, it doesn't. And it's making a web for it. It goes. I've got something to look after here now. I've got. I've got. You know, responsibilities. It makes a web, <laughs> right? It sort of reverses into it and puts the maggot on the, on the web. The maggot sort of clings onto the web. Spider's there. Maggot eats the spider, and then it moves on. If I came up with that idea for like a, a method, yeah. you'd say that's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no, never 
wake up. It's not the fact that you came up with the idea, right, for an old lady dying at 78 mm. with um, a, a baby growing in her that then lives on. It's nonsense. It's, it's no idea. It's how can it be enforced? It's like, so even if scientists thought that was the best idea in the world, how would they no, enforce no, but it? What I'm Who's going to go, that's a good idea, we've never thought of that. Yes, but what I'm saying Get is... Get in Elsie. Who Elsie! Told, who told the wasp to look out for that spider? To go on its back, to do, you know... What do you mean you told the wasp? To it's you. evolution, it's natural selection. Yeah, but these, I can understand, you know, we've chatted about it before, about giraffes having a long neck, but you're talking about a wasp and a spider who... That's because as, as you're attributing um, uh, uh, thought and will behind their behaviour. Behaviour in humans is, is is linked with a free will. Yeah, but most of what we do, say like how we have a kid at the moment, you don't just jump on the back of a woman and go, there you go, love, and then the baby pops out. You do if you come from Bristol. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'm saying is... Right, <laughs> It's all, you, you build up to it, don't you? You have that bit of a chat and you go, right, how's it going? Yeah, and you get on and that, and then, then a little baby will come out. This is the <laughs> best, this is the Wait, best. wait, wait, well, well, I'm gonna go back to the dating procedure there. <laughs> you, you have a chat, you go, right, and then a little baby comes out. That's extraordinary. This is amazing. No, I'm mad at this I'll is you, incredible. I tell you, two, two bit radio's gain was 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 t secondary school's loss. It really no, was. What I'm oh, saying is, this is my first pilgrim no, book. Unbelievable. What I mean is, it it all we all get on. What I'm saying is, at what point is a wasp ever going to have a chat with a spider or or meet up with it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even understand where we are now in this at conversation. What point is a wasp ever have a chat with a spider? No. What world do you live in? What's in your head? No, but I can't believe it. Carl, is a wasp ever going to have a chat with a spider? So in some kind of weird insect nightclub, these wasps and these and these maggots are meeting, they're getting no, but, on. Is that how you're imagining it? No, but that's it? what I'm saying to you. What no, are the odds on, on that actually listen, happening? But listen, listen. It, you're thinking because behaviour in in lower forms of life is is purely chemical. It's it's purely it bypasses any any form of consciousness. Right? There's a um a, a parasite um that's like a, a flatworm, a, a platyhelminth, or it might be a nematode. It's yeah. it's some sort of uh, invertebrate. Sure yeah. Um. That it lays its uh, egg. The the beginning of its cycle is in a stickleback. Okay. And it literally has to change the stickleback's behaviour. Okay, because it has to get into a warm-blooded animal to complete its cycle. So what it does is, uh, this parasite makes the stickleback not flee from the shadow of a heron. So it makes the stickleback get eaten, right? So it then is in the, the belly of a warm-blooded animal and it can complete its life cycle. But at no point is the, the nematode or the platyhelminth, whatever it is, going... Slow down as a heron coming, stay here, stay here, stay here. <laughs> and the stickleback going, why? I don't want to stay as a heron. There's no, there's no conversation. It's not they like get together and go, listen, I've got something that might be, uh, uh, mutually beneficial to both of us. I need to get into a heron. You like to be eaten by a heron. No, I don't. Uh, well, where's this conversation? Yes, with you do. It's got Jedi Yes, powers. you do. No, all I'm saying is, you know, the idea that I came up with, you're sort of saying that's a crazy idea. It's not an idea. idea. It's not an idea. How many times have we heard all I'm saying is, and yeah. then such a stream of nonsense, yeah. that it's blown our minds? No, but, that, but that's all I'm saying. That, you know, what you've just explained there with the error and having to knock about and, and for a flea to be sat in the uh, shade and that. Now that, now that, now see that, that, 
That is incredible. That translation of what I said is yeah. in- that sums it up for me. Yeah. He sees a headline, he reads a book, it then goes through this weird filtering system with, I imagine the music in his head is boop, beep, boom, ba, discordant piano. Like a, like I think a, the noise in Carl's head is like a fax machine, if you've ever got that at full volume. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like a Czechoslovakian cartoon from 1963. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, noises like, yeah. walks being hit. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, right, piano so anyway. just being hit by elbow. He's right. the only person you can give him a, a body of information and he strips away the facts. But the uh, way he said that, I talked about, um, uh, clearly talked about mm. some sort of parasite in a stickleback that makes his behaviour change so it doesn't flee the, the, the heron's mm. shadow. He said, so there's an heron with a flea who doesn't like the shade. <laughs> How did it come up? I mean, uh, It doesn't it, matter, forget that, right? But what's anyway, your theory? What's your theory? What I'm saying is I've come up with something else that I want to run by you then. Go on right? then. So you've said, you've sort of boo-booed the idea Boo-booed. Of, of, <laughs> we've boo-booed it, we have boo-booed it. <laughs> He shows a completely different bear. Yeah, it was originally yeah. Poo Poo the bear, yeah. but now it's Boo Boo the bear. Brilliant. So, so you've said no to, you know, the old woman having a kid right, yeah. before she dies. What about if we do it the other way, right? Ah, oh, go on. Somehow, I don't know how A yet. kid has an old lady? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's going to be, isn't it? A child <laughs> gives birth to an old man. No. <laughs> right. What, what I'm saying is, right? Go on. Work the other way round. Come on then. So if if somehow we can inject something in in like a a body that's just died, right? Listen to this. Imagine, but well, look, imagine this is notes. So when they ha when he hands it into the Nobel people, yeah. and they go, if there's a way that we can inject something, they go, well, what? Well, I don't know the chemical formula, but something, something H O two. So anyway, so you inject it mm. in the temple. Um, <laughs> He's narrowed it down to the temple. Well, that's. That's Fine. Right. Yes, yeah. you inject so, something. So you inject it in. What? What are you? Who are you injecting? This this old woman who's who's she's been ill and that she died. So she's dead. So yeah, we're bringing you, we're yeah. bringing old people back to life. Okay. Fine. That's that's step one. Um, we just got to sort that out first. But fine. We'll crack that. Go on. Next. So we brought back we brought people back from the dead. Fine. Yeah. Um, this is this is a way of controlling population, remember. They sure. can't be having it away and having kids, this is just the way we're okay, going to work so now. Okay, so, there's an old lady. So we start now. We start now as the world is now. So what happens? Right. So you get, you get like an old woman. Who's dead. Yep. Yep. Injector and that. Injector. And then, and then what happens is she sort of wakes up. Amazing. Right? And she works the other way. So like, she might be 77. Yep. And then she'll have a birthday, she's 76. And she's working that way. Right. If you know what I mean. Okay. Are you, are you with me? No, keep it. Because, because the thing is, you've got. <laughs> I no I'm idea. really scared. Yeah. I'm really scared. This is the maddest thing you've ever said. <laughs> yeah. This is madder than the old lady with the pit uh, like an apple in her belly. It sort of did work. This is. No, it didn't work. It worked in your head. It's like a dream that you wake up and go, oh, I've got a great theory. And this it's is like... what. This is it. Let me just tell you the, the ending because the endings works out a bit better. Go on. What I'm saying is, when you die. Mm. At the age of seventy-eight, nine months. What? At the age of nine months, because that's when you come out. What do you mean when you die at the age of nine months? You're not scared of dying because you're now a baby, so you don't know what's going on anyway. So there's no. So you missed out a bit here. So this woman, what, literally gets younger and younger. I think yeah. when she's in her twenties, she's in her old age, Rick. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because that's the that's the fun part of your life, isn't it? When you're twenty and you've got all your energy and that. So before you die, you're actually having a good life. Rather than it being the other way around. 
But does she do different stuff to, to, than, than she did on the way up? Because she's already lived 78 years, <laughs> hasn't she? Don't forget. She was a baby once and she grew to her years. Then, someone, then one st someone stuck a needle in her head and said, right, back you go. <laughs> no, but forget all that bit. I'll oh, forget all that bit. How do forget that bit? What I'm saying so is... So she died and she doesn't remember all her, all her, this is a new life, is it? Let She's... me just leave you with this. Right. You're talking shit. Explain yourself. What I'm saying is, old people are scared of dying. When they're 77, they're going, oh, what's, what's going to happen to me? <laughs> Little injection in the head. When it's a baby, when it's like one, mm. and everybody around it's going, yeah, it's going to die soon, isn't it? Baby hasn't got a clue, it's happy. It's playing about with its rattle or whatever. So it loses all scared. its- so it loses all its memories. That's it. And then what happens- so when does it die? When it gets to naught? When it's one- when it's naught days old? It goes yeah, through- it just dies. Goes, People know- it's, it's almost like a countdown. So you, the family's aware of it. But aren't the family getting younger as well? What's happened to the family? Forget I mean, I it then, we'll leave it as it is. No, leave it as it is, shall we? <laughs> shall we- can we all agree on that, guys, now? Shall we- shall we agree to leave it as it is? Is that alright? Cos I don't want to hear any more from the diaries of Charles Manson. No, it's, it's, I mean, you're a fucking maniac. If you're a maniac and you'd like to get in touch, then please email us at podcast at rickygervais.com. Doing a bit of Christmas shopping, Rick, the other day, and I was travelling around on the, uh, on the tube, the London Underground, the subway system for our American friends. And, uh, you know, as you know, but people around the world may not be uh, so familiar, there's a, a, a recorded voice that you sometimes get on the tube that says, uh, mind the gap. Oh yeah, before you open the door. Yeah. Mind the gap. And the reason is that sometimes in some stations there is a gap between the train and the platform and obviously, you know, theoretically you could fall down And it's different sizes, so just that little reminder, mind the gap. You look down, it's safe. Just makes you stop. Seems to make sense. Yeah. Saw a kid, teenager, wearing a t-shirt, don't know where he bought it, it just said, Fuck the gap. <laughs> he was tired of it. Yeah. But, he didn't want to mind the gap. But what I like is, what's he protesting about? I don't you know. know. I mean, it's not about, it's not the police or the man keeping you down. That's just good, sensible health and safety information. That's like you saying, know? fuck looking both ways before I cross yeah. the road. Screw penicillin. <laughs> I know. Just, but, no, do you know what? I'm going to drink and I am going to use threshing machinery. <laughs> and I don't give a damn. <laughs> It's, I, lo I love that about teenagers, that sort of, that kind of, screw you sort of mentality, but not, it's kind of blind, isn't it? It just, anything, anything's a target, anything's valid. When I, when I was a teenager, I think maybe uh, 17, I had a, a t-shirt. I was rallying against just stuff, really. It was slightly more abstract than uh, the gap. I, I, I wasn't specifically against the gap, I, it just said bullshit. <laughs> just in general, bullshit. <laughs> you, uh, were, you were raging against the machine. I would just go, yeah, people say, hey, what, what are you, I just open my, I go, bullshit, <laughs> alright? Just bullshit. <laughs> but I, I assume that these forms of protest have never made any dent in anything in the world. Because yeah. I, I remember um, when, the, uh, when there was all these protests against the war, um, a couple of months back, and uh, there was one guy, so there was a huge march in London, as you know, and they, they these all around the world, didn't they? But there's hundreds, thousands of people in London. There was one guy, he was riding around on a three-wheeled bike, wearing a jester's hat, blowing a horn. <laughs> that was his form of protest against the was war. Was it like, what sort of horn was it? It was one of those sort of hunting horns. <laughs> <laughs> when um, he was showing him, he was saying, this is what I believe. Yeah. And if that doesn't change people's opinions, I don't know what will. But I like the idea of Bush, yeah, just about to invade Iraq, and just the news comes through from his chief of staff. And, and, and Bush George, goes, George, um, what is it? What is it? What? No, listen, no, seriously, we've got some information coming in from London. Go on. Um, I know you're thinking of Iraq invading Iraq. Definitely, but, yeah, so, why? Well, let's just think about it, because there's a guy riding around on a three-wheeled bike. Oh. He's not got the regular two, he's gone for three wheels. 
So okay, well listen, what's what's he wearing? I don't want to tell you what he's wearing. He's just what's he wearing on his head? Just he's tell just me. wearing his no, He's wearing a jester's hat. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, okay, no, well, well, calm down, calm down. It's not that bad. It's not going to uh, not going to change my opinion about. He's blowing a horn. Okay, get the troops out. <laughs> get the troops out now. <laughs> Uh, what it's they pointless. You've got to get involved in the. I saw a, woman, a girl once again, a teenage girl. I was behind her on the tube, and she had this bag, like a rucksack, and it was kind of black, and it had um, painted in tipex. It had uh, a picture of of George Bush, but he was kind of in the sights of a of a rifle, you know. And it sort of said "Stop the War," and it had a Barbie's head, but it was severed, and kind of the hair was scraped back, and it was she'd been made up to look kind of devilish. And there was sort of CND signs, and there was you know "No to War" and all this, and it just, and and I sort of wanted to tap her on the shoulder and say. Are you actually getting involved in stopping the war, or have you been working mainly on this bag? <laughs> yeah, this that must have taken you at time. least a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where yeah. That, you could have been writing emails, you could have been getting a petition going. <laughs> oh dear, Carl, Carl. You, have you ever been into that sort of teenage rebellion, teenage protest? Um, what to sort of stop stuff going on in that? Yeah, yeah, or just you know making your your, your views heard. I, I don't, I don't really like people knowing what I'm thinking in that. Right. There's no way anyone can know what you're thinking. No, but even is with that experimentation, why you're doing a radio show where you spout off your nonsense ideas every week. No, no, but what I mean is, a like... team of surgeons could fiddle around in your head for a couple of days, and they still wouldn't know what you were thinking. No, I what... know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Exactly. You're you're thinking of uh, you're thinking. Could a monkey ever be president at this moment? Aren't you? <laughs> but I, I don't. I don't like anyone that like all those badges that you're talking about. Like you know, save the whale and all that. I don't like the idea that when I get on a tube and someone sees that, they sort of know that I want to save the whale. I don't like people knowing, even to the point of... It gives you a disadvantage in life, doesn't it? But but just knowing stuff like when you get on a tube and say if you've been shopping, right, and you've had to buy an ironing board, I hate it that people sort of look at what you've got and go, oh, he's doing some ironing. Right, okay. That's got to be rare. I mean, you can't have bought more than five or six ironing boards no, no, in your but, adult but life. No, no, I don't mean just ironing boards. I mean, like, right. anything big where they can't wrap it, so they just put a carrier bag around a little bit of it, and right. everyone can see what you've just it's bought. It's weird, because I bought an ironing board last week from Argos, and, and I did, did feel it... a little bit self-conscious. There you go. Because I thought, I thought people thinking, he's 30, why hasn't he got an ironing board yet? Yeah. No I, wonder I, he's a scruffy bastard. I pretend I'm going surfing whenever I buy an ironing board. I just make sure I go in with Bermuda shorts and sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just walk down the street like, I still... and I go, surfing USA. And they think, they think, hey, there's a dude going to the beach. I pop on a bus, go home and do some ironing. Yeah. Wait, but... what's that on his t-shirt? Bullshit. <laughs> he's radical. I, um, I, I get still faintly embarrassed buying toilet paper. Yeah. I always have to buy something else to go with it. Yeah. I don't like, because if you just a buy newspaper. that on its own, <laughs> if you buy it on its own, it's obvious that you've, you're, you're dying for yeah. one, yeah. and it's like, <laughs> I haven't got any in. Yeah. Whereas if you just chuck it in with a pot noodle, it's like, well, he's eating and he's thinking about it later. Yeah. Yeah. If that... you buy it on its own, you know that you've got none in the house and you've just rushed across the street Definitely. to get some. Because especially if you're still in your slippers. <laughs> well, that's about it for another podcast. Um, and a new one in a, in a week's time after Christmas, so, um... Merry Christmas, everyone. Have an absolutely blinding Christmas. 
or a lovely whatever festival you um, celebrate in your part of the world, um, from Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant, and Carl Pilkington. If you want to send us anything, uh, as ever, the email address is podcast at rickygervais.com. You can email uh, just your thoughts on the show, if you've got some monkey news for Carl, or anything you think might intrigue Carl, or indeed maybe just some Christmas wishes, then that's the email address, podcast at rickygervais.com. I would like to wish a particularly... Merry Christmas to those guys at Positive Internet oh. for all their genius input and good work um, hosting this podcast. Goodbye. Merry Christmas. The Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. Ricky Gervais here with me, Steve Merchant. Hello there, all right. And Carl Pilkington. All right. Yeah. Welcome to the, uh, the fourth podcast in the series of 12. It's uh, after Christmas now. That's it for another year. All right. Everyone uh, had a nice Christmas? Oh, uh, yeah. I had a blinder. I had an absolute blinder, mate. Good, uh, good presents, Carl. Right. Yeah, not bad, yeah. Get anything good? good? Uh, Odds and not, ends. Not that, not that I can think of. Odds and salts and bobs. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine got a gift, um, or rather gave it as a gift. I don't know if you've been familiar with these. It's a charity organisation, and you go on their website, or you, you know, phone them up, and you can give someone else the gift of, say, a goat for an African family. So you say, this is what I've bought, I've bought goat. Yeah. And, and they go, oh, brilliant, where is it? And you go, no, it's going to uh, a family in Africa. And it's a sort of goodwill thing, you know what I mean? So you buy, you buy an African family uh, a goat, that and will help uh, them for years. And it's, it's like you're saying, well, I would have bought you a present. Yeah. But, but I've that, used that money wisely. Yeah, so it's almost like they've given exactly. the present. They've given the, 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 the goat. Yeah, it's a beautiful idea. But I, as soon as he told me about it, I thought to myself straight away, knowing Carl's views on charity and giving, you yeah. know, particularly this seasonal time, yeah. what, I wondered what his views would be. Well, are, they, are they happy with the present over there? Like the people who are getting it? What, the African family? Yeah, is the African family... Sort of going, oh, I hope someone gets us a goat. That's nothing to do with Christmas for them. They're not sitting around w w w thinking, I wonder if Santa brings us some food. It's a, it's a long-term thing. These are happening all year, I assume. It goes towards a pool of money that goes to... It's not like they get a... You, you're an idiot. What, you think an African family uh, wakes up and there's a little goat with a ribbon tied <laughs> round it and they go, oh, look what Santa brought us. Look, and that mince pie's gone and that glass of milk. You're such an idiot. No, 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 but what I'm saying is, does, does, that, fa does that family want a goat? Yes. But, well, but why? It's when not they want a goat, it's they need a goat. Do you think, what right, do you think it, this organisation no, is? No, no, oh, just arbitrarily they're giving goats to They're going to say, oh, I wanted Nintendo. <laughs> what, are you, what are you thinking? Well, what I'm saying is, right, <laughs> let me put myself in, in their shoes. Well, this will be a first. Any, but, but say, say, say I'm, I'm, I'm one of them, right, over there, right? I'm hungry, right? I'm sat there, it's Christmas Day, right? I open it up, open the present, little goat there, right? <laughs> now, if I was one of them, I'd be going... Not another mouth to feed. <laughs> At the end of the day, there isn't enough food to go round for themselves. Never mind a goat. <laughs> Don't they say like having a having a dog and that is quite expensive? Sometimes they say, you know, what with all the injections you've got to give it, <laughs> the the food, the tin food and everything, it mounts up. And what I'm saying is, that's all very well giving them a goat. Who's looking after it? 
Well, I'm assuming it's all of a board. The goats had its injections. That's what some of the money goes towards. It's given to them so they can milk it and have milk and cheese and whatever. I, I, I don't think it's a burden. I very, very well, what is this? What, what do you mean? They, they wake up Christmas Day and open a present. It's not what, like that. So there's that. a thing. It's, there's a goat-shaped thing in wrapping paper. I wonder what that could be. I hope it's. Uh, I hope it's that goat we asked for. My God, it all, is. All I'm saying it's just. Is... A, it's just a nice marketing way of distributing wealth. It's the way of going. This is a nice gift. It's like people sometimes they say, "Don't send flowers at a funeral." They don't send flowers. Uh, give give some money to the local hospice. Yeah. It's just a way of redirecting cash. But, but the thing is, why do they want that goat? What's the main reason? <laughs> to what? What's the main? What does a goat give you? Milk. milk. Right now, wouldn't it be easy to to just send them a bottle of milk <laughs> without all the hassle and the headaches that come with it? That's all I'm saying. And the other thing is, think about the goat that was happy over here. Suddenly, it's on barren land, no grass. <laughs> I'm gonna burst. <laughs> what do you mean? You didn't send a goat from here. I'm saying, who's happy at the end of this? Right? You've got a fella who hasn't got a present over here because the mate bought him a goat, right? So, so, so yeah, let's do this, let's do this properly. So there's a tick. He's not happy, right? Then, you've got the person who's opened it, who, like you said, wanted something else, right? It's a goat. They go, who's gonna look after this, right? So tick, they're not happy. And then you've got the goat going, what am I doing here? The Ricky Gervais Show, on Guardian Unlimited. Tell you what, a lot of people are wondering, um, Carl, is uh, what I received for from Ricky this year. Go on. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, I remember actually after my birthday, he said, "Oh yeah, I'll be getting you a little gift." Forgot. So I've had nothing from him this year. He's a man. He's got a little bit of cash in his pocket now. What I'm hoping is that maybe he'll pull it over the next five years and buy me something I've been reading about recently. Now you definitely love this, surely. Have you started seeing this now? Virgin are starting plugging Virgin Galactic. I think it's something like mm. 200,000 quid, mm. and they, you'll get a chance to go in a space shuttle into mm. space. Now, I don't know what your feelings are, Rick. You know, I know you've probably got a bit of cash in the bank. I was, honestly, I was thinking of giving you another signed extras DVD. Some, anything. It's the thought that counts, so okay. that would be great. Because um, I've got some knocking round. I can give you one of those. You've already, I know you've already got one of those, but sure. I, don't, I don't mind. They don't cost me much. No, great. great. Uh, and do you like the book Flanimals? Um, I, just, well, it's, I know it's aimed at five-year-olds, so... I don't know okay, why I personally would want it, but... But, you know, that that's going to be in the little... Yeah. ...little selection box for you. Great. But, but no, the trip into space, I don't know about that. I mean, it? you've got a bit of cash. Would you think about that? Would you be interested, you and your missus, oh, going into space? I don't know. Space? You have to be... I mean... It's, 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 not the, it's not the money. There are things that I would spend 200 grand on as a as a little folly, but I think, you know, an individual jetpack, for example. Right. You know, I'd do that. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd like to see the Earth from, you know, a couple hundred miles up. That'd be good. But I don't know if that's quite worth it yet. The other thing is the safety, because I'm worried that I want to see a lot of people go up there first. Yeah. I wouldn't be the first boat to go on an aeroplane. No, no, no. No, uh, you know, I'd, I'd want to see a few pioneers go, it's, it's really safe, before yeah. I got on something well, like I that. Well, I believe the actress Victoria Principal is volunteering herself. So uh, I think she maybe used to be in Dynasty or Dallas. So, well, I'll see know. what happens to her. Yeah. If, uh, if, if, you know, I think if she can do it, then... No, uh, if Vicky P comes back all right, rather like uh, those monkeys they sent up years ago, yeah. then we'll all be a lot more relaxed. Exactly, if they put electrodes on her and it, it, it exactly. all works out fine. And there'll, might... be, there'll be a banana, you know, shoot, issue bananas, and there'll be yeah. buttons, press left, press right. Yeah, and I, and I might consider it. Carl, thoughts? 
Going to space? Mm. Nah. It's not it's not worth it. What's the boy? Wouldn't it be a fascinating experience to go into space and look back mm. at the Earth? There's, there's no out there, though, is there? <laughs> there's I mean, no out there. <laughs> say that again. Well, there's, there's no out there, though, is there? Right. I mean, what, at what point are you all meant to be happy? <laughs> do you know what I mean? You're floating about up there, because you, you don't get out, do you? Uh, what, you mean to do some duty-free shopping? I'm just talking, you don't go floating about, do you? You stay in your seat. Mm. Well, they no. probably let you move around on the shuttle. Yeah, no, but I'm talking about getting out. For me, when you what, go you on holiday... What, you want to get out into space? Yes, but that's what I'm saying. When you go on holiday, the flight bit isn't the best bit of the holiday, is it? That's the bit you've got to do. <laughs> so what I'm saying is you've got to stay on this and then you go back home. <laughs> so you don't take luggage, right? <laughs> I don't see the point. Right, so you're there, you're sat in your own clothes for the whole time, same clothes the whole time. But I don't understand what 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 is the point. I think it's the view, I think it's two things. I think it's the view mm. and being able to be part of an exclusive club. I went into space. Uh, it's it's all that thing about man conquering nature, and and you're one of that elite few that have managed to pop up, see the world from a distance that no one else can see it from, and then pop down. You know that that's it. Of course, yeah. So you all that way just for the view. Yeah. Is it worth it? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of other places I haven't seen anyway, right, before I think about that. I think if you've done everywhere, I haven't been to Scotland yet, right? <laughs> right, yeah. I'm not being funny, but do you know what I mean? So, just have a look in your back garden before you go looking in someone else's. In space. Yeah. 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 Uh, what would be, in, what would make it a, a trip worthwhile for you? I mean, if you did go into space, if we gave it to you free of charge, we said, Carl, go I know the answer, I know the answer to this, Steve. He's thinking, I'd like to meet some aliens that can talk <laughs> like I do, yeah. and I can understand them, and they can tell me something. Like, like what? Oh, uh, they met God, he was alright. That, that's the sort of thing, that's what he's gonna say. He'd like them to look like monkeys in spacesuits. Yeah. That'd be his ideal thing. He'd like to go to the planet of the he apes. He'd like to go to the planet of the apes. He I'll would love that. to go that. to the- Look, he's nodding. He's yeah. nodding. Thoughts, Carl? Yeah. I mean, for me- What do you mean, just- yes? Well, yeah, that, that'd be brilliant. What would be brilliant? Seeing a little alien that, having a chat with him, finding out what's been going on. <laughs> <laughs> what's been going on? No, no. But, <gasps> but don't you think that, like, I mean, <laughs> if you bought me that as a present, right? Yeah. Either of you. Yeah. I wouldn't be that happy. For me, that's a little bit like- Well, this is annoying, because we've got you a trip <laughs> to space and together. a goat. Yeah. Yeah, we can- <laughs> Do you know how, like, I'm, I'm sort of, I am interested in sort of going on another planet? Right. Not, oh, you are on another planet, mate. No, no, but do you know what I mean? It be, it would be quite sort of interesting. How do you think you'd get there? Well, yeah, you, you'd go on a rocket and stuff, but what I'm saying is, at least you know when you get there, you're getting out, you're having a bit of a wander. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't be happy in just the journey bit of it, that's that's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's great, isn't it? But, but the thing is, right, because I, I was looking into it a bit, because I, I was reading about the, the Virgin Atlantic yeah. thing, right? And I was reading something that in uh, in 1971, right, three of them went up there. Can't remember the names. Um, wasn't the main one. It wasn't like the Buzz, the Buzz and the, the Armstrong one and that. So another three blokes went up, and um, there was one bloke in the rocket, right. The other two wandered off, had a had a walk about, seeing what rocks they can find in that. And that bloke who was in the rocket, right. He was the loneliest man ever in the world. <laughs> I don't know what I to do. I don't know what that was. 
I don't know what to do. I don't know if that's some sort of profound poetry or I don't. I, <laughs> do, you know, do, you know, do you know what I think he's trying to say? I, I think he's trying to say that uh, he was. What are you trying to say? No, stop, stop, stop for a minute because I just want to just recapture that moment. Just say that again, that sentence again. Right. The other two had gone off picking up rocks. Yeah. Right. He sat on his own in the rocket. And he was the loneliest man in the world. Okay, I know what he's <laughs> I trying to say. I do, right. Well, right. He's trying to say he was by definition uh, a human furthest away from all other human contact. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah. I said. Yeah, okay. No, you know, you said loneliest. Loneliest evokes an emotion. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like he started crying and writing poetry and listening to uh Morrissey records. Uh, you you mean he was the most remote man? Well, yeah, he was saying how, like, he's on the rocket on his own, right? Yeah. And I think I worked it out because it was in kilometres, right? And I think it turned out that they, right, the other two spacemen picking mm. rocks and that, they were two and a half thousand miles away from him, right? So they were they were miles away. They, they, what, two and a half thousand miles? Yeah. yeah. And, they, and, they, and they, but they had each other. They had each other. Yeah. You had the world right across the other way, everyone getting on with their lives. Yeah. He was, he was... On his own. That's, that's weird, isn't it? But what I was thinking is, right? Say, because I always sort of try and put myself in a situation. Yeah. When I hear about a weird thing that's gone on, I always think, what would I do? You know what I mean? And I was thinking about it, right? Do you think when he got up in the morning, he still bothered to put his clothes on? <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing that came into your mind no, when you picked No, just because I him always, you know, at the end of the day, even if, like, my girlfriend Suzanne's out at work and that, I'm not happy walking about with everything out because you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, like, getting it trapped in the microwave? Well, I, I just mean, you know, you never yeah. know someone's going to turn up. No, I don't like what I don't like. No, I, I, I always pop some pants on or a towel, well, even if I'm not alone. Not always. <laughs> Because I've knocked on your door when you've when you've been stood there with no, no he's yeah, taking his I, trousers off. No, I did it especially oh, knowing right, knowing right. that you were there. I've done it especially to annoy you. Oh, right. Yeah. So, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Do you think he do you think he was walking about the rocket with his tackle out, or, or did he go well? Him. You know, no one's watching here. You know do you reckon I mean? it floats up or down? Depends on space, isn't it? Depends how long it is. Yeah. I don't know what I mean by that, but that seems to make sense. Yeah. But don't they have cameras for NASA to monitor what's going on inside the spaceship? Not all the time, no. I bet they've got to give him some sort of privacy. Now, that would end up on the internet. Yeah. Him well, floating around with his floaty knob. Well, um, if you uh, are the man who was up in a space rocket and was for a short period the loneliest man in the world, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what you did with your time, um, how lonely you felt. And also, <laughs> did you did you float around um, with your cock and balls out? Um, what was that like? Did it, did it float up or did it float down? These are just some of the questions that we'd like. So if you are that person or maybe you know them, maybe they're a neighbour of yours, then you can get in touch with us at podcast at rickygervais.com. The Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. We've done radio and stuff in the past, Rick, and we have never had the kind of response that we've had from these podcasts. I mean, it's amazing. emailing in by the, the hundreds of thousands, it's meant, well, maybe not hundreds of thousands, but I, don't, I didn't count them, but thousands, certainly. Crazy amounts of email. I couldn't really get through them. I've just managed to pick out a few. It's because it's, it's, so, it's, it's global now. It's uh, People all around the world are listening, and that's so exciting. We've got just loads from America, mm -hmm. Australia. It's mad. Yeah, New Zealand, Canada. And um, these are just some of the ones that I've pulled out um, from the email because there's so many of them. Podcast at rickygervais.com if you want to get in touch. Uh, Rob says he listens to the show in his exams, which I'm sure cannot be a good idea. 
I mean... No, because that, that's a waste. What I'd do is the night before, I'd record all the answers and then listen to that, as yeah. opposed to me, you and Carl Pilkington. But, but surely you're not allowed to listen to your stereo or your iPod in an exam. That would be crazy, wouldn't it? Well, he's probably got a, you know, it's probably up his back, right, a little yeah. wire, wired to him, covered in sort of like some sort of fake flesh <laughs> yeah. and hair, and then just pops into his ear. It's all changed now, though, isn't it, as well? What do you mean? Well, they're allowed calculators and that, isn't it? It's just, just sort of... Sorry, I had calculators in my exams. What, yeah, what, what, uh, world? what do you know about exams, Carl? No, you but, never showed up. But what I'm saying is, years ago, a calculator wouldn't have been allowed. We've moved on a bit now, haven't we? What year was this, though? I have an iPod. W with loads of people with abacuses? I don't, I don't know. Anyway, Rob's question was this. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I've never heard him admit that before. <laughs> I think we've broken his spirit. Yeah, yeah. Carl, you go, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, oh, no, we might have, we might have put an end to the, the, the phenomenon that is Carl Pilkington. Monkey news still to come. <laughs> Anyway, listen, <laughs> Rob's question is this, Carl, and it's specifically to you. Carl, if you could have a superpower, like Superman, what would your superpower be? Can I suggest consciousness? <laughs> yeah. Can I have the power of thought? Remember, you've already got opposable thumbs. <laughs> so that, cross that one off the list. <laughs> oh, go on, Carl. There are so many to choose from. Telepathy, x-ray vision. Flight. Invisibility. Choose it wisely. Strength. Intelligence. But, but why have I been picked? Oh, for, for God's <laughs> sake! No, no, but I'm just saying- It's say, Rob's question no, for no, you. But I'd just say, does anyone else want this? Or, do you know what I mean? Oh, no, what, just, would you, what because, do you wish you no, could do that's no, impossible because, is the question? No, because, or, uh, uh, out of, what? Because, what do you mean? Because with that comes a responsibility. <laughs> with I'm enormous saying. power does come great responsibility. So, would it, w well, would you like spidey senses? Is that what you're saying? Would you like some senses? Would you like some sense? The power of sense? Um... Come on, Carl, you know what these superheroes, because they can, they can... I know, but it always... They they, they're they... never happy, are they? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Spider-Man wanted to tell that girl that he had, he could climb walls and that, he's like, I can't. Superman didn't never tell Lewis and that. <laughs> it's Lewis! It's Lewis! It's Lewis! Yeah. Ah. It's just a pen pal of Superman. <laughs> His little secret chum! <laughs> yeah! yeah. Alright, Superman. Hello, Lewis. What are you doing? Uh, uh Superman. Uh, uh, who are you? I can't tell you, Lewis. Brilliant. You know, Hulk. He wasn't happy. So... But you're being allowed to choose the superpower. You don't have to get it forced upon you like the Hulk. Hulk! <laughs> he wasn't happy! It's true, he's got a theme. He has got a theme. There's not many happy superheroes, are but there? leaving aside the superheroes you're already aware of, yeah. what superpowers do you want? You don't have to fight crime with it, Carl. Everyone around the world now is thinking, what can Carl choose? Let's, let's, let's deliver it to him now, Carl. Think about it and give us the answer, please. Just, let me just remind you of some of the other things. Invisibility. All the time, though, or can I sort of turn that on and off? Let's say you could turn it on and off. Would that interest you? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Right. <laughs> okay, and what would you do with this power of invisibility? Just sort of wander about and that, just not get seen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a brilliant power! It's a brilliant... And, and, why... it's, put, and it's put to such <laughs> brilliant <laughs> use. It's really well done! And why, why would you want to walk around and not be seen in that? Uh, what would you gain from that? I don't know, you could sort of go in, go in shops when they're shut, so you don't have to go... How would crowds. you get in? 
Just get in just before they lock up. <laughs> oh, yeah! And How would you get out? Wait till the morning. Brilliant. So, hang on. So, that's your use of invisibility. <laughs> yeah. They found the power of invisibility. <laughs> you want to sneak well, into... Never mind. No, hang on. It's just, you want to sneak into HMV, right, wait for 12 hours, <laughs> and then buy something. <laughs> ah, I love it. Just so that you don't have to be in there with other people. Do you know what? I don't want it. I don't, I don't want a power. Why not? Because I, I just don't think it'll do me any good. <laughs> I think it's more of a hindrance. <laughs> I love this. It's like, just think of his presence. We've given you a go, a trip into space, and the chance to be invisible. Oh, Not no. happy with any of them. Yeah. He, what he wants is a voucher for HMV. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He just wants some tokens for a record shop. Just going through a few more of these uh, emails. This one is from... Uh, David, he's in Los Angeles, California, 22 years old. He says he loves the show, but he says, with respect to Carl, never before have I understood so little of what a man says. <laughs> Virtually everything that Carl talked about was aloof to me. What on earth was he ranting about? Flies and condoms, monkeys and pushing the left button, cavemen and dinosaurs. And that's just some of you. I mean, let's be honest. If you are in America, I mean, firstly, the accent is probably a, a problem. But that is the best write-up we've ever had. Yeah. Flies and... Imagine if you're a new listener. Flies and condoms. What know. on earth does that mean? This one's from uh, Kent Plummer from Nova Scotia, Canada. He says, uh, Carl, um, he was, he's wondering if you've got any personal mantras that you could pass along. Uh, for instance, he, he uh, reminds us of Ben Franklin's famous uh, mantra, waste not, want not. Who, who said that? Ben Franklin. What was he... What did he do? What was his job? Benjamin Franklin was a, a well-respected American politician from the 1800s. He was a, a he sort of thinker, of, a philosopher, a, a scientist, deeply yeah. respected. Um, he's also on a money. big political figure. He features on he's the on a dollar bill, the $10 yeah. bill or something. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's one of the great um, sort of American Enlightenment thinkers. Right. And he came up with the mantra, waste not, want not. You must know waste not, want not. I mean, that's just... Do you I, understand I, 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 the phrase waste not, want not? Uh, no, not really, no. What, what does it mean? You've never heard that? I've, I've heard, I think I've heard it. But I don't know. I've never. I've never used it. But and when someone well, in, else said it, I don't know what. Well, in context, it. I mean, all I'm going to do now is paraphrase that and put some prepositions and stuff in it for you. I can't work out how you can't work out what that means. It's yeah. like uh, don't throw stuff away because you might need it, and therefore you you won't be wanting anything because you didn't throw it away. So. Uh, 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 so, so he was a bit of a Well, hoarder. if you don't waste food, for instance, then <laughs> he you was a bit of a hoarder! <laughs> for God's sake. No, no, but I'm just saying, you know, he, he's a man in power. Is that the best thing he, he ever said? No, I'm sure he came up with many, many profound so why things. Is that what he did remembers? experiments in electricity and conducting electricity, all sorts. But, but that's, that impresses me more, inventing electricity, than someone. He didn't just... invent electricity. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute! Don't impress you more than what? Just, just, just saying. Well, it's not want not. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's that good. It's not even catchy. <laughs> what I don't understand is go why, on. why he was the first person to sort of suggest. Look, don't go chucking that out. Keep it. You might need it later. <laughs> <laughs> if I he said, wasn't the first person. Say that again. That is brilliant. That now that why isn't that catch on? That is amazing. That you've just come up with there. That's poetry. Uh, yeah. How would you word it? I'd just say, whoa, whoa, don't don't be chucking that out. You might need that later. <laughs> Checking that out, you might need that later. Carl Pilkington. 
Whereas it sounds like you that waste not what not is, is perhaps a little bit more pithy, a little bit we more. We should uh, go through great say sayings and phrases and, sa and say, if he can, well, firstly, yes. does he know what they mean? And then secondly, can he improve them? That would be brilliant. Well, we'll, we'll make another one, one do that next week. time. Yeah. All right, uh, so, uh, um, oh, let's see. Okay, uh, Winston Churchill, um, mm -hmm. never have so few done so much for so many. What do you think of that? How would you, do you know what that means? So he's, he's saying. Well, it's with regard to the Battle of Britain and the pilots that gave their lives. Yeah, I just, I'd just be annoyed if I was one of them who, who gave a lot for a few or whatever. Right. No, gave a lot for so many. You were, yeah, if you were well, one of those few yeah, that I, gave so much for so many, i.e., it means th these these few good men, their actions freed the world. They freed the world. They have an impact on yeah. the, every person but, in the world, and they brilliant. they were few yeah. brave men. Yeah, and that's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, if I was one of them men who who gave up his life, right? I'd want a name check. I don't, I don't want to be bungled in with everyone else who is saying a load of blokes gave it their lives. Well done on that. See you later. That's brilliant. Did you just say bungled in? <laughs> yeah, bungled in, yeah. He made up a word! You want to be bungled in? You made up a word. See, that's it, you see? We've been looking for it. That's original. That's Carl Pilkington. I don't want to be bungled in. Email here, Rick, from a man I know you're going to uh, look forward to, one, to meeting one day. Paul, the party animal parker. He's I imagine back. he had a wild Christmas. Oh, imagine the fun he got up to. He's he's sitting now in sunglasses with his mum giving him some soup because he's partying <laughs> too hard. <laughs> and I'll tell you this: I wish I was around there for New Year. Oh, imagine no. what he's going to get up to. Oh, uh, if he recovers in time, it's going to be mental. <laughs> What's he want? Anyway, Paul, the party animal parker. He sent in a fact. That seems to be his thing now. He sends in facts that he thinks might be of interest to us. Uh, the kiss that is given by the bride to the groom at the end of the wedding ceremony originates from the earliest times when the couple would actually make love for the first time under the eyes of half the village. Wow. Now, a couple of questions straight away. Um, firstly, it, this is almost like a, a Carl fact. Yeah. Because there's no specific time or place. It was no. earliest times. Earliest times. I don't know whether that means the, that... the wedding ceremony in this country, in America, in, in, in Africa, who knows. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, it's a little bit vague. But this is the thing that struck me. Um, actually make love for the first time under the eyes of half the village. And you wonder why is it only half the village? Was it like, were they raffling off tickets? Yeah, the winners. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You come and see two people getting it on. The rest of you, no, tickets only. It's oh, cordoned it's, off. It started off and then a few of them got bored. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. I've seen, once you've seen one stroke, you've seen them all. Yeah, I yeah. Don't, I don't, yeah that's, that's about as good as it gets. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't, again, I don't know if there's any, if there's any truth. But what about that, Kai? How would you feel with that if you had to, uh, if you had to... At, at what point does that happen? Is that like, you know, they go, like, you know, I do. Get your knickers off. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> presumably, if it's the, the origins of the kiss, um, you may kiss the bride. The old vicar used to say, as I was jumping over the broomstick, he used to go, right, give her one. Yeah. And then... You may nod the bride. Don't know how quick the lovemaking has to be, whether you've got to get in and out. Boom, and then you know what I mean because people are hungry, they want to eat, they want to have a disco, or whether they can go on for hours and people are just eating, chatting. Oh, I'll tell you what, Sting's wedding must have <laughs> must have gone been a for hours. An affair, wasn't it? <laughs> the, the, the guests was going, we, bringing in they their own cake. sleeping bags, <laughs> thermos flasks. The Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. Right, do you know we've we've chatted about uh, charities before, haven't we? Sure, yeah. we've done a lot of stuff on that, right? Coming back from Manchester, right? Got off the train at Euston. Yeah. Right? Got the train, walking through the, the the busy bit and stuff. This fella stood there, right? Get 
charity worker. Yeah. Right? He, he, nice looking fellow. He's got his suit on, the tie and everything. Quite respectable and that, right? Look down at his bucket. All the all money's been put in the bucket and that, yeah. right? On the front of the bucket, right, it says collecting for the homeless at Christmas. Now, why can't they do that? What, the homeless? The, the homeless people. Why is some fella <laughs> taking his time out, right, his own time where he could be at home, why, why, <laughs> some of us have got homes to go to. Yeah. Why, why, do you know what I mean? What, what do you think? Just give them the buckets. Well, what are the homeless people doing whilst he's doing that? <laughs> is what I'm saying. What, what have they got on the timetable? Cut out the middleman. Cut out the middleman. Give all the homeless a bucket with homeless written on it for Christmas. Yeah. No. No admin. No. Just k keep everything you get, mate. What do you think of that? It's a brilliant idea. What would prevent a homeless person, an, an entrepreneurial or homeless person, just getting a bucket and writing yeah. that on there themselves? Could I suggest something? Um, hunger, uh, some drug addiction, uh, traumas, often mental illness, um, just possibly too, too depressed to get up, put a suit on and go to Houston Station with a nice bucket with some writing on it. And then, right, right I was thinking, thinking about that, right, and I was walking down, walking down the street in London with Suzanne, saw a little homeless, well, I didn't see the homeless bloke, right, I saw a leg, right, right sticking out of a doorway, <laughs> I thought, here we go, right, walked past it. Right, you're not going to believe this. Go on, homeless. Yeah, Chinese fella. I've never seen one of them. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not having a go. Right, but have you ever seen? Uh, do you know what I mean? That that was a shock. I really to me. don't think I have. I think he's got me there. I I I hate to say it, but I must say I can't remember ever seeing a homeless uh, Chinese person. No. No, I suppose you're right. Think about it. <laughs> Weird, isn't it? <laughs> well, that, I, what, what, I, said, I was at walk, walk past and I said to Suzanne, did you see that? She went, what? I said, just look back there. She said, what? what? I said, that homeless fella, look back at him. She said, what? I said, he's Chinese. <laughs> and she said, yeah, good point. <laughs> good point. Of course she did. She, she said that to shut you up. She yeah. didn't want to get into a conversation with you. Oh, and what's God. your point, really? Yeah? What exactly is your point? No, you're it's just, just, it's just that we were, were chatting about homeless and that, and I saw that, and I just, I just saw, you know, I just, just found it a bit odd. Right. Well, if you are perhaps based in America or Australia, Canada, um, have you ever seen a Chinese homeless person? Uh, this doesn't count to any listeners in China, um, but uh, anywhere else, have you ever seen a Chinese homeless person? Podcast at rickygervais.com. Uh, if you have, maybe you've got a picture you can send us as well. But this is what, this is what we're looking for now. We're looking for uh, how many Chinese homeless people can we, uh, can we find by, let's say, 2006. You know, January 2006, January 1st, how many Chinese homeless people have you seen? Rick, it's that time again. It's what the whole world is waiting for now. Is every it monkey week. news? It is monkey news. Please perform live the jingle. Why do you say that? Well, we've got a few people saying, oh, is that a pre-recorded jingle? <laughs> yeah, like anything's pre-recorded. No, it's different every oh, week. we got that technology. I'll give it, I'll give it a big one, shall give I? Give it. Oh, chimpanzee that monkey news, you f <laughs> There we go. Right then, well, uh, got an email from John. Um, you know, if you've got any monkey news going on in your area. Uh, <laughs> just let us know, podcast at Oh, God, just, amazing! Just bung it on email. And uh, this one's sent in from John. Don't know where he is. But um, do you know how, like, they're running out of TV ideas and that? They're running out of TV ideas? Well, you know, they've, they? they've done a lot of stuff. I mean, if, yeah. if, if you had to come up with a TV idea now, it, you struggle, don't you? Because every idea you come up with... It's kind of been done, on it? Sure. Okay. Right? It's like inventions and that. Mm. 
Right, They're so not getting monkeys to come up with TV ideas, are they? Well, no, right. But there's a there's a TV channel in uh, in Moscow, right? Mm. And I think they had a bit of bad luck or something. A lot of redundancies and that, right? And whoever was in charge of it got a bit mental and got rid of loads of people, right? Yeah. And uh, they come in the next day and they were like, right, are we ready to go live and that? And someone comes running in with a clipboard saying. <laughs> We, we haven't got any people left, right, to present. such <laughs> nonsense. Right. But I'll tell you what. Right, okay, carry on, carry on. So, so he goes, what? If just one employee <laughs> turns out to be Simeon and is doing a good job, I'm never doing this radio show again. So this TV channel, you know, he's it's, it's having a lot of problems and that. He, it, they've got to go live, right? He's like, what am I going to do? Anyway, for some reason, right, there was a chimp knocking about. <laughs> For some reason, that's the key piece of information. No, boy, it doesn't matter. 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 Imagine anyway. if that was in a film. And they're going, well, I, I can't see where this plot goes. Well, he's just there. He's so, just there. So anyway, For so he sort of says, get, get it in a suit, right? Why? So, <laughs> because they're running out of ideas. The clock's ticking. They've got to go live with something. What do you mean? What, what he's is presenting? It a news program? Well, he's listen, presenting. Listen, it's a chat show. <laughs> I am not. They can't again, talk! Don't have a go at me, have a go at John, who sent this in. Right, and, and this be quiet, is... let's hear it, let's hear it again. So anyway, so like I say, so, going live, five, four, three, two, one, whatever, you chimp sat there on the chair, um, he was like, look, let's just get through tonight's show and worry about this tomorrow, right? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Look, so they put a chimp in a suit, Where, what, was that handmade, or were the sleeves a bit short on him? You idiot, think! So, so anyway, it's sat there, right, and they're going, right, here we go, good luck everyone, right? Yeah. Uh, chimps there. What programme is this? It's a chat show. Oh, uh, who's, who's chat show is it? Well, it's, it's the monkeys. I now. like the fact that it's they- It's the monkeys now, is it? <laughs> well, I, I, say, like, it... I like the fact that they put the chimp in a suit, it's like, no one's gonna take this chat show seriously if he's not dressed up, <laughs> if he's not smart. <laughs> slovenly, look at that, <laughs> slovenly ape! So anyway, oh. let's, 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 you know, get to the point of it and that, right? So, anyway, so, they, they go on, right, it's all going- Going Didn't bleeder. happen. There's no yeah, way this happened. Here's a fundamental so anyway. question. How was the chimp asking questions? Um, not, not sure about that bit, but <laughs> all I've got is the stuff that was on the news site for this. Like I say, I've given But it's you, rubbish! Yeah, but I've given you some facts. I've no, told no, no. you, there's a TV channel in Moscow that's having problems, right? I've, I've explained that no, bit. No, it's just rubbish. They've got rid of the presenters, the monkey sat there. Right, don't worry about it anyway, I'm telling you, it goes alright. Alright, all right. Right. Oh, so anyway, okay. in case you're worried, Rick. He's sat there, right? Absolutely. He gets shit. to the first break, they're like, can't believe it, right? You know, viewing figures and that, they're loving it, right? What now? What so happened? They got the viewing figures in the break. Please and do not interrupt so, the news. What, does it, what did the chimp do in the it, first half? They, they, had a, they had a big guest on that, that week and what And what did he do? Just talk to Who himself? They walked so off. So Cher comes I'm on. Not, yeah. not sure, but say if it is Cher, right? No, right. the main gaffer is like going, oh, Cher's going to go mental. That was right for putting. Say it is. No, it is Cher. It, no, in his mind, it's Cher sitting there talking to a chimp in a suit. So anyway, she and they're filming off. it for Moscow TV, and the ratings are going through the roof. <laughs> Presumably, there's a translator because Cher doesn't speak either Russian or chimp. <laughs> <laughs> she comes off right, and the bloke who's in charge is like, she's going to go mad. She's going to go mad here. Eh? She walks up. She goes, I love that. <laughs> said that's one of the best interviews, right? So anyway, they decided, right? It went so well, kept him on. He's still there. I love the fact that Cher was an idea that Steve threw up and now she's going, I love that, I love that, I love that, Jim. Get oh. me back there. I want to go to Moscow. Never mind. Don't, Unbelievable. Don't, don't have a go at me. Have a go at John. But, you know, if you've got any monkey news, send it in. Podcast at rickygervais.com. 
From the creators of The Office, Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant. Extras, the first series, now on DVD. Who are you? Nobody. What's that? Who? Nobody. That's right. Nobody. And who am I? So the star skewer, which I can never remember. You are guaranteed an Oscar if you play a mentor. I've just written a sitcom, but I wonder if you could give it to anyone you know. Is there any nudity in it? There could be. Men or women? Either. Uh, well, just women. Yeah. I will make it so. A painfully funny double disc. Extras on DVD now. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year. Particularly to our friends at Positive Internet. Oh, who host, guys have a wild They time. host this podcast and they do a brilliant job. Happy New Year to everyone around the world. And in particular, those guys at Positive Internet. And also, um, Paul Party Animal Parker, have a blinding New Year, because I imagine it's going to be crazy. You don't need to say it to him. I'm insulted that you have to tell him that, because there's no way you need to tell him that. He's going to have a blinding New Year, so don't, don't waste your breath, Steve. The Ricky Gervais Show, on Guardian Unlimited. Happy New Year. Welcome to the world's number one podcast. I'm Ricky Gervais, with me Steve Merchant. Hello there. And Carl Pilkington. Alright. We have had an overwhelming response from emails. Uh, to be honest, we're very grateful and thank you so much, but we've had over 4,000, which is just too many to get through. So we're going to have to uh, uh, apologise for not getting back to you. We, we, we are going to try and read them all, but um, we just can't reply. We've, uh, it, it's, we, we do this ourselves. We're three little... Three little fellas. We haven't got an entourage and millions of people working for us. It's just us in a little room. But thank you so much. One in particular. Remember a couple of weeks ago we asked if there's any house DJs out there, maybe they could do a dance mega mix with the words, I could eat a knob at night. Carl just said that in conversation, talking about uh, someone in a reality game show, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, who had a kangaroo penis. And he just came out with the phrase, I could eat a knob at night. Um, someone as... Uh, risen to the challenge we had about 70 different songs we're going to play our favorite uh, at the end of the show and maybe put some of the others on the website rickygervais.com so you can go there and um and hear great dance tracks they're all called i could eat a knob at night <laughs> oh no one's switching off now everyone's guaranteed they're going to stay right to the end there so they can hear uh, i want a bit of knob at was it i i, I could eat a knob at night I yeah knob at night. it's funny it was only uh a, a while ago you were talking about getting quoted like winston churchill got quoted and and uh, Ben Franklin got quoted, and now you may go down in history, uh, I could eat a knob at night, Carl Pilkington. <laughs> Carl, I could eat a knob at night, Pilkington. <laughs> <laughs> um, talking of uh, all things uh, uh, nobular, um, I got a text from Carl yesterday, Steve. A text from Carl, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll just read it to you. Okay, see you to Moz for a face rub at 6.30 then. No bum tubes, though. So I was intrigued, and I called Carl and said, I think you've just sent me a text by mistake. What's the explanation of that? F see you tomorrow for a face rub. Yeah. No bum tubes, though. Just because my mate, right, Russell. Why did he choose you? He just said, he said, you know, you, you, there's things that go on in life that you need to experience. Yeah. He said, just, just pop along. And I, I, I didn't say yes straight away. What's a face rub? You mean a facial? Like a facial? Just like a, just like a posh face wash like just, a facial where you lay down you just clean your face with a flannel yeah. and that so, so you're you're going to have a facial 
scrub, you're going to go lie down with another man and have your face Well, no, this is what I was saying to him. There's, there's a couple of questions. I didn't just say yes straight away. I questioned it. I said, well, I'm not that happy with this. No, I said, look, there's nothing weird going on here, is there? I said, it's not a house, is it? It's a proper <laughs> clinic and that. I said, yeah, it's proper. You wear a, a dressing gown and that. I said, well, I, I'm not that So he's already that. got you in the dressing gown? Yeah, well, I, I haven't agreed to that. Today I've worn a little round polar neck sort of jumper so I don't have to take it off. It's not going to get in the way of my face. I made sure I didn't wear a shirt with a collar. I'm not taking this off. They can put the dressing gown on top of this. Right. If you have to do it to look smart or whatever. I'm not taking my clothes off. Okay. I don't know if it's a woman who rubs my head. I don't know if it's a bloke or, or whatever. Well, the thing is, you get extra, don't you, for your face rub? Because your face goes all the way back over the oh. top of your head down to the back of your but, neck. But all I was so you've got a big face, haven't all, you? All I was saying to him is, I'll have the face rub, but I don't know if, if once you're in there, right. they try and sell you the old, uh, the old the, the bum tube thing. What, what's what, a bum tube? These, is that a euphemism? What are you talking about? The thing where they pop a tube in and put coffee in your belly and it cleans you out and that. I An enema? That. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, a, a colonic yeah, irrigation. A, yeah, yeah. Well, why would you have that? I don't. I'm not. I don't want it. I don't. I don't think. Why you not? Need to, just because I think I've said to you before about, you know, you, you don't need to be that clean inside. You know what I mean? I don't mind washing my face. <laughs> what what occasion do you need where you're that cleaned out? <laughs> do you know what I mean? And well, the, the, it's always a clear tube and that, and you see all the stuff whizzing past. I don't understand why it's clear. I don't know why you've got to see what's coming out of you. Like it's you know like the generation game, making notes of what's whizzing past. Forget it. <laughs> The Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. Over the Christmas break, I was watching uh, some different TV. Saw an amazing documentary. It was called Tribes. This guy, and he goes and lives with different tribes around the world. These small little indigenous people. Oh. And uh, there was one. He went to he went to Papua New Guinea in Indonesia, right, Carl? He lived with the Kombai tribe. All right. Now, this Papua New Guinea is an extraordinary place because it is one of the only places left on Earth that hasn't been fully explored. There are parts of it that it's just blank on the map because they, they've never explored there. They don't know what's there. They don't know what's going on. So, firstly, that must already freak you out. Imagine that. 21st century, they have no idea what's going on down there. But do they, do they need to know if there's nothing going on? <laughs> well, they... They don't know what's going on. There could be stuff going on. No, but there's, there's no chance that they'll go, we haven't been over there and someone goes and there's like an Arndale centre. <laughs> Nothing's going to be there, is it? So there's no... Well, no I'll point. tell you what is there, okay? There's these various small tribes, okay? <laughs> this guy goes, he's amazing, right? Now, the thing about these is that uh, up until the 60s, and even more recently, some of these tribes are still cannibals. They're still cannibalistic, okay? Eating people from other tribes. This is going on now? Get going on now. It's generally stopped, but it still does occasionally occur, all right? So this guy goes to live with them, right? They they walk around, you know, obviously naked, except for a little leaf just above their, their genitals. It's not covering the genitals, it's just above the genitals. Do they know they could move on? Have they got a telly? Or have they, have they seen a telly and gone, I'm not up for that? Or are they just, are they saying... It's not the Amish. They haven't chosen But what this. is the difference between the Amish and these people? Well, the Amish are a, a group of people that choose to live in that way. These people are just essentially untouched by civilization. I mean, they do have interaction with civilization, and people do come there, but they, they still live in this very, very almost prehistoric way. They go around, they have uh, homemade weapons, they, they kill pigs and hogs in the, in the, in the, uh, in the undergrowth, they, uh, they, you know, they, they live in kind of tree houses. They did buy a telly, but there was nothing on, because there isn't any uh, broadcasters. They couldn't plug it in. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. an absolute nightmare. Yeah. But there was one guy, okay, now he, uh, said that his brother was dying. This was a couple of years ago, right? His brother was dying. He said to his dying brother, what happened? Why are you dying? This guy said, it was a bloke in another village. Okay. He goes over to the other village. He kills this other bloke, right? He eats him or eats bits of him. Uh, the other village gets a bit annoyed. They go, what's going on? Why did you kill this bloke? They went, he went, sorry about that, right? They said, well, you need to make it up to us. He gave him a pig. They said, a pig's not enough. They gave him five pigs. Hang on, who are they giving these pigs to? The tribe? To the tribe of the bloke who, who, who he killed and ate. So five pigs apparently made up for the fact that they'd killed one of them. They said, well, hang on, what are you gonna, what are you gonna do with but this why, bloke's wife? Why, why were they bartering? Why didn't they just get the police in and say, what's, what's going on? But, what you know, police? What, yeah. Why didn't they call Morse? I mean, what, yeah, what, why didn't they call in Kojak? Cause he'd have sorted it out, wouldn't he? Or, 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 who else could they have called in? Colombo would have sorted I it, I don't understand, what, are you saying there's two tribes? There's a number of different tribes, aren't there? In the, I've just explained that to you, there's a number of small individual tribes in this dense Papua New Guinea forest. With a load of pigs. With a load of pigs. <laughs> but, the, the wife of the guy that he killed Nate, they said, what, we, we don't need her now, we don't want her. So she had to come and live with the murderer of her husband. So she's living there now. You know, happy as Larry. But could, I mean, what I mean is, right, they're miles away from anything, but it doesn't sound like the great place to live, right? Could they not move? Could one of them go, <laughs> do you know what, I'm sick of this. I, I'm, I'm moving or whatever and go to a proper city. How far away is this, um, these Papa people, um, <laughs> these to, Papa to, people. To, to the next... To the next they're like, like the Smurfs. They're very like the Smurfs. But how, how many miles away from a, like a place with a normal life going on? But think about this, Carl. Firstly, oh. they don't speak the language, so they don't have any practical skills. They've got no experience of civilization. So even if they chose to go and live in one of these cities, what can they do? How can they function? They spend, you know, fifteen years just trying to figure out what you know how, how everything works. Mind you, I have had the same thought about um, Inuits. Right. If, if you if you live in a house made of ice and eat fish all day and then just stay in for six months, move. I really do. I, I mean, I don't understand why they're living there. I think there's some bacteria that has better lives than that. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be offensive. Why? <laughs> okay, how about this is the one of the weirdest things. <laughs> this is one of the weirdest things, right? <laughs> People, an yeah. entire race just of people. Dismissed. No, just no, no. dismissed. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Right. I'm not having a go, but I'm just saying. I, I wouldn't fancy it. Is what I mean. But they you know don't mean? know of ice. another world. How can they imagine that they could? Oh, I'll tell you what. This is boring. I'm tired of, of hunting for food and, and eating fish from the river. I'll tell you what. I'd like a world where there's iPods and room service. I'm going to go and move to New York. They're not thinking like that, are they, Carl? Because they don't know about this other world. Which is why, in a way. Uh, Carl can't offend them because they are not listening to this podcast. I, th th very unlikely. Very, yeah. very unlikely. You're not going to get. You're not going to get any nasty letters from uh, Eskimos <laughs> or Inuits, as they want to be called now. Do, does an Eskimo ever Inuit? Do they ever Inuit. meet like a, an English person on holiday, and an English person goes choppy here, isn't it, or whatever? Well, what do you think? It's just that people go to. You know, Steve said before about places he's been to where people are still walking about with swords and that. People go to these places on holiday now. They like a little bit of danger. They like to see how the others live. Mm. So all I'm saying is we know they exist. Yeah. The Papa people, maybe people aren't going there. Uh, you know, it doesn't sound like the best place. You know, I can't imagine it having a, a tourist board or anything, right? But would they accept me if I popped over there and, you know, with Suzanne, sort out a little weekend break and that? Where, where are we talking? We're talking the, Papua New Guinea. In Papa. Well, 
Okay, this is this is one of the things that they they do. Okay, which is a tradition you may have to do. These uh, combi, right? They invert their penises, so they push their penises back up inside their bodies, like a sock. What for? Well, keep it's... it out of the way. Of what? Well, if you're running through the undergrowth chasing a, a, a hog, you don't want it flapping away, you know. But, but it's also become a kind of ceremonial thing. So if you were over there, you may well have to try it yourself. You, you would have to try it yourself. If you went there, you'd have to try it Definitely. yourself. But even cavemen had little pants on. Why, why haven't they... Whoa! Whoa. Slow down. Rewind. <laughs> what do you Again, mean? you've been watching the Flintstones. No, 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 it's just, you know... Is it a leopard skin pair of pants that's actually quite right. a... Go on. But, but it's a well-known fact that they wore, like, bear pants or whatever. Bear pants. <laughs> what do you mean, just, bear just, pants? Just, no, 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 listen, you are, you are a qualified, uh, anthropologist, so what, um... I mean, I mean that, you know, you, when, whenever you see them on footage or in a museum... Footage! Yeah. Or, <laughs> whenever or you see that really it's documentary shaking, footage. It, yeah, it's black and white as well, isn't it? Caveman footage. I, I, you always see them wearing a little bit of fur, fur little pants and that. So, what I'm saying is, even <sighs> though, what, what year is it to these, um, people in the woods? What, I mean, what? I don't know what this conversation don't is know. anymore. I, he's, he's just clutching at straws. His mind, his, uh, it, it, it's like um, a fly, his mind, isn't it? It's just buzzing round, it's trying to find a window, and that's your mind. It, it, it is just it's like... hitting against pieces of information, but then <laughs> yeah, just bouncing yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> dazed to perplex. Yeah. Oh, forget it then. <laughs> the Ricky Gervais Show, on Guardian Unlimited. You can't believe you luck, Rick. Paul the party animal park has been in touch. <laughs> I imagine oh. the kind of New Year party he was having last oh, night. Oh, I don't, I, I don't want to think about it because it gives me a hangover just thinking about what that dude <laughs> got, what up that to. Dude got up to. Yeah, come on, man, man alive! But anyway, you know he never stops. He never stops supplying us with little tidbits. Oh, what's, what, uh, what's PP done for us now? He just likes, well, he just likes finding little odds and ends and just sending them in. And um, you remember when we used to years ago? We used to do that thing where uh, we'd read headlines. Yeah. And sometimes the headline is all you need for a story. Yeah. And this is, this, this is what's great about this one. If you give me a, a, a News at 10 style bong. And now the News at 10. Bong. Boy waited while doctor rode unicycle. <laughs> what, what does that yeah, mean? Yeah, well, amazing. Um, a hospital has apologised after a six month old boy waited two hours for treatment <laughs> while a doctor rode up and down a ward on a unicycle. Uh, Paula Dadswell has taken her son James to a local general hospital with suspected gastroenteritis. I should point out now, James was fine, it was all, it was not a problem. But she spotted the doctor peddling the unicycle, but was astonished when the same doctor later walked over to examine the child. Miss Dadswell said, we took one look at the doctor and said, you must be joking. His face went bright red. A spokeswoman for the hospital said, of course, we are sorry if distress was inadvertently caused to the mother and we've offered her our apologies. But let's also remember that we should try and make hospital wards less intimidating places for patients, and we regularly provide diversions that are not directly related to medical care. Many parents have commented favourably on this approach and indeed about the unicycle. What I love about that story is that, that it's the most important job in the world yeah. and the most useless. Being a doctor is saving lives. It's, it's incredible. It's so noble. Riding a unicycle is the most useless thing <laughs> yeah. you can do. It, it's, it's, that to me is, um, plate spinning. Yeah. Juggling. Yeah. Uh, flame, uh, flame eating. Fla uh, wh who, who goes into plate spinning? Is it like the father going, son, when, when you've, uh, when you've finished university, you can take over the business, but I want to be a doctor, dad. Look, the plate's nearly, <laughs> and you're hooked, and you yeah. give it a little push, and you're there, and you're hooked. It's a, it's a, it's a dying art. You don't see it as often as perhaps yeah, you, you once yeah, did. Dad, I want to be a doctor. But the plate's nearly <laughs> dropped, son. 
And, oh, unbelievable. But, um, but what I can't make out from that story is whether the doctor was, he was, you know, they, he, he'd done the seven years medical training, and then they yeah. said, you're working at this specific hospital. Yeah. They whipped out the unicycle. They yeah. said, you're gonna need to learn that as well before we can put you on the wards. Or whether, and whether he was practicing, who knows if he was practicing. Do you know what I think happened? I think the, uh, the bloke in charge of the hospital, there was two people up for the job. This fella, who was brilliant, he got yeah. first from Oxford, he's amazing, and the, the bloke in charge, his nephew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, they both scored the he same. He did an open university course. Yeah, yeah. And they went, well, well um, you're, you're both very good, but, um, who can ride a unicycle? <laughs> he whipped it out. Yeah, yeah. He went, have a go. Yeah. And he's been practicing. Unbelievable. But, um, but it's also the idea that if it is indeed something which the hospital has initiated in order to cheer people up, particularly kids, um, I mean, I just, it just seems like a dangerous thing to be doing in a hospital, with all due respect. I, mean, I first, think so. You could pull out leads, wires. <laughs> Anything can happen. I know, yeah. They get you to turn your mobile phone off when you go into some ward, so uh, uh, please leave your unicycle here, surely. Do not, no, no unicycles beyond this point. If, if you have a unicycle accident, of course, it's a great place to be. It is a good it's place to be. It's an ideal space to be already. But who, who, who rides the unicycle anyway? Do you know what really annoys me? Um, we live near a park. It's a lovely park. And on a Saturday for about three hours, there's some twat hippie with braids, uh, dreadlocks, sitting there, um, playing one drum. <laughs> How can you play <laughs> one drum? He thinks this is brilliant. This is therapy. It's a... Well, shut the fuck up. It's nothing. That's not music. It's not percussion. It's not expressing anything. It's just no. annoying. Yeah. I tell you now, this is, this would be my worst nightmare if you were to take me on an evening out. What? You say, Steve, we're going tonight, right? You can't get out of it, you've got to do it. It's two hours. Stomp. Oh. Stomp, where they put dustbinners on their feet. Now, um, I, I mean, I've seen a little bit of it on the Oscars. Yeah. It's alright for, t for, you know, 30 seconds. Well done. But two hours, what is that show? What is the Stomp show? I don't know. I mean, Jesus Christ, after about 15 minutes, you've had enough of that, surely. I'm assuming there's not really a story. Are they bin men? <laughs> <laughs> No, I just wondered how you how you get into that, how you start practicing and go, do you know what? That sounds quite good. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're they're big men, yeah. I was uh, shopping with Carl before Christmas and we went round sort of Piccadilly and St James's and those really beautiful shops around there and I went in one shop, you had to um ring a bell to enter. Yeah. They came down and it's like a uh, iconoclastic sort of shop, and they they found things from churches and uh, r uh, nearly all Russian 16th century pieces onwards. This beautiful uh, uh, carvings and, and paintings and statues and everything. And I was wow by it. And this bloke clearly loved his work, and he was you know enthusing to me about these stuff. This is from the 16th century. This is Russian. This is a. Mm. Uh, and I went, oh, it's beautiful. And as I was looking round, um, Carl, I heard Carl sidle up to the bloke and go. What's the newest thing you've got here? <laughs> yeah. Sure, that's his first thought. I mean, that is the wrong question to ask of a man who's clearly in antiques. Yes. Um, proud of the fact he's got 16th century, uh, kind of classic Russian stuff to ask, what's the newest thing you've got here? Is that, I mean, what sort of question is that? Oh, I don't know. Probably the doorbell. I don't know. What, what's he, what's that? Oh, my shirt. What, what, <gasps> what were you thinking? for? I just was making chat with him because it, it's the sort of place that I don't think many people go in. Right, Steve? Uh, when you go up to this shop, Right? He's not sat in there. You have to ring a bell. He's getting on with his life upstairs. He lives upstairs, right? You ring the bell to say, what, I'll come in your shop. He pops down, stands there watching you look around. So it's not, it's not a natural way to shop. Sure. Do you know what I mean? It's not nice having a bloke stood there watching you look at all this old stuff and that. So I, I was kind of making friendly chat. Yeah. And I think it's an alright question because he, he was saying there's loads of old stuff in there and he kept going on about the old stuff. What is to say? Well, what's, your, what's the newest thing you've got? <laughs> and what was Do you know the what he thing? said? To, the other question he asked him? 
He said, how often do you get new stuff in? And the bloke went, um, every day. And I said to him, why did you ask that? He said, well, I was thinking, if you've got antiques and you sell it all, what's left? Like someone's gonna sell all the antiques in the world because they're not making, he said, because they're not making any new stuff. What does that mean? They're not making any new stuff. But I know for a fact, no one's ever gonna go in there and buy the lot anyway. I mean, <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. I'm not at any point in my life, and I don't think it'll ever happen, will I go, I need some old Russian wood. Cause that's it was that's brilliant. No, it was, it, Steve, it, no. it was beautiful. It's amazing stuff. There's stuff, there, it's, there's, mm. um, um, uh, these things, uh, from the 16th century of sort yeah. of like saints and monks and they're carved but and there's they're- There's loads of it. It's just all piled up. No one's interested. Oh. If I was him, I'd go, do you know what? I'm into this, but no one else is. Close shop. <laughs> because seriously, <laughs> it's just piled up, piles up on piles of like old, Bits of wood with pictures on it and that. But there think of a fella. man, just think of a man 400 years ago that carved this, that carved this, uh, you know. No, but nobody wants it, do they? I've never heard anyone say, you know, oh look, it's my birthday coming up. I'll tell you what I'd love. What? A bit of old Russian wood. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't happen. That's what I'm saying. I've never heard anyone saying they like, I've never overheard someone saying, you don't know where the Russian shop is, do you? <laughs> and this is in London where the rates are high. There was this thing, right, Steve? Uh, you know, again, making chat. Uh, loads of bits of wood we like, um, them old drawings on like- It was like a panel from a church that someone had, d that okay, painted, right, yeah. and I think it was like, you know, from sort of like 1590 or something, yeah. and it was this, uh, a, a picture of this, uh, this yeah. saint, wasn't it? So that... 1590, could be from any time, really. So there's this one there, right, leaning up <laughs> against the wall, and, uh, <laughs> most of them in there was that Stalin bloke, right? Mm. But there was this little- fellow... Right, can I just stop with there? Lenin. Right, okay. alright then. Yeah. yeah. So, so he was on all these bits of wood and stuff. But I saw this other little face, right? Little fellow with a beard, right? So, uh, I said, who's this bloke here? He said, oh, uh, the story there, right? He said, uh, it's this little fella who went a bit mad or something. He got mugged back in Russia. <laughs> this is right, isn't it? This is what he was yeah. saying. He said he got mugged. This is that, that term. That, I love that, that term in, in a 16th century Russian wood. Oh, no, I'm being mugged. So, so he, he got mugged. He got happy slapped. And, uh, <laughs> and, and he said, I've had enough of this, right? Yeah. And he went to live in the woods, right? Made like a little shed, huh. stayed there. People went to visit him, and and like if you got a problem, you knock on his door and you go, oh, "I'm sick of it." And he'll sort of say, "Yeah, I know what you mean. I've, I've moved out of the city and what have you." And he'd make him feel better, and then they go again. Now, why has that man <laughs> got a plaque? <laughs> if he was around now, there's no way he'd have a bit of wood with his face on it. Is what I'm saying. If someone had got fed up with living in London or New York or whatever, and they go, I'm gonna go and live in the woods, people wouldn't visit him, and he wouldn't get a piece of wood with his face on, is what I'm saying. <laughs> but this man is selling it for about, I think it was about 750 quid for, for this bloke's head. <laughs> well, because it's 400 years old and beautifully painted. But the chances are that this is either a well-known Russian folktale, or it may even be a piece of classic Russian He's literature. He was a saint. He was a saint. Or, oh, okay. He was well, canonised. Yeah, yeah. every, everybody was a saint years ago. That seems to be, like, thrown about, doesn't it? Who's a saint now, in this year? Who's a saint? Who, name, name him one now. Yet this fella lived in the woods in a hut. Oh yeah, that's Saint John or whatever. <sighs> he's not a saint. He's done nothing. If anything, he's sort of said, I can't be bothered with living in a city with everyone else. Everyone else has got to put with it, but I can't put with it. I'm gonna live in the woods. Well, if you can't put up with it, you're not good enough, are you? You've got no stamina. <laughs> and yet he gets a plaque, is what I'm saying. It's annoying. Who would, you like to see, who would you like to see get a plaque in the modern world? Who deserves a plaque, in your opinion? 
probably like nurses and that who who do a lot of bad things that I think I couldn't do that carrying lungs about and all that. <laughs> no, but I, I couldn't do. Do you know what I mean? That's that's one job that oh. I, my mum wanted me to be a doctor. Uh, <laughs> wow! What was she wow. thinking? Oh, what's oh, her expectations like now? Didn't fall far from the tree. Oh, when did she start giving up that dream? At what age did she start going? Carl, you don't need to study your books anymore. Go, go and play with the worms in the garden. When did she sort of, like, let you off that dream? Is it the day that she caught you with a spoon up your nose? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. From the creators of The Office, Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant. Extras, the first series, now on DVD. Who are you? Nobody. What's that? Who? Nobody. That's right. Nobody. And who am I? So the star skier I can never remember. You are guaranteed an Oscar if you play a mentor. I've just written a sitcom, but I wonder if you could give it to anyone you know. Is there any nudity in it? There could be. Men or women? Either. Uh, well, just women. Yeah. I will make it so. A painfully funny double disc. Extras on DVD now. That was a good advert, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> I'm just remembering some of the great jokes yeah, in that what show. Was, what was that for? I, forget. I always forget what adverts are for. So it, it was for that was for extras available now on DVD. So that so if you've got vouchers for Christmas, you could go to a, a shop and buy. G go to the shop, yeah, extras. Absolutely, you could walk straight into any kind of shop, uh, high street shop, and say, "Excuse me, we've got extras on DVD. I've got some vouchers," and exchange them for a copy of, of, the, of the DVD. Right, and, and, and that and that's that, that's big in um, England and America, isn't it? So on HBO in America, so it's a very well, successful. Americans, I guess you know, the great place to buy that would be on uh, on you know, say one of the websites, Amazon or one of the internet shopping com or yeah. .co .uk yeah, or Play and, and, and search for it there. Dot com. And I mean, I mean, if it's going the way of The Office, which is the most successful British sitcom ever, I mean, I'd, I'd invest now. I'd say I was round at the beginning. I bought X on yeah. DVD the yeah, first yeah, year yeah, it yeah. came get out. A get a first edition of the DVD. Get a first and edition. That'll, of the be, that'll be highly collected. And there's, the, uh, there's no great extras on there. You see Sam Jackson and Kate Winslet and Ben Stiller. Rick, there's some wonderful behind-the-scenes footage, and there's some wonderful little documentaries about you know the making of the show. Um, yeah. I mean, to me, it just makes perfect sense. It's still a great way to see in the new year. Right, but uh, if if you are going into Amazon. You know, dot co dot uk, and you're buying extras. Buy a copy of Flanimals. More Flanimals is available now. Yeah, I don't get any money from that, so I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk about that. No. Just buy Flanimals. More Flanimals. Well, I don't keep going on about. Okay. It, that's not fair. Extras. Yeah, exactly. Coming up, the Mega Dance remix of "I Could Eat a Knob at Night." Plus, of course, R Monkey News. Yeah, and uh, you know, if you've got any any Monkey News, by the way, just just email it in. Uh, what is it? Podcast at RickyGervais dot com. That's right. But don't be asking any questions about monkeys and that because there's too many people asking about what's going on in the monkey world and that, and I can't I can't do it to everyone. Well, you're gonna you're gonna bring up what any kind of big monkey information. If they need monkey to know that, I'll yeah. have it every week. But yeah. it's just that a lot of people, you know, they've got a taste for it. Talking of uh, monkey news, if you want to learn more about Carl, we've um, just put up a, a a big biography and there's some pictures that you haven't seen before of uh, Carl Pilkington and you can go to rickygervais.com mm. and check out the roundness of his head and uh, some of his stupid ideas. Yeah. But anyway, talking of emails and that, right, uh, Nick Decker, who's emailed from Australia, right, Melbourne, he's, uh, he's, he's been going on about dolphins and that, problems with dolphins. What problems? Um... He's just saying when when that that wind happened. <laughs> um, what? There was like a bad wind thing going on. And Not was, your auntie Nora again. There was there was a uh, there was a load of dolphins in like a bay. Hold on, wait a minute. What, what bad wind? Um, in in America, they had that hurricane Katrina. Yeah, 
Right. And there was like a little bay with dolphins in it and right. like with all guns on them and stuff. What oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Rewind. <laughs> what they, do you mean? Do you know dolphins? they use they use dolphins, don't they? They say they're intelligent animal and stuff. Yeah. Um and they've got them all like you know, they've all had the training, they're all like ready for, for battle and stuff. Right. Got like rifles on them. What do you mean rifles? How can they hold a rifle? How can they hold a rifle? No, it's sort of on a strap and that. It's, what do you I mean it's on a strap? I don't know what they cut them out with, but they're just ready for war. <laughs> what are you off. talking about? Listen, though, that isn't the point. Don't worry about it. Oh, we leave but that one, do we? Is, That's not the point. So let's leave it. So they're swimming about. And yeah, like, in this with with bay. rifles and berets, whatever they've got on. Yeah, right? ready for for battle and stuff. Yeah, ready for uh, battle. Yeah, the wind comes in. The wind comes in. Hurricane Katrina makes makes a wave and that they get out of the little bay. Yeah, still all kitted out. With all the, you know, weapons. You're talking bollocks. Steve, do you want to look at the email? Well, there's no way there's loads of dolphins now swimming round, kitted out with guns and that, with a strap. How how can a dolphin hold a... Again, you've been watching Planet of the Apes. They just just say, you know, know, they say they're an intelligent animal and that. Yeah. People are trusting them. Right? Brilliant. Oh, here's a dolphin. Oh, he's trying to talk to us. What's he saying? He's saying, go ahead, punk, make my day. Look, You're just, talking shit. It's just news to say, if, if there's dolphins, you know, if you see a dolphin in that, don't go, oh, it's friendly, because there's some with weapons now. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just reading it out on email, that's, that, that'll cover it in that, so. Bollocks. And more, uh, <laughs> more animal stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, your girlfriend, yeah. Jane, right? When I was round there the other night, she was talking about, uh, they're getting closer to, to doing the, the mammoth. Oh yeah, they're they're genetically engineering it. They've um, they're a few sort of million bits and pieces away, but they reckon they're going to be able to build uh, a living mammoth within in two years. Yeah, really? Yeah. Apparently, what sort yeah. of Jurassic Park type stuff? Sort of. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. What do you think of that, Carl? Uh, do we need them? What do you mean? Well, is it worth messing about? Because I I always think well, whoever's like knocking one of these together, right? Yeah. They must be pretty bright. Right? Yeah. So whilst they're messing about with an airy elephant, is it? Could they be doing more useful stuff that the world needs? Well, it's sort of like you know, it's it's fascinating. Even if it, it, on the face of it, it looks pointless, which it rarely is. Scientific discovery, it, it, it's it's about conquering nature, isn't it? I mean, that's amazing, isn't it? That you could bring a mammoth back. What are the implications to bringing a mammoth back? You know, could could they aid the the, the workload? Could they feed? The starving, you know, it, it, there's, there's, there's what, applications. So you're, you're saying, well, I'm not bring saying it anything. back to kill it to eat it. Well, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I'm saying that rarely is scientific discovery pointless and a waste of time. In the in the greater scheme of things, we learn from this, don't we? The fact that it can map DNA of a mammoth. What are the implications there? Could we bring back? I don't know. Um, Churchill. Could we bring back Nelson? Would we want to? Is it moral? That's another question. But. That the feet alone, and I don't mean its feet, I don't mean we can bring back mammoth feet. <laughs> I could feet. tell that was what he was thinking <laughs> when his eyes moved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I meant the achievement alone is, is remarkable. Putting a man on the moon, pointless, but what a feat. Mm. But don't, don't you think... Not like, impressed by putting a man on the moon? No, we've chatted about the man on the moon, you know, some people like it, some don't, I'm not going to argue about it, do you know what I mean? If, if you were behind it and that, good on you, but... Yeah. I, I'm not that fussed. I don't think we've we've learned that much from it. He went all that way, popped a flag up, came back. What have we learned about that journey since? We haven't really been back. We conquered space. We just conquered space. That's what we do. We 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 see what we can do. Why climb a mountain? Because it's there. What's well, at the bottom of the ocean? Yeah, but I don't agree with people who climb mountain for the sake of it. It's all right if you've got to get over it. 
But don't don't go up and then go down again. No, Just I, go I, for a good walk. Well, I don't I don't mind as long as they don't strain the emergency services. If you're a posh bloke going up the mountain in a beard and you get stuck, you're an idiot. Yeah. And then it's, you know, people have to risk their lives going to rescue you because you wanted to laugh. I agree with that, actually. But, but don't you think the world's busy enough? It's like, you can't, you can hardly move. You know what I mean? <laughs> and mammoths are taking up quite a bit of room if a load of them come back. We've already got elephants, which in my eyes are good enough. They, they do, you know, they carry stuff about and that. Yeah. What's, what's <laughs> gonna be better, a mammoth or an elephant? Because I can see that one of them's gonna have to go at some point. If, if, like, we start running out of elephants, would they, would they say, well, it doesn't matter, we've got mammoths and stuff, so, what, what's the point? You don't need anyone else in the room for a conversation, do you? <laughs> no, no, but what, what's He's arguing argue with himself. He's arguing with his own head. Amazing. Where would you put the, the mammoth? If they get it, if they get it going, right? Yeah. They pop it on the, give it the old electric shock and that, wake it up, and it- Frankenstein has been watching. And it's, yeah. and it's like, uh, All his information about science is about- the Flintstones, Planet of the Apes, and Frankenstein. In his no. head, they've got they've got an elephant. They've sort of they've had they put some carpet tiles over it, yeah. and they're trying to bring that back to life as a mammoth. Yeah. Yeah, I it then. <laughs> Carl, can we have some monkey news before I die? All right. Oh, chimpanzee! That monkey news, yeah. This week, what I thought I'd do, right? Because we're getting loads of emails from people who who haven't really heard much of the monkey news that I've done in the past, yeah. right? And a lot of people are sending through one of the first ones that I did that, that was a good monkey news. Yeah. I, I think it's worth hearing again, just in case you forgot about it, because it's, it's sort of classic monkey news. I don't know if you want a different jingle. Uh, well, no, I mean, it's just, you know, if, if it's anything that you've ever said, it's not true anyway, well, so carry on. Well, it was a true one, because this is the one that, like, it's it, this is like world-known monkey news. A lot of people will send this through, it's the most popular one, yeah. right? It's about this, uh this monkey that was knocking about called Ollie, right? It's called Oliver. Yeah. And, uh, it was in this zoo, um, and, and it was the only monkey in there, right? So oh, this is the one they think was the missing link. It was half human, half ape. Uh... That programme on television, because right? it was, it had bald out. It looked like you, which doesn't mean it's half it, anything. It might have been that one. What happened is it was in the zoo and stuff, and, uh, it was getting a bit lonely, because, like, it was sharing its sort of time with... Say an elephant and a giraffe and no, that. No, it doesn't happen. And they w they didn't really. No, 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 get whoa, whoa, on whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. They do no, not. Well, let put, me just tell you. They do not let me put chimpanzees yeah, in. Let me with... tell you. No, well, it's not true. I know Why share his no, time no, with an elephant and a giraffe? Gervais, it was it was some kind of flat share. They put they put an advert in the student union. Yeah, you know, we've got two rooms to let. African mammal wanted, not specific. A mammoth and a. What I'm saying is, there was other elephants for elephants to knock about with than that. The monkey, it was the only one there. So what happened is the zookeeper. Right felt a bit sorry for him. Right. right. He was like, oh, look, he's looking all fed up and that. Yeah. And like you say, I think he went a bit bald because he was bored and that. So <laughs> he he started to sort of get pally with him. So at lunchtime, when the zookeeper was sat on the wall having his, like, hand butties or whatever, yeah. he'd sort of go, you all right? Yeah. And, and it used to come over closer and closer, right? Yeah. Anyway, within a month, he was sat on the wall having his lunch with him, right? And What's what wall? Just a little wall in the zoo. <laughs> so they let the monkey out. The monkey could come and go. He had his well, own door just, key. Just, just near where the monkey is, it used to just pop. Oh, over. these blinking latchkey monkeys! He'd, I know. Yeah, you know, he was twenty-one. There, yeah, go on. Sit there having his butty and that yeah. with the with the monkey and stuff. Yeah. And uh, anyway, the as, butty, as, as the... time as time went on, because the zookeeper back then zoos weren't as popular as they are now, right. so it was only kind of it was him on his own really. So 
he found like like the monkey was the closest rubbish. thing. Rubbish, absolute rubbish. To Zeus can not run with one. This zookeeper. is a true thing. I mean, this it's is what not, I'm saying. A lot of people. But the height of popularity for Zeus surely was in the Victorian era. So yeah, exactly. You're talking. Carry on. But you're being. You're sort of. You know, picking up on little things that are important. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But anyway, so he sat. He sat there, and as time goes on, you know, he's sort of sat with him most of the day. Monkeys yeah. walking around with him, helping feed the other animals and that. No. But then what happened is the, the the zookeeper at the end of the night when he's like locking up and stuff. Yeah. It'd feel bad because he'd be leaving the zoo, and like Ollie's sat there and he's like, "I'll see you tomorrow." And the monkey's like, "Yeah, see you later." <laughs> looking all fed up because he's got home to go to and he's still stuck in his where he's basically working every day. Right. So he's never, <laughs> He's never going home, right? Now he's sleeping at work, the so, monkey. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, the, yeah. the zookeeper goes home, says to his wife, look, Ollie's uh, having a bit of a time at the moment. So she said, oh yeah, what's going on? He said, well, uh, <laughs> she's looking a bit fed up, you know, he's, he's sick of it. So she said, bring him home. So he said, well, I did what I asked, but I didn't want to force it, you know. Like, three this conversation didn't happen. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> I love so he's giving it in such detail. Yeah, I know, it didn't happen. <laughs> so this anyway. is in your head. So so she said, yeah, bring it home tonight. So anyway, he's, he's looking forward to going into work and that. He sees Ollie. He doesn't tell him straight away. <laughs> like it's a it's surprise. a surprise for him later. Oh, so, God. So they go through the day, you know, usual stuff, feeding elephants and all that. It gets to the point when it's like, they have the lunch and that. It gets to the end of the day. Yeah. And, uh. Sort of Ollie's there, he's looking at him like as if to say, well, there you go, another yeah, day, another sure. busy day and that. Um, Little does he know. See you tomorrow and stuff. Anyway, he's like, get your coat. He's like, what? Coat? Uh, what do you mean, get no, your no, coat? But, <laughs> whatever the equivalent is, right? <laughs> whatever you say to a monkey, it was kind of like, you know, you're coming with me sort of thing. Yeah. Right. So he's going, oh, brilliant. Anyway, no, he's not! So what he do you mean he's going brilliant? He takes Look, it out. So he gets right? his hat and coat. <laughs> he gets his hat and coat. <laughs> yeah. 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 And he can't believe he's lost, right? Yeah. He, goes, he goes back to the zookeeper's house. Everything's going well for about a week and a half. Right. right? Has he he's got his own room? He, he still goes, like, to work and stuff. To the zoo, yeah. To the zoo. He doesn't then, work there. And then he comes back to the zookeeper. <laughs> but anyway, what, what ended up happening is. So anyway, he, he's, he's back, at the, back at the house and it's, it's going well for about a week and a half. Treating him really well. He sat there. You know, he's having a brandy at night before he goes to bed. <laughs> Zookeeper noticed that when he took it back to work, it was kind of getting flashbacks of not having a good time in the zoo, right? So he was like, this isn't helping him out. He's happy when he's at home with the brandy and the fags and that. When he comes back here, he's starting to look a bit fed up. So he said to his wife, look, you're at home all day, right? Oh, Jesus. I'm going to work. I'll leave it with you, right? Yeah. So Ollie stays at home. Yeah. Anyway, uh, as time oh, goes on... Yep. Little bit of trouble. Whilst the fella's busy at work, grafting, paying the bills and that for Ollie at home, Ollie starts getting a little bit cheeky, tries it on with the missus. <laughs> right. Whoa. Right. Well, how good. does Carl. a monkey try it on with the missus? Oh, you're this this shit. is classic monkey news. And how does it try it on with so the missus? So he's a bit drunk, he, he, he stinks of smoke. He tries it on with the missus. How does he try it on with her? It's, I, I don't know all the detail on that You don't on know any bit. of the details. I don't know the detail on that bit. But you don't know any of the details. No, I don't know the details on that bit. You don't know, know any of the details. So what happened? So while the zookeeper's away, the monkey did play, <laughs> what happened? Did the, did, the, did, the, what, did the zookeeper's wife reciprocate these affections? Just a little bit of, like, you know, a little bit of little bit of fun, I suppose. She probably went along with that at first. You know, she's cooking at home, getting the tea ready. That's walking past, pinching her arse or whatever. <laughs> and it's, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it starts off just like it does, you know, with humans. Starts off as a bit of fun. Before you know it, you know, split up in the end. Anyway, the zookeeper and the what's it? I think the monkey stayed stayed with the with the woman. Right? <laughs> so, it's all there. It's Honestly, all on email, mate. You, it, it, the fa your imagination. Well, you should write stories. You Get should people, write. 
you get know, people to look it up. It's look, just put in monkey, chimp, Ollie, and it's it's all there. The Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. Happy New Year, particularly to those great guys at Positive Internet for yeah. hosting this podcast. Dynamite. The world's number one podcast, thanks to the guys at Positive Internet. So, check out rickygervais.com to check out Carl's Head. You know, go and buy extras and flannels. <laughs> check it out on flannels.com. Oh, come on, this is shameless. Um, extras still available. Fridge freezer for sale, £400 <laughs> or nearest offer. Uh... Steve Merchant wishing you a happy new year. I'm sure Carl Pilgrim wants to reciprocate that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 do you know what I want to wish him? I want to wish them a fantastic new year. show on Guardian Unlimited. Welcome to the sixth podcast in a series of 12, the Ricky Gervais show available online with me, Ricky Gervais, Steve Merchant. Hello. And Carl Pilkington. All right. Halfway through after this then, Carl. Yeah. You enjoying it? It's all right, isn't it? It's had a great response. We're the number one podcast in the world. We've had uh, thousands of emails and messages and it's just great to know that people all around the world are listening, don't you think? Yeah. It's great, isn't it? I should just point out, Rick, that we've had a few emails, including one from Mark Pavlidis, that says that some of the people listening on the enhanced podcast, so, you know, these, these fancy people, super rich people who can afford that one, apparently sometimes if they try to pause the show halfway through, um, it, it sort of freezes and they've got a problem restarting it. And he's saying that apparently you should, you should just hold down menu and select and that'll reboot it. So I don't know if you have had that problem. Hold on. Who's pausing? this show halfway through. I don't understand it. I can't believe it. This is like a book that you can't put down. What have they got that is better to do I don't with their know. time? I, uh, you know, uh, uh, what can be better than listening to Carl's drivel and his stupid theories? Unbelievable. We've got a, a little email straight away, Carl, from Nikki in Beverly Hills, California. She says, Carl, you rock. 
I hate it when Ricky and Steve ridicule you. I checked out your picture on rickygervais.com. Although your head is not normal, oh. that's no reason to ridicule you. You look gimp, but I never judge a book by the cover. Cheers. <laughs> is that all you've got to say? Well, it's only because I've, I've got no hair, though, isn't it? That's why it gives that effect. No, it's perfectly round your head. <laughs> Perfectly spherical head. Your face is slightly too big for it. It always goes over the, almost goes over the sides. Perfectly round head. Um, pug little nose. Funny gimp eyes with no expression. Mm. Hangdog look. Um, like a little mouth, like a little lamprey. Not formed, not human formed. The the way your expression it, it is like you've had a lobotomy. Your head goes weird at the back. It's got a little nod in it. Like a, a, a it's it's really strange. Your face and you're stupid. We've had a lot of emails saying that. <laughs> I mean, I think he's just paraphrasing, but, um, talking of emails, you know, uh, a couple of, I, I can't remember which show it was, but you mentioned, Carl, that you'd, uh, you'd only recently seen a, uh, Chinese homeless person. Oh, yeah. And it really surprised you, because you'd never seen I've a never Chinese seen homeless person. Now, and right. I actually went along with that. I, I, I've never, I've still never seen a Chinese homeless person. Well, that's, other than obviously people contributing mug news, the, uh, the search for Chinese homeless people has been an has been overwhelming on the on the email. People are just, I mean, people are actually going out looking for Chinese homeless people. Now, I can just tell you now that there's a f few responses from Los Angeles, people saying there are quite a lot of Chinese homeless people over there because apparently there's a huge homeless community in uh, in Los Angeles. So definitely if you want to see them, Carl, that's the place to go. Mm -hmm. But um, we've had one from Vancouver, Canada, from a girl called Amy, and Amy herself is Chinese, and she says that she realised herself that she, she'd never really seen a Chinese homeless person. Mm -hmm. And although she says that um, apparently Vancouver has the first or second largest Chinese population in Canada, she'd never seen them, and she actually went for a walk around uh, the Chinatown in her area, right. looking for them, and she could not find any on that particular day. So, um, again, Canada, obviously not a place to go for a Chinese yeah, it, it was just a point, though. I don't want people sort of... Well, hold on, though. Wait, wait I'll stop you there. Hello, Ricky, Steve and Carl. I live in New York City and have seen a Chinese homeless person. Not only is he Chinese, but he is also a midget. He's been living on the streets for the last 30 years. He used to dress in rags, but thanks to a, a, a coat drive, he's now wearing a fancy Adidas jacket, right? Now he encloses a picture. Uh, he says he gave him ten bucks to take the picture, um, and I've seen it, and he's a little yeah, Chinese I, midget fellow. I'm just getting a bit worried that people are going out there sort of looking for these. Because, well, it, because they, you well, know, that's what you requested. No, 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 but all I was saying is I saw one. I didn't start saying, excuse me, can you just give us a smile? I'm taking your picture. <laughs> You know well, we've I mean? had loads of pictures of people. I know, and it worries me a little bit. And I, I mean, it's not too bad about the one who took one of the little midget one, because, you know, he's, if he kicked off, it'd be quite easy to sort of hold him back. But I'm talking about fully grown. So is that your warning to people? Don't be taking pictures of fully grown Chinese homeless? Well, yeah, I'm just saying, you know, don't don't be messing about going up to strangers and that and, and annoying them and stuff, right? Maybe well, I think that's a good rule of thumb, don't annoy them. Um, but, I mean, but that is a hell of a sighting, isn't it? We asked for a Chinese homeless, and they gave us a Chinese midget homeless. Many of the listeners are aware, Carl, that you're sort of fascinated by, by smaller people. Um, well, he's fascinated by difference, I think. Yes. Oh. I think he's having a go at people. You know, having, having when, when, you, when you sort of stare at someone because they don't look like you, and let's face it, most people don't look like you, you're not having a go, are you? Well, like you, you say, for I saw Steve, I was never, never having a go. It was just, oh, that's different. <laughs> But, but, you know, like, you, you know, Steve, I was never having a go. It's, it's just that <laughs> thing of, oh, right, interesting. What do you mean? 
No, just, just you know, we've I've said before about when I saw yeah. Steve and what have you, now I've got used to it. And Steve got same. used to it? What do you... What you don't know, well, I, you know my feeling with this. I don't, I don't really know where but, he's coming but from. But Steve knows I'm not having a go either. Yeah. Carl used to carry around a book that was called The Top 50 Freaks of All Time. <laughs> well, it's interesting you should mention that because we actually had an email from Richie who says that he's, he's been a fan of ours for many years and he's listened to lots of the radio shows we've done in the past and things. And he says, of all the people you've discussed, Carl, in the past, including some of the people from your... Uh, your you know, odd magazines. Who would you most like to spend the day with of all those people that you've encountered? Um, favourite, favourite of all. Well, certainly who you would want to spend time with, who you feel would be the most fascinating, the most interesting. You know, I mean, let's ju just recap on well, some of Pillow the Man, the bloke with no arms, no legs that can, um, uh, roll a cigarette with his mouth. Yeah. No? Not impressed with him. <laughs> That's not sufficient. What about the three-legged juggler? So hang on, let's just recap for, for new listeners. This was a man with three legs? Three legs, right. right. And, uh, it said his job, he became a juggler. Okay. Not using the, you know, the, the <laughs> gift that he'd been given. What would you, what, what would you suggest? Anything. Running. <laughs> swimmer. Uh, <laughs> just, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what, what are the there? others? What are the other ones? There was a picture of a gentleman who was fascinated by him. He used to play the piano. Oh, he's got a tiny oh, head, hasn't he? Yeah, that's that, um, that's the one who, uh, he, he sort of ages fast. Right. So like every other week he's having a birthday and stuff. <laughs> And, um, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> He's not having a birthday every other week. His body's just aged, so it has the, as the appearance, uh, the, the, his biology is sort of like, like he's 70, but he's only like 15. He doesn't, they don't have a birthday every week. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. But yeah, I don't know about knocking about with one a long time, though, that's... Only for a day. Yeah. Um, I suppose it depends what I'm up to. <laughs> <laughs> because if you know, if we're going out and about, the pillow man would just be a bit of a drag. Whereas, <laughs> whereas if you know, if you're going for a, a, a walk, walk across, you know, the three-legged guy, <laughs> ideal. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh. The Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. Lots and lots of people emailing just with questions for Carl. People just want to get his opinion on stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you have questions for Carl, keep them coming in. Podcast at rickygervais.com. We can't really reply to your emails, but um, we do read them, so we really appreciate them coming in. Um, just a couple of quick ones for you, Carl. Wendy says, if Carl had to eat the same dinner every day for the rest of his life, what would uh, what would he eat? She's, she mentioned this because she was having Christmas dinner and, and it was a big, you know, she loves Christmas dinner. Uh, it's the, the trouble with Christmas dinner. I mean, the roast dinner is the king of dinners and the Christmas dinner is the king of roast dinners. Yes. But you can't have one every day. No, it's absurd. But they're, they're, it's brilliant. We it's, have three meats in our house. It's unbelievable. The yeah. amount of meats yeah. is, is just, just amazing. It's just, it's a, just a plate of meat. <laughs> it's just meat, With yeah. one Brussels sprout, one yeah. token Brussels sprout and the gravy. Oh. Um... You see, it depends, doesn't it? I, I, I mainly eat just so I keep going. I'm not that bothered about because I don't really taste it anyway. I just shove it down. <laughs> you're like a what? A you're dog. like a horse. But at what point did it become important that things were sort of, you know, seasoned or garnished to go with it and stuff? At the end of the day, we're all eating, aren't yeah. we? So you can move about and that, and you've got energy. Well, we need to know what we're tasting, don't we? Because we need to have certain things. We need sugar. We need salt. We, uh, so we need to know what they taste like to know we're getting them. No, but you, your body now we've got them. chefs, so leave that up to them to make sure. But we're, we're getting I thought you salt. were talking about an evolutionary standpoint and how it evolved. Not there was a little Do you chef. Think that's in likely. The... <laughs> <laughs> no, but <laughs> leave it for them to make sure you know we're getting safe food. Um, 
I mean, to be honest, it annoys me the way people worry about food now and, and how, how there's so much to choose from. I think it's got out of hand. <laughs> I watch- Any form of choice really worries you, doesn't it? No, you don't just, like choice. It, no, choice is good, but not too much. It's like with anything now, if you go into a, a toffee shop, there's like loads Sorry. of different- <laughs> Where are you going to find a toffee so shop? You're in a, you're, in a, you're in a fairy tale. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. You're, you're in a Dickens tale yeah. in, the, uh, in the 19th century. You're in Shrek. And yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You go into a toffee no, shop. No, what are you what's doing? your point? You go into a toffee, toffee shop. shop. What I'm saying, you go, you go into a shop full of toffee. You've just come from stuff. the candlestick maker. <laughs> right? You go, you go, oh, you go in there, and there's just too much choice. It's like what. And I, I can stand there up to like four minutes, sort of going up to four minutes. <laughs> so specific. Four minutes. So he's in a toffee shop in a top hat. Well, he's only got four minutes. He's only got four minutes because he's got to get into the pea green boat. <laughs> that he's saving off. Yeah. No, but tomorrow. Well, forget the toffee. Can I have some of your finest Oxfordshire toffees? So you'd prefer it was just one selection of toffee? That's all they've got. Well, maybe two. <laughs> what I'm saying is, right? There's now too much choice. Whenever you get a menu in a restaurant, it's not like you don't just go. Oh, right, what is the, yeah, I'll have that, there's too much. It's like a book now, isn't it? And you look <laughs> at it all. And then you've got to that point now that people are even taking a risk when they're eating. What do you mean? Um, you know, in, in Japan or China or something, they're eating that fish <laughs> that if it's not cooked right, <laughs> it can kill you, right? Yeah. Not yeah. worth the risk when there's so many other fish. Yeah, I agree. Why do, why have why mackerel, they... have a bit of cod or whatever. <laughs> yeah, as soon as there's a risk, risk yeah. take it off. I agree. I totally agree. Not worth what, it. What, uh, we've got a fish that might or might not kill you. Well, um, is there anything that definitely won't kill you? Yeah, but a chicken won't kill you. I'll right. play safe then. I love that. I love that. I love the chicken. That's what I'm saying. The Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. But anyway, we were talking about <laughs> sayings and that. <laughs> um, stitching time saves nine. Don't don't. You know, I'm never going to use that, I don't think, anyway. Okay. <laughs> You're never going to understand it fully, are you? Suzanne repairs me stuff anyway. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't really matter. But what about the one, um, about the one in, in greenhouses and that? People who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Yeah. What do you, what that? Does that confuse you? You've never understood that one? No, that's, that's a lot clearer, isn't it? It's sort of saying, don't be chucking stuff about if you're surrounded by glass and what have you. Yeah, but don't forget, it, it's an analogy, it's a metaphor, it, it's not to be taken literally. It's not really just talking to people who live in glass houses. It's saying, uh, uh, uh Hang on, sorry, before you say that, Rick, I just, I'm intrigued to know if he's fully got to grips with this. Okay. Just give us your explanation again of what you'd take that to mean. Well, just don't be chucking stuff about, really. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, if that was it, they'd just say no, no, that. No, no, but, but that saying's been around a lot longer than we think. That's when people probably did live in basic glass houses and stuff. No, whoa, 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 what do they mean whoa. now? Now he's ever lived in a Sorry. glass house. So this they went cavemen went from rock to a nice crystal structure today. That what do we talking about? When did people live in glass well, no, houses? What they mean now? When when that saying's used now, they mean sort of, you know, plasma tellies, uh ornaments. No, they don't. They're saying don't chuck stuff about because no, you'll break it. No, it's not about uh, damaging your own property. They don't mean you're inside the glass house throwing rocks inside your own glass it's house. It's a metaphor. It means don't be having a go at people if you yourself have got uh, uh, more to lose. Do you know what I mean? It, it means it, it. It could be. It could be anything. Don't don't start a war where you could come off bad as well. It's about how fragile your situation is. If you live in a glass house, metaphorically. Don't throw stones at someone else, because when he throws it back at you, your house 
is it more easily damaged than his? Again, metaphorically. It doesn't mean that if you're living in a glass house, or in a house with other precious objects, you don't, in your own home, throw bricks about. Because that would be a very specific audience that I was trying to reach, that phrase. I mean, let's be honest, okay, what kind so of a mental case? you know case? what, I think we've got the crux to this, right? I, I think I can answer that, right. Carl, what is an analogy? Uh, it's sort of like a little story told quickly. <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it's it a is, little story it? told quickly. Uh, to what end? Well, it depends what the story is. Okay. Depends. Give me a, give me an analogy. Well, for me, I thought a one with the greenhouse, yeah. right? Um. It's, no, it's a greenhouse. It, before <laughs> it was just a glass <laughs> no, house. Yeah. Yeah. All right, then a glass house. Okay. Right. You, do, do what I mean is that glass house is metaphorical. <laughs> it's about the fragility of your situation as compared to your aggression or your... You see, I, I just prefer sort of, you know, what you say is what you mean. So people in who live in a glass house have to answer the door. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I mean, because, you, you, because you may be a genius, because I don't get that. People who live in glass houses have to answer the door. Okay, let him, let's hear his explanation. Because the people knocking at the door will be able to see you, because it's a glass house. But what, eh? But you literally mean, don't you? There's no analogy there or metaphor for you. You literally mean, if you live in a glass house you and someone the knocks door. the door. So there's no, there's no hidden meaning there, is there? Well, no. Couldn't that also you don't but you have to add a number of other thing, uh, another other caveats. Surely, if you live in a glass house, don't walk around naked. Yeah. If you live in a, <laughs> so th these are literal. See, if you now you could you could actually make that into quite a nice uh, um, uh, uh, saying there because if that meant if someone said that to me and they weren't a shaved chimp, right? <laughs> if they said people who live in glass houses have to answer the door, I think that means oh yeah, it means that um, there are no secrets you can't hide behind anything if you're if you're very open if you've chosen to be totally open all the time you can't go back on it so people if you wear everything on your sleeve if you shout around and you tell the truth and uh, you can't go back on it they can see they can see through yeah, you it can mean that as well yeah oh okay. <laughs> that's handy but i just the idea that in your head there are you need that there should be sayings for people who live in glass houses who is it that's living in a glass no. house? Well, it, I, I'm not talking about them. It's just that if everyone else is bringing up about these people who are living in glass houses, let's let's get to the real problems they've got. He <laughs> <laughs> still hasn't got to grips with the idea of the no, metaphor or the simile. People who live in glass houses should live near a glazier. Right. Well, here's another saying, right, that I, that I learnt recently from a mate, right? Um, well, there's an elephant in the room. <laughs> okay, I, don't, I haven't heard that one, but explain it to me. It's like, um... When you when something's going on in a room, right? But no one's mentioning it because everyone's a bit too sort of. But in a way, it's better that it's out. It's like how you know you whenever we go out for something to eat or a drink or something, mm. it's normally after about five minutes the sort of topic gets onto the shape of my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, right? I can't resist the shape of your head. Right. So you're you're happy. It's talking not just about the shape it. though, is it? It's the state of it as no, well. But what I'm, what Outside I'm, and in. But, I mean, it's a fascinating little <laughs> objet d'art. His what, head. But what I'm saying. It's re perfectly round. Uh, it's got no hair where it should have, um, and it's oh, hollow. <laughs> <laughs> the features are slightly too small for the face. Yeah. No, unbelievable. No, but what I'm saying is, it's interesting. Now, <laughs> like, I'm the elephant in the room, right? Nobody's talking about it. You mention it once. Suddenly, it's the talk of the town. <laughs> it's, it's what I mean. Everybody starts joining in, going, "Well, yeah, it's round, but it does suit you." 
And these are people who I don't even know sometimes, <laughs> and they're all dipping in. And that is an elephant in a room. <laughs> so you you don't want people to discuss the shape of your head or the or the lack of hair. Um, you would feel better. You would feel happier that they didn't mention that. Sometimes I think it's better that it's out there. It's made me a stronger person, though. It's the same way, you know, we were talking about religion and that. Samson Delilah, yeah. he got weaker without air. Mm. Whereas with me, I think it's it's made me stronger. Because, you know, it's almost like it's treated like a disability. Everybody's sort of mentioning it and talking about it. What's it like having a bald head? And You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's made me stronger. But would you ever wear a wig? Um, not really. What I was mean, a long wig like Samson? Well, the only time I wanted a wig was when I did jury duty once, right? And it was annoying that I was sat on the jury, right in front of, like, these criminals, right? Everybody else has got disguises. The judges have them wigs on, right? <laughs> that's not disguises! It is a that's a disguise. That's why judges wear them, right? So no! Not... Well, then why did they print their name in the paper and have a picture of it? What do you mean it's a disguise? Well, it's a disguise, isn't no, it? No! If it was a disguise, they'd go in with one of those um, glasses with a nose and the beard attached if it was a disguise. All judges would look like Groucho Marx if it was a disguise. Well, that, I'm just saying that's that's what annoyed me when I was sat there on the front row, right? I couldn't have been any closer to the criminals, right? <laughs> right? I was sat there and I thought... Why didn't I just pop a little wig on or a pair of glasses? <laughs> I would have loved to have seen you in the front row at Crown Court. No, because... I'd love to see it because uh, in this country you're not allowed to show pictures of jurors. Uh, you can't take photos <laughs> in a courtroom, so there's always these sketch artists that draw drawings and it's on the news. The idea that we'd have seen 11 people and a sort of Krusty the Clown figure would have been amazing. Yeah, uh, uh, I would love to see the, uh, the artists doing a view because it would be like complicated people. Oh, hey, he looks interesting, characterful, and then just a little round head. Charlie Brown. <laughs> Charlie Brown sitting on the end. <laughs> Carl, you said that your New Year's resolution was that you were going to learn something every day. Yeah, Have you learned anything today? If, if I can. Uh, today, like, I don't know the full facts of it, but... Could I just say that when someone says they learn something new every day, that doesn't count if they forget it the next day. <laughs> No, because yeah, that would be Groundhog Day learning. Well, the thing I learnt today was about an octopus. Oh, Go yeah. on. What they can do is, um, you know, they've got eight legs and that. Yeah. They can yeah. they they can use they can use <laughs> six of them legs to cover their head so they look like a little stone. They use the other two to run off. <laughs> right. Well, that's he's, think, he's thinking of Squidly Diddy. Yeah, it's a Disney image in his head, isn't it? They're pink. But, but uh, anyway, uh, but, but anyway, that's, that's, you know, so that's not the main thing. So it's pink singing a song in your mind <laughs> and running off, yeah. <laughs> no, but anyway, but something else I learnt, right, um, it's, it's mainly about animals and that, because that's yeah. normally quite interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a chicken somewhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Specific. The, and the owner of it was getting fed up because, <laughs> you know, he had to feed it and that. Mm, but it embellishment, wasn't, embellishment, guesswork. No, come on, let's hear it. It mm. wasn't giving anything back. No eggs. No eggs, right? So he was like, oh, I'm sick of this. Anyway, someone told him, pop a little axe next to its little house, right? So when it comes out in the morning, thinking, oh, I'll have another lazy day doing nothing, right? <laughs> he saw this axe, and suddenly it was like, oh, all right, right? I'm next for the day, chop, it thought, yeah. it laid about six eggs. It's rubbish. Through it's rubbish. rubbish. The chicken wouldn't recognise an axe as a threat. It wouldn't It wouldn't be able to reason that, oh, um, I'd better start working or I'll be, I'll be meat. I better start. It's absolute rubbish. Once again, it's this ridiculous thing you've got that, that one personifying animals uh, to, 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 to reasoning powers better than yours. 
I mean, I think, you know, you, you, you make chickens and monkeys cleverer than you in your stories, which is weird, okay? <laughs> it didn't happen and wouldn't work. Next! What, <laughs> what else haven't you learnt today? No, well, as always, things like that always get me thinking. What, what else haven't you learnt today? No, well, he's got his, no, his mind's working now. This Go apparently on. has got his yeah, mind so working. that's rubbish. Well, do you think, then, that it's worth looking after animals, then, if, if there isn't any memory? If they don't know what's happening anyway... You're always going on about don't be cruel to things. Yeah, why would you be cruel? For, there's one thing uh, about imagining chickens can reason, and because they can't be cruel to them. Why does it matter whether an animal can reason or not for you not to be cruel to it? The reason I don't like blood sports isn't the fact that there's a fox missing, it's the, it's the psychology of the people that get off on seeing an animal ripped to pieces. They wouldn't like it if it was a robot, they wouldn't care. They, that, for some reason, in their psychology, they like, they like this sport. Why does it have to be a sport? They're not culling, they're not putting things down for a good, they like to see this no, no, fox ripped I, I, apart or a bull tortured for their own pleasure. That's why it why would you ever want to be cruel to an animal, whether it can reason or not? No, no, no. I mean, I don't mean really cruel, but I mean like, like there's an advert on that's that's on in the you know in Britain, advertising some supermarket, right? And it's saying, you know, we look at before you know we kill our chickens and what have you, they have a great life. This is yeah. like the voiceover, and you see happy chicken, yeah, and it's going, uh, we give it a good little house to live in. It's got straw, yeah, it eats good, yeah, and then we kill it. Right. Yes, well that's better, isn't it? Well, no, I don't think it is though, is it? Because at the end of the day, if I was that chicken, right? <laughs> I'm that chicken, loving my life. I can't believe me luck, right? Well, we'd be pleased because we at least he'd be able to do the show and we'd have so, some interesting conversations. Yeah. So there it is, right? Wandering about, it's got its nice little field that it's working on. Yeah. It's got its nice food and everything, but it's going to die. Yeah, we're all going to die. But then, if you were like a rubbish chicken, that had like a rubbish life, you'd be going, oh, kill me. Carl, <laughs> 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 they're not thinking what's going to happen tomorrow. They don't know that they're going to get they're going to get for the chop, are they? A chicken's not going, I'm fed up with this, I can't wait for that axe to be used on my neck. Yeah. Well, that that's another th now you've mentioned the cutting off of an head, right? Yeah. On a chicken. That's something else I've learned, right? It's like a pinball is mine. Amazing. Isn't it? Ding dong, bong dang, ding ding da da, oh, Ed, ding ding, chicken, ding ding ding, head off, bing dong. No, right, but, um, this was in a proper science magazine as well. Right? Yeah. So you can't have a go. This wasn't something on the internet. This was printed in a so, magazine. You read it. Okay, and what was it? And is here, it? and here comes the filter. It's gonna come out nonsense. Right. Well, you could have Professor Stephen Hawking sitting there whispering stuff in your ear. And it could all be true, but when you said it, gobbledygook. <laughs> well, let's see then. Let's see, right? This, what they've done, they've done another experiment, right? Yeah. They've cut somebody's head off, right? <laughs> and you know how they used to do it in the olden days, where they'd put your head in a stock, cut it off, for whatever reason, right? You've done something wrong, right? Yeah. And the question that everybody used to talk about in the village was, you know, oh, I made eye contact with it, right? And it was a bit worrying, because he was looking at me and... He looked fed up and that. Right? No, he's dead. So they've put a bit of work into this, and they've they've done it again somewhere, right? And they've worked out that once when when the head comes off the body, yeah. it stays alive and that no. for thirty seconds. Well, no, they they don't know that. They can never know that. No, they did it. They did this no. experiment. What's alive? The What's head. alive? But the, what, yeah, no, it, 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 uh, w there's loads of issues here. One, no one's experimenting with human beings cutting their head off, Carl. Well, two, mm. no, 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 no. So you read no. this in what? Executioner's Monthly. This yeah. is in no a two, proper... Carl. It's what your definition of alive is, because you can be alive and have no conscience. 
No, no, but this is this is where it gets weird, right? Yeah, where, where, this is where it gets weird. You talking about it? So the head's off, right? Yeah. And what they did was they chucked a load of questions at it. <laughs> <laughs> all sanctioned by the government. Yeah, this is yeah. all. Fine. So the head the head lands perfectly on the neck and goes. <clears throat> what do you want to know? And <laughs> it, said, it said. So they're asking questions and it's going. Do you know what? To be quite honest, I'll answer, answer your question. I'm a little bit annoyed about the execution still. Well, that that was the interesting thing. They said it's about. No, it's not. It didn't happen. Carl. Let me hear. Oh, don't talk. Let shit. me hear it. What are you talking about? Who are these people around in white coats going? Quick, ask it a question. It's bleeding. Right. So they said for about twenty-five to thirty seconds. The last five seconds, it is sort of like can't be bothered answering them. <laughs> Right, but apart from that, they were chucking stuff. I don't think it spoke. I don't think it was like, yeah, two and two, four and stuff. It was more, um, it was to do with blinking. So blink once if you say oh, yes, yeah. blink twice. So, so I told it, I said, listen, when you die, you're probably not going to be able to talk because your jaw's going to be on the ground. You're not going to be able to open your mouth. If you do, you'll fall over backwards and hit your head. Now listen, blink one for yes and two for what? no. Yeah, right, yeah, not too bad. Yeah, is the axe nice and sharp? Yeah, promise, you're you talking promise? shit again. <laughs> you promise to do it? Yes. All yeah, right. well, yeah, yeah. The thing is, they wouldn't be able to do it with you, because if they cut your head off, it would just roll. It would roll away, because it's perfectly spherical. They would go, oh no, there's Plus, no- oh. it takes about 20 seconds whenever you ask Carl anything for the <laughs> question to process. <laughs> And for him to start to formulate an answer. Anyway, if, you know, if you've, if people listening and that, if they learn anything that's amazing, yeah. send it in, cause, you know. Cause it'll come out gobbledygook when, uh, Carl tries to translate it. Interesting facts is what we're after then. Plus also, if you've got any questions for Carl, if you just want to see how his mind works, um, then you can get in touch with or us. Or whether his mind works. Indeed, we've any proven that. psychologists out there. Podcast at rickygervais.com. Yeah. That's how to get in touch. Carl, it's what we've all been waiting for. Oh, chimpanzee that monkey news. Right, well this one sent in from uh, from Sam in New York, right? And it's about a fire that happened, right, in a really do you know like in New York they have loads of big buildings, don't they? Mm-hmm. Right, really, really tall ones. Skyscrapers. Yeah. yeah. And um there was a fire in one of them, right? So they did as expected, they called up, you know, fire brigade and that. They turned up, right? Uh, fire engine parked up. It's like, right, where's the fire? And they said, oh, it's on like uh, floor 100 or whatever. And they said, oh no, we've brought the fire engine with the short ladders. <laughs> Stupid mistake, but go on. <laughs> right? So anyway, so the fire's going and that, and they're saying, is there anyone in there? They go, I, I don't know, there might be someone up there, but we, you know, the telecom's not working and stuff. Who do you think might be up there, Rick? I don't know. But just a woman, I imagine. Just a woman or a child. Is there a, is there a, is there a fireman that could climb up a building at <laughs> okay. all without a ladder? That seems unlikely, but go on. Go on. So anyway, so they said, well, how are we going to get up there? Yeah. Yeah. Right. We can't. But they've only brought the short ladders. No, we can't. Let's go home. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that it. was, uh, monkey news. So, uh, they, so they said, well, there's a lot of, like, grippage. Because <laughs> they, they made up words. The, uh, fireman, yeah. The NYPD fireman. <laughs> there's a lot of grippage! On the yeah. side of the building <laughs> and stuff. So anyway, they said, why don't we just go and get a monkey, right? So they oh. got, they got Whoa, a monkey. Yeah, that's a bit that, of a jump. Is they that just... policy now in, uh, in the New York Fire Department? Well, the, you know, you've got to think quick, haven't you, at the end of the day. If people are up there, you don't, yeah. you don't start querying if it works or not. You try everything that, that you can to, yeah. to help someone out, right? That's the first thing I thought of, was it a monkey? So it was quicker for them to go and get a monkey than to go back and get the long ladders. Why don't they get Spider-Man? Okay, <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. Why don't they get Spider-Man? <laughs> yeah, cool Spider-Man. Yeah, cool Spider-Man. So anyway, so they got, they got a monkey down there and they said, right, well, Where'd we, they get it from? We don't know, from the local zoo or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they said, look, Let's, uh, you know, we've got to remember, there's, there could be someone up there, um, right. and it'll shock them a bit, 
<laughs> if, 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 a monkey, monkey, if a monkey comes in, right? Yeah. So they said- <laughs> Yeah, I don't think they'd care. Get if it their building's on fire, they're not gonna yeah. go, oh, that's weird, there's a monkey at the window. <laughs> They'd be screaming, save me! Oh, there's a monkey. So away anyway, from them. So they said, right, we'll just get it a little small uniform and that, the smallest <laughs> you've got. <laughs> but, whoa, but hold on though, actually, where are you going to get that? I'm going back to the, um, going back to the uh, station. We'll get the long ladders while you're there. No time. No time, no, I, I no. bought the small uniform, I just didn't bring the long <laughs> yeah. ladders. <laughs> So oh. anyway, it goes up there, it's got all the kit on and what, it's yeah. got its little ad on and all that. It yeah. grabs, uh, there was, there was like a little person up there, manages to grab that. Not a little- Who was up there then? It was just- Someone just a, that was just the right size for a monkey to be able to rescue, which is handy. <laughs> Cause if it'd been anyone else, like a larger person or a family, we'd all be yeah. screwed. No, I don't know about the size of it, but it's just the story saying how like, uh, it was quite a big, big monkey and that it was good at breaking down doors. Oh yeah. Uh, it was good at climbing into small spaces and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Anyway, but it managed it's big, to- So it's big enough to carry a, a, a fully grown man, but small enough to climb through a, a, a cat flap. Yeah. Sure. So, uh, Which is handy. So anyway, it managed to, you know- Get out the boots on as well. It got, got the person everything, and uh, now it says it, you know, it's sort of, uh, it's on call if if they ever need it again. <laughs> sure, and if they ever get anywhere again and they've forgotten the long letters but there's plenty of grippage, they just call for Coco. <laughs> so, that's this week's Monkey News. Bollocks. The Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. Well, I hope you enjoyed our, our podcast there. Yeah? Another half hour of absolute drivel. I've been Ricky Gervais. With me, Steve Merchant. See you next time. And Carl Pilkington. All right. And we'd all like to thank those brilliant guys at Positive Internet for hosting this podcast brilliantly. Positive Internet, hosting the world's number one podcast. Here's DJ Reach Around. It is hard eating a knob. So what are you saying? You I'm, could... I'm, I'm saying, like, I, I, I could eat a knob at night. 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 I could eat a knob at show on Guardian Unlimited. Welcome to the seventh uh, Ricky Gervais show on the uh, podcast. I'm Ricky Gervais, with me Stephen Merchant. Hello. And Carl Pilkington. All right. Now, talking of that, that's only five to go then, isn't it? 
Five to go in this series of twelve. Oh, still seems a lot, though, doesn't it? We'll uh, we'll take a little break. I'm sure we'll come back through popular demand. I'm hoping. Yep. I'm hoping to put that on the poster back by popular demand. Well, I'm it? hoping it's by overwhelming public demand. Which yeah, is exactly. My favorite. Yeah, yeah. As we're doing it for nothing. Yeah. We, we want to get a little bit of a pat on the back. Don't <laughs> exactly. We? Please. Somebody. Um. Do they so, give awards out for podcasting? Oh, if they do. Hoo hoo. Hello. I am already writing <laughs> my speech, baby. <laughs> um. I was thinking that everyone listening. Um. If you want to register uh, your email with us, we'll let you know when we're back on air, maybe later in the year. Uh, go to rickygervais.com and just um, register, and then when I do a general mail out, I'll let you all know when Carl Pilkington is back. You are a good guy to these people, Rick. No sweat. <laughs> now, there's been an awful lot of correspondence. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's backing up there. We've got acres of it to get through. Um, it is a bit mental, actually, but it's very flattering, and, and thank you all. And people have uh, sent such brilliant things in and spent so much time doing them. There's someone sent in this uh, 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 mock-up of... We, we were talking about the um, those Russian sort of iconoclastic artefacts, and someone's mocked up Carl Pilkington as St. Carl the Bewildered. <laughs> it's it's brilliant. It's so good. Can we put and this that, on the web? Yeah, I think let's put that up on um, rickygervais.com, and that's from uh, Joe Murray in Philadelphia. We've also got one, which is a little work of art from Ed Ferrari, and it's the three of us in a studio, and it, it's it's just great. It's a very flattering picture of you there, Rick. You look about 14. I know. I, I've come out very well in this. Carl has got a head like a fucking orange. <laughs> <laughs> look at that. Yeah. And you, well, I don't know what you are. You, you, your, foot, your, your head is about two foot long. And in real life, it's only 18 inches long, isn't it? <laughs> so he's exaggerated yours yeah. a little bit. But it's a lovely drawing. We'll put that up on the web as well. Just uh, So uh, everyone go to rickyjavase.com. Everyone register, please, and we'll email you. And everyone um, uh, keep sending stuff in. So thank you very much. Carl, Joe from Bradford asks, what body parts can you live without? He wants to know. He's obviously having sleepless nights thinking about this. What, so? Oh. <sighs> the, the, With a brain. <laughs> he's coped this far. <laughs> so the bits that I've got now, if I had to get rid of yep. one of them, yep. what wouldn't I miss? Yes. Um, see, I, I did a bit of an experiment on this, right? Brilliant. It's my job at home to, to wash up, right? Suzanne does. She gives you all the really big responsible <laughs> ones. Yeah. She, she, she sort of like pays the bills and wires the house. And she go, you go, what can I do? And you can go, well, you can go and play with the worms in the garden. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so it's my job to, to wash up and that, right? And um, I thought to sort of make it interesting and stuff. Uh, I thought, I wonder if I can do it, right? If I didn't have any thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> and so what did you do? So I just sort you of You sliced did off it. your thumbs. I, I just sort of <laughs> held them in. And it's amazing how, like, it took me ages just having that, that one thing gone. Well, it's part of our evolution, the opposable thumb. Basically, that's when we soared. Th 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 these are milestones in human evolution, the opposable thumb, the, the forward-facing eyes, the upright. Th these, are, these are massive things in, in taking us out of the animal kingdom. And uh, one day, Carl, you'll walk upright. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you mean about eyes facing forward? You mean... Before we got here, there was people who, uh, whose eyes were looking in their head. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Is that what well, you No, mean? no, because when we got sort of uh, uh, binocular vision, where um, uh, we could, we could, you know, because we were predators have a forward face. I'm, I'm going way back. I'm not just saying. I'm not saying. I'm not saying chimps had eyes on the side of their head, but I'm saying big, big, major um, milestones in any evolution. Mm. 
Uh, I, I, I lost your evolution, I yeah. think. So, uh, when you were doing this experiment, washing up, um, you say that you found it difficult, it took you ages. So you, you didn't, you didn't just give, give up once you realised how essential thumbs were. No, you actually washed up everything. I just think of Suzanne walking in and Carl's there, just covered in water and, and fairy liquid suds, standing on a pile of broken crockery. Yeah, lun plunging his face into the sink every three, 30 seconds and just <laughs> swishing his head around. <laughs> But we talked about the, the washing up thing before, haven't we, when, uh, when I stood there washing up. And um, I sort of look out out of out of a window, so the sink's in front of the window. Yeah. And that's why I quite like washing up, because I can just look out onto the street, see people going past. There's like a local homeless fella called Franco. You know, I look out, that like, he's all right and everything. Sure. But I was looking across the way, right, and there's some, uh, sort of, there's some Chinese people who live on in a flat, right, really small flat. And they're up till all hours. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> but they, they decide to back up at about half three in the morning. And that. They're always really noisy and that. But above them, there was some woman, right, who um, the sort of bedroom is on par to our kitchen, right? Yeah. So I'm sort of washing up. Yeah. And I sort of look across and see see this woman with, uh, like, you know, no no pants on and that, no, no bra on that. Naked. Yeah, just... That's the word you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's just wandering about, you know, on that. So I was like, oh, what's going on there? So I kept, carried on washing up and that, right? And uh, <laughs> kept looking, and then I was looking and she looked at me. Right? So we made eye contact. Sure. So I was like, oh, God, right? So um, what I thought the best thing to do was, was sort of drop me pants a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> just just a little bit, just like, you know, I had boxer shorts on and that. I thought if I just show a little bit of little bit of sort of arse cheek, then it's kinda like, right, we we quits. Right? <laughs> I don't understand the thinking. So so Suzanne's watching the telly, right? I think she was watching Sex in the City or something. Yeah. She sort of turns around to see how I'm getting on with the washing up, right? She sees me with like my pants sort of down a little bit with my arse out. She said, What are you doing? I said, Don't look now. I said, But there's a woman over the road, right? With no pants on and that. She caught me looking. I'm just giving her a bit back. <laughs> I love the fact that he explains the rules and Suzanne's meant to go, Okay, that makes sense. But I don't. So, so hang on. So you, you, you showed a bit of your arse. You turned, presumably, to show the arse. So well, I just, the I, arse just out the I had to lift it up a little bit on the sort of on the draining board. What? Hang on, though. What, um, what did she do? Did you register her reaction when she saw a bit of your arse? What happened? When she saw my arse. Yeah. Well, then I wasn't looking because I thought, in a way, it, I don't want I don't want it to look like. Well, I've seen a bit of your stuff, here's a bit of mine. <laughs> I just <laughs> thought, at the end of the day, I caught a glance of you. It's only fair. You've had a bit back. You know, I'm not you making see, a big I, deal out I of it. You see, I genuinely think James Stewart missed a trick here in Rear Window. Yeah. This would have been, you know, a much better film had James Stewart just popped his pants down. It would have given a whole new meaning to the to the title Rear Window. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's tricky, though. I seem to be surrounded by people like that. Because I've told you before, there's the old woman across the way who's... Just sat there reading a book. I, I looked through everybody's windows like that. Uh, remember that film, that slither, sliver or something? Okay, right. When, when they've got video cameras. Yeah. I'm just looking onto everybody's world and just seeing what people are getting up to. There's nothing wrong with that. Brilliant. That's why I like washing up. <laughs> <laughs> the Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited.
Chris has emailed a mantra for Carl. We were talking about famous mantras and sayings and things. Yeah. Never has a mank said so much to so many that means so little. Brilliant. So you can have that on your uh, headstone. Rupert. Your little round headstone. <laughs> Rupert's in the Isle of Man. He says, I don't know if you knew this, Carl, but apparently octopuses' testicles are located in their heads. Yeah. But then, to me, that isn't that, that amazing, because at the end of the day, an octopus, really, all it is is an head. <laughs> <laughs> so everything it's got has to be it in the head. It has to be in the head. It looked daft if they dangled down below. <laughs> right? So all it is is, I mean, there's a lot Hang of on, facts. It, it, it looked daft if they dangled down below. There's, I'm wondering again, that's almost, I don't think you should start sending them in, but that could almost be the B-side to, uh, B-side I could eat to a night. I could eat a knob at night. James Round says, Carl, if you could be anyone in the world, who would it be? Uh, dead or alive. Why would you choose to be a dead person? <laughs> no, but, but sometimes, like, there's people who, who are now, now dead, but everybody raves about them. Like but, but are you saying, but he, he wants you to, to live that life, not have been that person. Are you saying that if you chose Napoleon, you'd be Napoleon, but he'd be back to life, um, uh, walking around now on the bus, or he, he, you know, it'd be the, the 18th century, or what? What are you saying? Um, um, what, what I mean is, if... I'll just answer the question. Who would you be and why? It's someone you no, admire no, no. or you think had a good life. But, just answer the question. But what question. I mean is, it's good to be remembered, like Winston Churchill is remembered yeah. as being a decent bloke, but I wouldn't want the asshole that he had. So I don't want to live his life. Right. But it's good to be... You'd like to be Winston Churchill, but you'd like to have a paper round <laughs> instead of... Uh, uh, Saving the world. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I mean. But is he saying who would I want to, whose job would I oh, want to take on? It's not that complicated. The question is this: if he could be anyone in the world, who would Carl be? That's the question. That's all the information I've got. A lot of responsibility on a lot of jobs, isn't they? So, some of the names flowing through your head now. Um, I was thinking um, Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> I never expected that. I never expected that. So when he, what, so his responsibility in your mind is what? Saving uh, people who are trapped in a building with terrorists? Well, yeah, may maybe, you know, his, his worries are different worries. With, you know, people who have a lot of money come other worries. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So Bruce Willis, he's always going on these marches, isn't he, saying stop war and all that. I mainly because he's got, you know, he's got more... More to lose if there's a war. He's got loads of houses. One of them's going to get damaged. <laughs> Whereas if you're poor, you've got the one house. If there's a war, it's like, oh, just end it all for me then. I'm sick of it anyway. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Sure. So with, Whereas with, Bruce, yeah. With, with, with successful life and happy life, there's more for you to lose is what I'm saying. Right. Like, at the moment, because I've, I've, I've finished a job that's, uh, that I've been at for ten years, right? I've finished working there, so suddenly I've got... Me, me timetable's a bit out, and I haven't got enough of a routine, and I, I'm a man who likes to know what I'm doing. Right? Yeah. So now, suddenly... Five I, until seven, washing up, with no thumbs. <laughs> I, I like... I like... I, I've sort of turned into, like, an old person, where the little jobs that you shouldn't enjoy are now the main event. So but like, hold on, how old are you? You're 31, aren't you? 32. 32, and you're pottering around, <laughs> not knowing what to do with yourself. Well, like, yesterday... Suzanne Shoes needed uh, to go to the cobblers, right? <laughs> I haven't heard the word cobblers. I didn't even know cobblers still existed. I only ever see that in Christmas films made by Disney. Well, I had to go and do that, and that suddenly... Because last, last time you were going to the toffee shop... <laughs> yeah! 
And they go to the cobblers. Next week is the candlestick maker. <laughs> but all, all I mean is that suddenly is a nice little day out. I'm sort of putting my coat on, going, right, I'll go and, go and see the cobbler now yeah. and go and have a chat. Tell me about the cobbler. You didn't come back with three magic beans, did you? <laughs> no, the, the cobbler's, cobbler's all right. He's, you know, he's doing, you know, he's fixing cobbling. shoes and that. He's cobbling. Um, he's cobbling all day. Have I told you about uh, my Uncle Alf, who was a cobbler? No. I'm sure I told you about him. He's, he's the one who, um, he lived in like a, a bed set and he had two tellies. He had he had like one that that the sound didn't work on oh, and right. one that the picture didn't. But both together it worked. <laughs> oh, right, okay. So as long as he was watching the right the same channel on both, sound came out of one telly and he'd watch the picture on the other. Brilliant. And he slept in like a, a rubber dinghy. Right? <laughs> but but he was he Whoa, was, you can't just let that slide. Why do you sleep in a rubber dinghy? It's just like boats and stuff, and uh, sort of. <laughs> yeah, I like boats, but they're better on the water. Beds are better to sleep on. Boats are better to sail on. Well, he just he just had it in there. It's a bed set. It was really tight space. Boat set. He's got this. He's got it's this. He's moved into uh, a dinghy set. He's got this dinghy, so he's thinking, well, rather than it getting away, I might as well use it. Yeah. Right? But he was a he was a cobbler, and he he used to like repair like my shoes and that, right? Yeah. But he, he'd always sort of overdo them. Right, so, what do you mean? Like, um, <laughs> fancy. Do you know, like, pimp my ride on MTV? Yeah. Because he does up shoes, he'd go mental on them. What do you mean? There was a the stereo. Yeah. Well, no. There was it, horns. It, it, it's like, na, 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 na. Here comes Carl Pil- Stripes. Yeah, yeah. Here comes Mr. Pilkington. He's yeah. got the fastest shoes in the land. No, it just makes shoes that would last forever. So instead of putting like one sole on, he'd put about five on. So you, it looked like one of them built-up shoes. <laughs> that you never see. It just put loads of stuff on. They'd last forever, but they did. But they look like I, orthopedic I was, shoes. Yeah, yeah. It just like the suddenly I, I was like six foot seven. <laughs> whenever he'd sort of sorted my shoes out, but he's he's a cobbler, and you know it's work. That's that's always always there for you, isn't it? I uh, suppose so. So you went out with to 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 to, to take uh, Suzanne's shoes to the cobbler. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. So I just took them to the cobblers and that, and that that was a, like a nice little job for the day. Um... I got a leaflet through the door saying, you know, if you want to walk a dog, you know, the the rates are good. I don't know what they what they pay in that, but I got a little letter in my little letterbox saying, you know, if you if you're free in the day, what they pay you to walk pay, a dog, they pay you to walk a dog in that. And I thought if I do that and get a paper round, two in one. Sorry, you just went from a job, right, where you were the head of production at a radio station. Dare I say it on. I, I, can I discuss your... Uh, well, it was an alright wage, yeah. It was very good. But I wasn't happy, so it's pointless. No, I know that. But to go from the head of a department on a lot of money to walking dogs and doing a paper round, I, I don't know. I, no, but I, it's about being happy, isn't it? I know, but that's that's commendable if that's true, but... It, okay. And all that right. makes you happier? Well, I haven't, I haven't walked the dog yet, but I'm just saying if I do... I mean, I'm not taking it if it's raining... I'm just thinking, if it's a nice sunny day and I fancy a potter, I'll I'll go round to her and say, "Well, how much are you paying?" I'll take take the dog a walk. And sure, stuff. but I, I can't believe some of the words that have cropped up in this. It's, it's, it's 2006 now. Potter, cobblers, toffee shop. It it it's uh, it's very very strange. Do you live in Narnia? <laughs> the Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. Right, uh, a lot of people are sort of emailing in sort of brainy stuff. Brilliant. Right. Uh, which, you know, 
the more the merrier. I'm, I'm happy getting all this stuff, and if, if you know, it grabs my eye, I'll run it by you, and you can sort of tell me about it and that. And getting a lot of stuff about uh, philosophy. Oh, yeah. And all that. Um, Descartes, that's another one that's mentioned on an email. Descartes, yeah. the French philosopher. Yeah. What was, what was, what's your question? Well, he, he sort of cropped up on an email. Someone said, uh, what do you think of, of him? And I was like, oh, I don't know. He, um, uh, famously, he, he pondered his, his own existence. Uh, cogito ergo sum. I think, therefore I am. He was thinking about that. He was thinking, how do I know all this is true, everything around me? And he thought, uh, well, I can see it and I can smell it and I can hear it. And he went, oh, yeah, my senses can be fooled. I could be dreaming. And he thought, well, that's true, I could be dreaming. But if I'm dreaming, then at least I'm alive. At least I have some sort of consciousness. So if I'm even thinking about anything, uh, you know, I am, I exist. I think, therefore I am. Cogito ergo sum. But we don't need to know the Latin bit. Why is everyone always going back to Latin? It was ages ago. <laughs> Why is that language always been... And w were Latin people always in a rush? Because they seem to be like words for full sentences. Why couldn't they just set at the time and say what they want to say? <laughs> and it's just like, what, what was the rush? To teach Latin. What about Plato? Right, Greek. Right. Now, would you say he's he's a bright bloke? Yes, I would. I'd say he's a very, very bright bloke. Right, let me tell you this. Right, <laughs> if he's that bright, you know how he got killed? No. Got hit on the head by an egg. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell! Well, he's right. not, he's not so clever then, is he? That's what I'm saying. Ooh. What's the story with the egg? He was, um, he was on holiday or something, right? <laughs> and... <laughs> he was on holiday. In Greece, probably. He yeah. was at, he was having a walk about and a bird was flying over the over his um over sort of This over bird the beach. was what? A great orc? What what so, what size bird killed him a, with his was, egg? It was a big one, yeah. Was it? And and the way they used to crack well, an ostrich on a hang glider. The way they used to crack the eggs open to let the kids out, they used to drop them on rocks. <laughs> <laughs> what bird is this? Dropping its egg to let the kids out You're a maniac! <laughs> You are a maniac! And Plato had a little bald head. Right. So from the top, the bird's there looking down, and it goes, oh, there's there's a little rock, I'll drop the egg. Hit him on the head. Killed him. Now, this is what I was saying before about... I'm either... Well, I'm letting too much go now, because I'm so desensitised to his nonsense. I let him go. The bird saw Plato and said, there's a rock down there. Yeah. Well, if he's dropping... If these birds are killing people with bald heads, you've got to be terrified. So, but listen, this is what I'm saying, though, right? Before, about knowledge and that, our, our knowledge is, is hassle, or success is That's hassle. That's that, I, now, th I think that was Newton, <laughs> knowledge is hassle. Now, what, what, but why, why is, is Plato's intelligence got anything to do with the fact that this bird dropped it because, on head? Because he was intelligent, and he's probably earning a nice few quid yeah. by giving out whatever messages he gave out. Yeah. He could afford to go on holiday to exotic places. If he was working in a factory, he wouldn't have been on this beach with big birds dropping eggs, <laughs> is what I'm saying. So, in a way, it backfired. His knowledge killed him. And that, I think, was Kierkegaard, his knowledge killed him. That's, I mean, where you got this stuff about him being on holiday? Well, he, he was, he, he shouldn't have been on the beach. He was only there having a break or whatever from doing what he does. It wouldn't have happened if he wasn't on holiday. <laughs> A 
again, I can't remember which show this was that we were discussing this, but we talked about um, well-known phrases and um, quotes from the past. We talked about Benjamin Franklin. People have, uh, this is an email we've had saying, um, Carl, what do you take by the uh, well-known saying, a stitch in time saves nine. A stitch in time saves nine. Or oh, a stitch in time saves nine. Yeah. See, uh, it's another one that I don't, I don't think I've picked up on a lot of these sayings that are being sort of thrown about willy-nilly. Willy-nilly. Um, Willy-nilly. <laughs> <Willy nilly. laughs> okay. Willy-nilly. No, yeah. no, but I, I, again, it's one of them, like like last week, I've heard of it, but... But what I've does willy-nilly mean? Just sort of like throwing it about all over the place. What? What, what do you mean? But what someone said, what, what, does, what does the term willy-nilly mean? It just sort of means, you know, carefree. That's right, yeah. Okay, so but what good. does a stitch in time so save? So you understood willy nilly. So you used a phrase. Yeah, I mean, nice, you used it. I... You said it willy nilly. But um, uh, you you sort of got the gist of it. So what does a stitch in time saves nine mean? I I, I don't know. You what do you mean know. you don't know? Think about it. A stitch in time saves nine. Is it to do with sewing? Well, yeah, sort of. Uh, so if, it's not that clear. So it's if not... you got a, so if you got a jacket, yeah, and the seam starts coming undone. Oh, there's a little bit of seam. I'll leave it. Oh, it's getting worse and right, worse. Right. Soon your sleeve falls off. So you just need one stitch there. That'll do it. If you do it now, later you'll need nine stitches. And that, of course, uh, is an analogy to other things. If you leave something that, that that needs attention or repair, it'll get worse. So do it now. Do it in time. Yeah, they could have said a tile in so time saves nine on the roof. They just used a you know a sewing analogy. But it depends if you're busy at that point, because if you've, got, <laughs> if you've got something else that needs doing, that means that isn't being done because you're messing about putting something out of a hole in your coat, is what I mean. Yeah. You can't always do stuff straight away. So maybe, I don't know, I don't know if there's a, a, a sort of a middle ground where you don't have to do it straight away, but stitching... A stitch sometimes time, today. ...say in 15 or whatever, meaning yeah. you don't have to do it straight away, but just do it before it gets really bad. Brilliant. Do you think yours is less poetic than, than a stitch in time saves nine? So yours is, this is what you wanted to be a quote, right? Well, you could do it now, but if you're doing something else, then, uh, you know, look, well, don't do it immediately, but do it soon so it doesn't get really bad. Carl Pilkington. No, but it's the same, <laughs> that's the same way I treat most things in life. It's like, I never go to the doctor's. Unless it's really That is sensible. Bad. That is very good advice. No. That's brilliant advice well, for anyone is, listening. Never go to the doctors. Unless it's really bad. But that's why a lot of people, particularly working class people, you know, um, die because they don't want to bother the doctor or they're mildly embarrassed or they don't know, um, symptoms, bad symptoms. Go to the doctor if, 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 you, if you're not sure about something. Like you were terrified to go and have your prostate. Still not been. Not doing it. Why not? I wish you wouldn't talk about it, because now Suzanne will listen to this, and she'll go, oh, yeah, you haven't been, and start dragging it up again. But why are you worried about a, a little, uh, a, a qualified doctor? I don't know what they're doing up there. What? They what just pop the... What are we in? They... <laughs> what are you talking about? They pop their finger up. That's what I mean, though. Why? Well, it's 2006. Yeah. Why are they still using the index finger? <laughs> what, would you prefer the forefinger or the thumb, would no. you? No, what I mean no! is, we've got- Or a thumb on a stick, some kind of thumb on a stick, you- Yeah, you, would you prefer it to a be- A mechanical thumb, a robot good. thumb. Why isn't it just a little camera? Or something that- they, have, have, well, they put the camera up if, if they initially discover something. 
But just put the camera up straight away. If no, they don't the need to. They pop the finger up, feel that the prostate isn't swollen, and wiggle it around a little bit up your, uh, 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 up your back passage. They, what I are just, you worried I, about? I don't think the, the need to do are that. Are you embarrassed? Are you embarrassed about being in a room with your trousers around your ankles and a little fella popping A his... little bit, yeah. Why? And the other thing is, it's not just that, is it? So, <laughs> you go in there, they check your heart out and that, which to me is the most important thing, because that's what keeps you going, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Right? You've got to go there. You yeah. sat on the bus, stressing out, thinking, oh... In less than half an hour, I'm gonna have a finger up the arse, right? <laughs> what is the problem? And they go though? in, they check your heart, they probably <laughs> check your testicles and that. What's up with that? They check your testicles, yeah. That's yeah, but it's all building, and you, you've sat there going, "Oh, soon that'll that'll be happening." Yeah, and that's what puts me off. So if they just came round when you were asleep, <laughs> Suzanne just let them in and goes, "He's over there," right? Yeah. And they crept up and went, <laughs> "Bang!" You, you go, "What are you doing?" That? I just don't understand why they don't teach you how to do it yourself. How can they? <laughs> wow! How can they teach? Imagine you squatting in a corner with one hand on your bollocks and the other finger up the arse, going, "It seems to be all right." Carl, you don't understand the phrase "a stitch in time saves night." I don't think you should be doing any kind of invasive medical research in your own human body. But but then, who knows the... what trouble you're going to cause? No, but then at you least you would get stuck. Yeah, you would get stuck. Susanna, come out. Your fist would be up your own arse. <laughs> Okay, I think it's probably time. I've just let me just check my watch. Yeah, it's monkey news time. Oh, chimpanzee that monkey news, yeah. Right. Last week we talked about uh you know, the the one who who was who was good at getting up buildings and that for uh putting out fires and stuff, ended yeah. up working for the fire department. Yeah, not true, but sure. Yeah. But if uh, there was if the building had good grippage, he was right up there. Yeah, yeah. it's not true, but go on. So this week anyway, it's about it's more about tall buildings and stuff. Oh yeah. It was this bloke who was a builder. Oh yeah, right. and uh, you know what builders are like—they sort of move about, don't they? From from sort of building to building, just building. Right? Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> once they built it, the building's done, and they move on to they build some more. Building to building, just building, yeah. So he goes to his next job, and that right? Who does the builder? The builder. Yep. He goes to like the, the, the boss, the, new building. the boss of this building, who's building it. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> and he, and he says what unto him? Do you need anything building? <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. So anyway. So he says, uh, he says, yeah, yeah, there's plenty of work and that going about. Yep. He says, we're working on this one here. He said, uh, get going on it, like, there's your bricks and your cement and stuff, get on with it. Yeah. So the, so the- Any plans? So nah. the, so this- <laughs> Just build. Just, just start building. Yeah. Go up. They're getting on with it and stuff, it's all going well. Right? Yep. Um, but he notices that there's someone working eye up, oh. right, on, on <laughs> okay. the top bit. Sure. Because mm. do you know, like, there's girders and stuff on these big yeah. buildings. Yeah. And he's still building and, the bottom bit, and which he's is still, weird. Yeah, well, that's that's the, the way they, they do it there, apparently, just to sort of speed it up, work from top to middle, from top to bottom. Sure, that's, and that's where, that's in imaginary land. So we so put anyway. the spire on, and we better do the foundations, <laughs> yeah. and then put some stuff in the middle to keep it up there. So anyway, he's he's saying to, like, the other workers, he's going, What's, who's that up there? Who's that up like, there? He's, yeah. he's working on his own. The, what, the little fella, was he? And, the uh, little hairy fella up there. He's the little hairy fella up there with the top, uh, hard hat. And, and the other fellows are going, look, you know, don't ask questions, you know, the boss decides who he takes on, we're mm. happy to be getting paid here. Don't ask questions! Well, I'll see him when he comes down. So he said, well, he's, he's pretty impressive, you know, the, the work rate he's doing, the way he's getting from one girder to the other. <laughs> he Swinging, seem, is he? He doesn't seem to be scared mm. of the heights or anything, he said, no, just let him get on with it, you know, we work well as a team. 
So anyway. <laughs> what nonsense is so, this? So, oh, he believes all this. Yep. So he sees the boss and he goes, that fella up there, who's the fella up there? He's, he's pretty good. And he's like, look, you know, just get on with the job. Yeah, I'll pay you. Let's just all get on with our jobs. Like. <laughs> Lunchtime comes. They're all sat there, sat on the little wall, having the sandwiches. He's thinking he'll come down in a bit. He's yeah. just carrying on. Yeah. Is he? He's just still going? Still yeah. going on that, right? Mm. So the fella says to the boss man, he says, isn't that fella up there uh, going to come down and join us for lunch? He said, uh, "He said, like I said, mate, don't don't worry about him. Right? Yeah. He yeah, said, very secretive. I'm suspicious about this fella. I don't know, yeah, why, I don't know, why, said, I don't know why he's working through his lunch. I don't know why he's not scared of heights. And I don't know why he's swinging from girder to girder. It's weird. Go on. So he said, oh, anyway, you've reminded me that he's up there. He said, um, he's doing a lot of riveting and stuff up there. He probably needs some more nuts to... Uh, right, sure. And what kind of nuts is that? Is that nuts to food or... So he said, "What nuts?" He said, "Yeah, just uh, there's a bag full of them there. Just just put them on the hook, send them up, and he can get on with his job." So anyway, he picks these nuts up, nuts, right? yep. just hooks them on. He thinks they're not that heavy, no. considering you know. I mean, they're normally pretty heavy, aren't they? Like nuts and bolts nuts, and stuff. Yeah. So anyway, he has a little glance in. Oh no, what's in there? Nuts. What you mean, nuts that you can eat? Nuts that you can eat. Oh. Right? So they send the bag up, and he's thinking, "What's all that about?" He checks him out, starts to stare, works it out. You can see that. He's a little chimp running about, so he goes, I'm not happy with this. Why so, isn't he? Because he's working for an organisation that's, you know, there's unions for this sort of stuff. Isn't <laughs> is there? Yeah, he's not going, that's amazing. They've got a chimp riveting this building together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not scary. He's wondering if they're breaking union rules. <laughs> so he, he, go, he goes, half talk so he goes, shit, and with he the goes boss. to the boss and he goes, look, I've worked out what you're playing at here. Yeah. He said, all them out Is there. the boss sitting in a tyre? <laughs> He said, all oh, them lot out there might not be wise to what's what's going on here. He yeah. said, but I've, I've clocked it, and you're sending nuts up to it. It's a monkey, it's not on. So he goes, look, you know, we just all try to earn a living here. He said, uh, don't get involved in it. I'm happy to pay you, but I'm paying him. Don't don't interfere. He's paying him? And he's saying, look, I, I'm just not happy with this. It's it's not allowed. So the boss was saying, well... We pay honest, peanuts, mate, we get monkeys. He said, to be honest, mate, you know, uh, he, he's a great worker. <laughs> He's known for doing what he does. He's a good grafter. <laughs> if one of you's going to go, right, I'm afraid I'll have to let you go because he's, he's been here longer than that. Yeah. He was made redundant. None of that he happened. Was, he, was, he was laid off. None of that happened. He's laid off and that. And that's no. where that saying about, um, you know, like there's a lot of tower blocks and that in America. It's like, like the, the, the chimp off the old block is is where... <laughs> <laughs> so that's monkey news. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this uh, podcast. Who was it hosted by? It was hosted by a great bunch of guys called Positive Internet. They host the number one podcast in the world, The Ricky Gervais Show, with me, Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant, goodbye, and Carl Pilkington. The Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. Gervais show on Guardian Unlimited. Hello, welcome to the eighth in uh, this series of twelve podcasts, the Ricky Gervais show uh, with the Guardian. I'm Ricky Gervais. Hello, with me Stephen Merchant. Hello, uh, and Carl Pilkington. All right. So, thank you again for all your emails. Um, we're getting thousands. We 
We're up to about a quarter of a million hits a week now, people listening to this show. Blimey. A quarter of a million people bothering to go in and listen to this show. Nothing else in their lives. Nothing All around the world. To do. It's unbelievable, though. North America, uh, Asia, South America, all over Europe, um, and, uh, and thanks to everyone in England as well, um, where we do it from in a little room in London. Keep going to rickygervais.com and registering, uh, so when we finish these 12, we can email you when we come back and start again. We're gonna need a, a little bit of time off to, um, record the second series of extras. Well, I'll tell you more than that, Rick. You're going to need some time off just to have a little breather, because I know how hard you work. Uh, and, and you, mate. Well, thanks, mate. But, I mean, you blinking work hard. But and Carl's been on holiday again, hasn't he? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because, Carl, you, you don't do anything. And you have weekends off. You take at least five or six weeks holiday a year, even though you haven't got a job now. You're meant to be doing this. And yet you still so go... So your whole life's a holiday, basically. Yeah, why do you need a holiday? To, you, you, you potter around... You, you, your, big, your big day last week was going to the cobblers. So... Why do you need a break so much this oh, week? It's, it's just that, you know, it's it's good for your brain and that, isn't it? It's, it's, it opens well, it up a bit. You are not evidence for that. Where did you go? Grand Canaria. For a week? Yeah. Just sitting around? Um, well, there isn't much else to do at Grand Canaria. I mean, I don't want to go slagging a place off because every time I seem to talk about somewhere, get into trouble for it. Right. But it's just a like a big rock. It's Brilliant. just vol volcanic, in it? It's and you must have looked like a, a little barnacle on that. Have you been there before? Um, been been near it before to another rock, which was just. But what you had your fingers burned? Why did you go back? Because you think, well, they can't have loads of these islands that are the same, like just a big rock with hotels on. They can't get away with it. So you <laughs> think <laughs> they well, obviously the next are one... getting away with it. <laughs> but why why do you keep going to these places that are rocks? Why don't you investigate first? Ask your travel agent. Is this a giant rock? Because because that's what you do, isn't it? You go and find out yourself. I mean, <laughs> when when Armstrong went to the moon, what was he expecting up there? That's a fact that it's a big rock. And he still went all that way. <laughs> I don't so, know what so, that point was. No, so what, so what I'm saying is, though, sometimes... It, tell, it, us it, about the, tell us about the moon landing. What, as you started it, what do you know about that? You Because, know, I mean, so far you've given us a lot of insight into into the uh, the moon landing. So there was Armstrong. There was uh, there was Armstrong and that. Yeah. There was a um, fella called Buzz. Yeah. And another bloke. Yeah. Poor bastard. Yeah, never remembered. <laughs> yeah, go on. And, uh, they went up there, got out, two of them did. One of them didn't bother. The one whose name, don't know who he was. Didn't even get out to stretch his legs right. Went all that way. They had a potter about, had a wander, came back again. Yeah. So, that's all you need to know, isn't it? Yeah. And in your opinion, pointless? Um, to me, yeah. But to them, I'm sure they had a good time, and that's what I'm saying. Sometimes you just take the risk, don't you? Go and visit a place. Make up your own mind. And so, you, what do you make of this place? you enjoy it, Grand Canaria? It was just a big rock, but did you... you I bet you... the moon was better. Really? <laughs> what did you do? It was just, uh, you know, it's one of them... It's big hotel, which is... Um, that's where I made a mistake. It was one of those, like, big, massive places where there's loads of people... And you know, you go for your dinner. That describes a hotel. Yeah. No, no, no. no. You've nailed that. But I've been to a few, that sounds like it. No, but <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean, though? There's the sort, there's the nice small ones where mm. it's just enough people, but this is like mental. And and it was all, it was it was full of old people, really. Ugh. I mean, that's, that's probably why it's called Grand Canaria, right? Because it's just Grand old people. Everywhere. Yeah, right. But what I thought I'd start doing is uh, start a diary. Okay, why? Just because. I, I sort of had a bit of time on my hands and that. Just thought, 
write it down, write, write stuff down. And do you hope that this one day will become one of the great literary documents like Samuel Pepys' diary? Um, I haven't heard of that. Is it any good? <laughs> You've never heard of Samuel Pepys' diary? No, the, the, the most the, famous diary uh, other than probably Anne Frank's. I've heard of Anne Frank's and that, and I thought if she's sat in a, you know, a loft, knocking stuff up, not much going on in her life at that point, yet sure. she was still writing it down. Yeah, whereas you've been to Grand Canaria, yeah. I thought, so there is stuff going on that I can chat about. Start a diary. Sure. You started a diary? Yeah. And what are you going to do? You, did you did you keep it up every day? Yeah, just, uh Oh, can I read it, please? Well, a diary's meant to be sort can, of... Please, can I read some out on this podcast? I... Carl! Some of it, though, is only relevant to me. It's sort of Oh, going... this is... Please, give me it. Oh, my God. I mean, this isn't... I haven't just... Look so... how big it is! <laughs> <laughs> it's oh one of those God. desk diaries. It's huge. It's about a foot long. And it's... Ma Oh, that is amazing. Imagine if Anne Franks had been like that. As she got out, <laughs> right, uh, everyone would have heard it clanked down on the desk. Yeah, but my writing's quite big, isn't it? Oh, look, give us oh, that. Do give you us know, that. Do you know about joined up writing? Have you this heard about is that? No amazing. Point. Sometimes you can't read it, can you? So it's best right, okay. to look oh, at, look at oh, look, oh my God, it starts on the first day. This is this is wonderful. Going on holiday to Grand Canaria today. Woke up to the news that Tony Banks had died. There was a piece of on the news about how everyone was shocked. Got me thinking about an invention that would be good. Right, a, a watch that counted down your life. If it says you've got three days left, <laughs> go to the doctors. <laughs> <laughs> Told Suzanne about invention. She said she wouldn't buy one, but she said that about the iPod. How uh, and how would this device work? This watch. I mean, how would you uh, how would you know when you were about to die? Have you, is that a concern? Again, not for you to worry about, presumably the boffins and the No, all I was thinking is that Tony Banks fella, you know, he died and everyone was shocked about it. But if you had like a little watch on. But how does it, well, you can't just say, wouldn't it be good? How, how would this work? Yeah, um, I imagine you in the patent office going, got an idea. They go, oh, certainly, yeah, Mr. Bogdan, what's your idea? Watch that counting down your life. Oh, how does that work? Just, just, wear well, it, just pop it on your wrist. No, 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 what do you mean? Just pop it on your wrist. How does it work? Just pop it on your wrist. Brilliant. You're an idiot. Well, it's interesting that he goes on. The flight to Gran Canaria was a bit bumpy. I thought about the clock that counts down your life again, and I wondered if it would know if you were going to die in a disaster. <laughs> uh, now, <laughs> he's querying his own, his own his He's life. wondering yeah. if it would know. He's invented this. <laughs> and now he's not even shot. A fellow on the plane was reading Koi Mag. It was a fishing magazine. I glanced over and noticed he was reading the Pond of the Month article. Don't think they could make it into a weekly magazine. Well, to be fair to you, I because I remember seeing a guy on the train once reading Carp Monthly, yeah. a magazine do dedicated entirely to carp, and it had it had Carp of the Month, and I just thought, you know, once you're like three months in, the editor must be stressing. Have we got any more carp? Have we got a carp that's actually done anything? That's I reckon if they used the same one twice, there wouldn't be many complaints. No one would be noticing. No, that, well, that's the carp they used two years ago. There was a really fat bloke on the plane. He yeah. was playing on his PSP while I waited to go to the toilet. I looked at what game he was playing. It was darts. He's that fat and lazy, he can't even face playing a more active game on a games console. <laughs> Me and Suzanne got off the coach along with a couple of old people. One of them was in a wheelchair. I don't think it was wise of them to come to a volcanic island with a wheelchair. <laughs> Everywhere's pretty rough, paving and slopey. Guess I'll keep an eye on it as the weeks go on. Day two in Gran Canaria. Brilliant, we're only at day two. The hotel's a bit odd. I've never seen as many cross-eyed people in one location. <laughs> That's oh, an 
That's amazing! Well, you may as well let me read on a bit more. But this is amazing. This is a brilliant diary. This might be the best diary ever written. Oh. While sat listening to the kinks on my iPod, I wondered if everybody thinks in their accent. I know I do. What's what's this? What are you talking about? Just, just that, uh, you know, when I, when I've been sat there lying on the lounger, right? And I was thinking about stuff. How do you know you think in your accent? Tell me a typical thought. Because, because what I mean is, say, say if I was like, if I saw something, right? Do you know how I say like, oh, that's a bit weird, isn't it? That, no, but that was I don't have said. to. But in I, when you think, I don't think the sentence is like I'm saying it. It's just a thought. The thought appears. It's conceptual, and it's already there. It's not like um, I go, Rick, what? Just uh, looking at a fellow over there, were you? Yeah, I was. Yeah, um, I was thinking it looks a bit weird. Oh, so was I. I don't. I don't think out whole sentences. Whereas you have Carl. Carl. Li- Carl. Stop listening to the kinks for a minute. Look over there. More. More cross-eyed people. <laughs> no, well, that's yeah. That's is that how your of... mind works? In a way, yeah. And Brilliant. that's when it, because, because <laughs> I thought. That explains a lot. <laughs> it's great that he has to think about whole sentences. Because I thought, that's weird, isn't it? Like, I didn't think, that's weird, isn't it? And I no. thought, I actually think in my accent. And then I thought, does Stephen Hawking, does he, when he's doing his maths and that, hmm. is he, I don't know where he's from, so I don't know what his accent would be like. I think he's from, uh, Kent or Cambridge or Oxford. Right. Or so, so you think he might think in his in, in his, his voice in that yeah. in that voice in computerized voice. Just wondered. Had lunch inside today due to shite weather. Sat next to an old fella. Old men's ears and noses carry on growing as they get older. Suzanne noticed his fingers were fat too. Maybe they continue to grow. Suzanne didn't laugh when I said her arse had the same problem. <laughs> day three, cloudy start to the day. Had pie and chips in a cafe. Had a bit of an argument with Suzanne because I thought it was daft that we were paying for food when we were on an all-inclusive holiday. Changed my mind when I saw the... They sold pie, though. (laughs) The cafe was called Tattoos. The fellow who owned it didn't have any tattoos. But we never saw his wife. (laughs) 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 Oh, brilliant. Had a drink in a bar. Everyone sat and watched one of the local cats lick its bollocks. (laughs) Back to the hotel and had a sleep before tea. I love the fact you're like you're moaning about old people, but you're just as bad. <laughs> he's done nothing so far. <laughs> he's done nothing. He's got a hip. <laughs> oh God, God. <laughs> uh. Woke up to news about ducks being badly treated. There was a really ugly one with bent legs. <laughs> I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. Why does he write this down? Oh God. Oh. There is a fat bloke from Bolton who is in the pool as I write this. He's got a big tattoo on his back, but I can't work out what it is. Dot, dot, dot. He just got out of the pool and burped. You just felt like you had to keep us abreast of that. <laughs> Everything's in the diary. I've just seen it get to the point where you're going, breathed in, <laughs> yeah, breathed out again. There was a big fat fella in the sea who kept his T-shirt on. If you're big and fat, is there more chance of you getting burnt because there's more of you on show? I asked Suzanne, and she said she didn't know in that sort of not listening kind of way. <laughs> I wanted to hang about to see if the fat bloke was going to get in the kayak, <laughs> but Suzanne, <laughs> Suzanne said we had a head back. <laughs> Just let him wait in to see if he's going <laughs> to capsize. <laughs> we go home today, so we got up early to get the last bit of cloud. <laughs> 
No, it's, it's just that it wasn't. Uh, it, it's it's not that sunny all the time. I mean, I, I was sat in in weather that if it was like that here, there's no way I'd be sat in the garden. <laughs> But yeah. because you're on holiday, it's like, well, we've got to sit in it. Put your coat on. So are you going to continue to write this diary? Every yeah, single day? It's amazing. Keep this diary up. It's no, amazing. I, I, no, I will. I will keep it up. Because what I find as well is, I think earlier on, before I went away, I think I did learn something. And because I wrote it down, I, I remembered it a bit um, better. So... What was that? I just was thinking then, I forgot it now, but <laughs> but I remembered looking back at it and not having to read it all, because I remembered the end of it before I read it, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I've no idea what you're talking about. Well, if you've enjoyed uh, um, the diary of Carl Pilkington, um, more next week, I hope, another week's worth. That's amazing. I'm going to try and get that published. We'll put the, uh, the odd page up on the uh, web. Go to rickygervais.com. Don't forget to register there as well so we can email you and let you know uh, what's happening. Brilliant. The Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. Rick, who hosts this podcast? The guys at Positive Internet. Why? Now you, I know you're a big fan of those guys. Yeah, because they're brilliant. Well, they are, and they tell you they're working overtime. Because we've had an email from Jake, who's the director at Positive Internet, and apparently he's been in touch with uh, the editor of the Guinness World Records book. All right. Um, and he's hoping to see if we can get this podcast in the uh, Guinness World Record breaking section or the podcast world record record breaking section or whatever they call it i don't know exactly what record we've broken i assume it's just sheer number of listeners is it or, or yeah, being the number the, one? yeah it's the number one podcast and it's the biggest downloaded show ever at the moment right um i think that's because people have only had podcasts for a couple of years yeah so i don't know i mean i don't know when the next issue comes out i guess it's sort of december time i used it? to get the guinness book of records every year I, I I love it. I've never understood why it was such a big seller. I mean, presumably, who's excited to find out whether, you know, I don't know, a man that can balance three egg cups on his head has beaten the record? Well, the they're real year. records as well, obviously. I, I used to go straight for that. I really loved the sort of uh, animals fastest, strongest, all that sort of thing, biggest. But aren't they know? the same every year? Well, well, no, they do change. And obviously, there's there's new entries to, to keep it exciting. Um, but what annoys me is that you, I, it looks like anyone can get in if you're willing to do something that no one else will bother with. Yeah. I, I did one on Big Brother where it was the um, uh, stacking sugar cubes. And I was mm. thinking, well, no one's going to bother beating that. No. There's people that um, uh, walk along with a milk bottle on their head. And no one's going, oh, I'm a bit jealous of Bill. Why? He's broken the record. What? For walking along with a milk bottle on his head? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go into training tomorrow. They're ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but I do like the, you know, the, the real ones. There was one in there I, I got on a couple of years ago, and uh, it was about um, uh, disasters. And there was one where there was some um, big ornamental incense burners at this thing in, um, I think, uh, Thailand or, or Korea or somewhere. And uh, they fell over. And they killed seven of the congregation. And the headline was Biggest Jostic Disaster. <laughs> now, again, there's no one trying to beat no. that. There's no one going, we need eight. Yeah. We need eight people. We're going for it tonight. Uh, what do I have to do? You have to stand quite near those big jostics. Okay. okay. And what record am I breaking again? Um, we'll tell you after. Also, I think a lot of people waste their energy on this because there's one guy in there that can do the 100 metres in 11 seconds running backwards. And I want to say to him, turn round. Because I think you'd be fast forwards. You know, yeah, if you'd have only, yeah. from the age of 10, sort of, you, you, you might be, you know, one of the fastest runners in the world. Because you're never going to be considered one of the great athletes for doing that. No backwards. one knows about him. That's not going to ever be an Olympic sport, no. running backwards. No. Or, uh, well, um, another 100 metres. Oh, 
one of them's putting a milk bottle on his head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is one to watch. There yeah. was a guy in there, um, I've always been fascinated by the guy, he had, um, the world's longest fingernails. And they were truly extraordinary. And they, and they, they, they went out and they started to curl around, obviously. And in the end, they almost looked like sort of a, you know, there was a big spiral of right. gnarled old fingernail. But I just thought, it just seemed like such a terrible affliction, really, to be walking around, you know, with, with these giant fingernails. Well, so much you can't do. Just missing out on, you know, Jeff, you come in bowling? I can't. You yeah. know, just so many different things that you've been I've never quite understood who's willing to, to have this eat into their life. You know, it's going to take over their whole life just so they can have their photo in this book. It seems a very bizarre impulse. Carl, have you ever been tempted by any world-breaking attempts? Do you find them fascinating or futile? Um, I mean, you don't get, you don't get paid or anything, do you? No. They and do it for the pride. Well, say like the fella who can run with a milk bottle, could he, could he get a milk round? And <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, I, I can understand that if if you can use the skill, yeah. but like you say, if it's uh, if it's getting in the way of your life and that, then what, what's the point? There was yeah. a kid at school who said, I've, "I'm in the Guinness Book of Records." I went, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." He said, "No, I am, I am, I am." And he brought it in, and it. Now I don't know if this is a valid claim. He, he claimed to have been in the audience for what, in this particular edition, was labelled, you know, the largest audience ever for a sporting event, some giant Super Bowl game in America, oh, and right. he claimed to have been in the audience. Now, does that, does, do you think he, he, he deserves to say he's in the Guinness Book of Records? Just well, as, mm. sort of. I think that's a lot. As it was the largest audience ever, I think a lot of people can claim yeah. that one. I mean... If I he think... wanted to get a name check on doing that, he would have been best saying, I was sat in the audience in a bath of beans. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. then that, that would add to, the, <laughs> yeah. to it, and you yeah. get a little, you know, they'd have you in the picture, wouldn't they? So... <laughs> he's Mr. Trick, that way. Yeah. The Ricky Gervais Show, on Guardian Unlimited. Harry from Canterbury wants to know whether any of us have ever had any cruel nicknames. Um, he claims that he's uh, quite tall and rather hirsute, and he says he's often called Lurch or Wolfie. Um, he's always thought that Carl looks a bit like Mr Potato Head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, there's no potato that round, but... Um... I suppose you could fashion a potato to be that round. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we could, if anyone can uh, carve a potato into the roundest head ever, yeah. pop a couple of eyes on it. Make um, it look as much like Carl as possible. Exactly. But yeah, did any nicknames? Did you ever have a nickname, uh, Rick? No, mine was boring. I didn't have any. It was just around the name, like Jerv or something like that. No, I didn't have nicknames. I always wanted a nickname. Um, I just thought it was quite cool for some reason, particularly because gangsters always seem to have nicknames. Lefty. You know, fingers. Yeah. Lefty, yeah. Uh, Scarface. Yeah. And so I, I decided that I thought, because no one was giving me a nickname at school, it was kind of annoying, or certainly not to my face, yeah. that I decided to just come up with one. Yeah. And so I went, I remember I was at lunch once, and I just said to my mate Phil. How old were you? Uh, 12, 13. Brilliant. I just said to him, uh, Phil, um, don't know if you know, mate, but um, people aren't calling me Steve anymore. Everyone's, everyone's calling me Spud now. Now, I don't know why I thought Spud, it's weird we should talk about Mr. Potato Head, I don't know why I thought Spud was a, was a cool nickname, I just sort of, I think it's, it's a grown-up it, name though, isn't it? And it's also because I think it sounded like, uh, it was probably either something that you'd find in one of those kids' books, like the Famous Five, or like the Bash Street Kids, they'd be Spud, and I always imagine with Spud, he's not the leader of the gang, but he's a reliable member. I think you know Spud I mean? is the biggest lorry driver in one yeah. particular sort of uh, car park, Yeah, here comes Spud. Yeah. And he gets out, all right, boys. And he's big and massive. And he, a spud can eat two breakfasts. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But I just, in my mind, it was, yeah, that I would be one day part of a gang. And it's, I'm Pinky, this is Jojo, and the tall guy's spud. And you know, catch on, never really it? caught. And he just went, oh, yeah, right. And no one started. And I was hoping he'd go, you know, everyone's calling Steve Spud. 
Yeah. But of course- Hey, Spud. The first time I said Spud, you go, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'd be really proud, wouldn't you? <laughs> but, um, but I think that it, it, it kind of, actually in a way, it probably revealed that I just was probably not in people's thoughts enough. To, to get to get for the nickname to catch on, you know, because you sort of yeah, need I, to be a real player in the I school. I think you should have gone something more memorable. I mean, I'm not saying in dog load freak or anything. What? Uh, what? No, no, just uh, well, no, no, it's good, no, it's good advice, fatty. <laughs> <laughs> fatty, fatty, pop That's belly. the problem. I wasn't fat at school, and I suppose Carl didn't have a round bald head at school, did you? Uh, well, no, you, no. <laughs> did you have a nickname? Um, not not really. I mean, there was a lot of people on the estate that I grew up on. You know, nicknames are, are big things on estates and that. Yeah. Um, a lot of my dad's mates, right? What what their nicknames did was tell you about them. Do you know how I said about the Elephant Man's a good name? Yeah. Because, like, you know what you're going to get. If someone said, Elephant Man's popping around in a bit, it wouldn't <laughs> be a shock when he walked in. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, so it, was, it worked in that sort of uh, sort of thing, you know. So there was, uh, there was John the Screw, right? John the Screw? Yeah. Whether he had sex or not or he worked in a prison? No, he had a DIY shop. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you had him, right? right? There was, uh, <laughs> there was Fred the Veg. Yeah. Which is, yeah. I assume it's because he was at the same IQ as you. Yeah. Or, or, or he was in a coma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. There was, there was, uh, there was my uncle, Tattoo Stan. Oh, right. Yeah. He had, he had like loads of tattoos that he'd just done himself. Oh my right. God! The the problem was because he did his tattoos himself. <laughs> the ones on his left arm were really good because <laughs> he was right-handed. On his right arm, rubbish. Right? Um, so so there was him. Oh, great! And there was um, Jimmy the Hat. Jimmy the Hat. Yeah. Did and he that, always wear a hat? No, he didn't. That that's that was the point there. That he he never wore a hat. That's amazing. Brilliant. How can you pick up on someone never wearing a hat? How would you ever notice? I'll tell you what, I've noticed something about Jimmy. What? Go on. He doesn't wear a hat. <laughs> why, why was he not called Jimmy the Parrot? Because he, he never carries a parrot. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's just the way, I mean, that's how they work, isn't it? I mean, here, that, that here comes Jimmy Three Legs. Why'd you call him that? He hasn't got three legs. I didn't really have one apart from, um, like, I had a CB. You know, like when you'd go on a CB radio and have a chat to people. Oh, this was a craze in the, uh, was it late 70s, early 80s? Sort of early 80s. And, uh, it was just short band radio, wasn't it? Everyone had these little handsets and they'd speak to each other in the sort of local area. Yeah, it was mainly, I think it started off with like Lorry drivers, isn't it? Yeah, truckers, yeah, because there was that, that thing from like about 1970... Convoy. Whatever, it was Convoy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so I had one of them and my handle, I had, I had two handle different Handle means your nickname, your yeah, name. Yeah, there's loads of code, code stuff. Yeah. Um, I had, I had a couple, I had, um, there was Pilkey 01, because right. like I said, there's a lot of Pilkingtons and that. In Manchester, so I just thought, give it a number. If someone wants Pilkey O2, it's open. Do you know what I mean? They can have it. And then, um. <laughs> that, is, that is people scrabbling for, oh, yeah. I, want <laughs> I want a Pilkey O1. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, because I did boxing and that. Well, you did it once. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd, uh, I'd box a boy. Because I thought that that's quite a good image as well. That's kind of like people going, oh, don't mess with him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If he asks what your handle is, tell him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's a boxer boy and that. Yeah. So. Just had them too, and I used to just go on there and. Pointless. What is the point of this? Well, you just you just meet people, don't you? And you so don't meet people. You say, "What's your handle?" You're a box boy. What's yours? Uh, uh, rubber duck. All right. Cheers. No, it's but ridiculous. then but then you'll say like, then you go, "Oh, uh, what's your twenty? What's that mean? That's where are you? Well, why don't you say where are you? 
because just in case there's someone who's listening in who who you know you hear about this all the time, don't you? People listening, jotting stuff down. All oh, right. So just in case someone in the world doesn't know what handle means, that they're, they're out of the loop. They're yeah. out of the loop. It's hardly the. It's not a difficult code to crack, is it? Yeah. If you're trying to track someone. It's hardly the head of the mafia talking to each other because the FBI are on the wire. It's ridiculous. Like I go, oh, he keeps saying that. What's your handle? And they come back with something else. I, <laughs> I can't work out what's going on. No, it's like it's like anything, isn't it? That's what codes. That's what you know, that's what codes are all about, isn't it? You, Set them up in that. Go on and tell me, tell me the code then. Reveal it long last to the world what yeah. these codes are. Right, so yeah. what's your 20? Where oh, are you? This is better than the Enigma. Yeah. Right, now here we go. Right. How many candles are you burning? Uh, does that mean how big's your car or something like that? Horsepower or something? See? No, that's, that's oh, how old Oh, what are you? time is it? No, how old are you? What, how old are you? Okay. Right. right. Uh, how many candles are you burning, of course? Yeah. So what the, what's the answer come back? You go, uh... I'm 15. 14. Brilliant. That code, <laughs> that code, there's no one gonna work that out. There is no one gonna work that one out. So let's just play through this conversation. This is, is it, give us an example of how it worked. Right, so, um, so, so, you, you turn it on and that, and, and you start off, and, uh, there was something that you said at the start, like, uh... Hello! Just, do you break a breaker. Yeah, break a breaker, do you copy, or whatever. Yeah. Then someone will go. What does yeah. copy mean? No, what his me, name was? Because I want to hear the fascinating conversations that Carl must have had. Yeah. And you go, uh, all right, it's a boxer boy, yeah. What's your goes, twenty? What's your twenty? And you go, well, just uh, I'm in Manchester. In, in the flat. Oh, right. And right. you go, all right, yeah. How many candles are you burning? Oh. You go, oh, I'm thirteen. Oh. <laughs> so and that's uh, the end, is it? Then you sort of, then you might sort of uh, say, what, what, uh, what was it? it was something like, what, what am I burning? Right. He's in burning again. Confusing, but you're on, yeah. Why am I burning? <laughs> <laughs> the bacon, because I'm busy talking to you, you twat. That's like, what's my power? What what uh, what strength am I coming in at? Oh, yeah. Because then you can tell if they're quite close to you. So if you're yeah. getting someone burning a one... Well, you've told them. you said, wait, what's your 20? You go, I'm, I'm in Macclesfield Street. Yeah, but oh, then, right. But then you wonder go, where they are. We've just told you. <laughs> I yeah, know far away they are. But then you go, oh, that's interesting, because uh, you're burning, f you know, burning three. I don't normally get a three. <laughs> <laughs> the least interesting hobby oh, you know could what I, ever do. I wish you'd have kept a diary of this, because this has been fascinating. <laughs> now and again, someone will come in and go uh, side on, right? What's that mean? And that means, like, there's someone sat there listening into this Ooh. chat and going, this sounds interesting. Yeah, no, it does Unlikely. Yeah. And they, they want to join in, so they sort of go side on, you go side on, bring it in, right? And they go, all right. <laughs> How many candles are you burning? <laughs> yeah. Once What's your that, 20? That's the round again. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. What's your 20? How many <laughs> yeah. candles are you burning? Oh. And, I mean, it seems to me that what you should have done is make, made a note the first time so that when you then speak to them again, you don't need to ask them those questions. <laughs> Can I just confirm that you're burning 15? <laughs> It's that time again. Do the jingle. Ow! Monkey you! Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do a really good one. Though. Okay, good. Okay. Oh! Chimpanzees! Monkey news! Yeah. Right. You know, it's it's nearly time for the Winter Olympics again. Okay. Is it? Okay. They sort of come round every four years. Is it this year? Is it? Yeah. And uh, the 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 last one that happened four years ago. Yeah. There was a there was a bit of an incident. Oh no. Oh, well, I'd know about this then, because it would be... Well, it'd be well, big news, because it's a well-known... It's a well-known well as well. Yeah. It's, uh, Do you remember any winners that were monkeys? 
in any of the no, tournaments. Of course no, not. No, so yeah. so it's anyway, not going to be that because it wouldn't be true. Oh, yeah. So anyway, one one of the uh, popular events, um, bobsleigh. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, it you know it works. Well, you it's need like four men. Is it four men or five? Four men. It's four. Yeah. So it's definitely four men that you need. Needs on four men. Team. Is it and two and there's two team bobsleigh. But well. they're always men. Is that right, Rick? Well, that, well yeah, they have to be. Yeah. Anyway, human, so human humans. Well, that's be humans. Yeah, yeah it's okay. the Winter Olympics for. Yeah, so, so, let me just clarify. With the Winter Olympics, you can't have any animals taking part. No, and they, and they also, well, no, because they, they wouldn't be allowed in two. There's no way they could disguise it, because not only would they see it straight away, right, but they have blood tests. <laughs> right, okay. So, which would show up. So they definitely know if it was well, a, blood a tests. non-human. It's impossible. It would be literally impossible to have anything other than a human taking involved part. in a bobsleigh team. Fine, okay, so carry on. So anyway, this this country, I don't want to name them, because they try to shake off this, this sort of, you know, this bad news. Oh, yeah, and you don't know. And it's not true. Yeah. So anyway, the, the the country was doing really well in the qualifying stages. Oh yeah. But the problem was there was there was like two members mm. who were getting all like the press and stuff. Oh right, yeah. And one of them never got a look in, right? How tall was he? <laughs> anyway, so this one member was getting fed up because the the other two were getting all the press and what have you. So he said, I, "I'm not happy with this. Yeah. I'm jacking it in." Oh. So they were like, "You're joking? We've we've qualified. We're getting into like the main." race and everything. Mm. You can't leave us now. And he said, well, you could do it all on your own before, you know, you, the way you were acting and that, you didn't yeah. need me, so I'm going. Mm. So they were like, oh. Well, they, they need to replace him because there's a certain amount of people needed. So uh, so anyway, so the clock's ticking, it's getting close to the big race and everything. Of course it is, yeah. They're like, what, what are we going to do here? The substitute right? they took with them. What are they going to well, do? Have, yeah. yeah, they would take the substitute, so get no, him they didn't, they didn't. they didn't have any of them and that, it's, you know, a lot of injuries and stuff. Well, just get a mate to do it, just get a mate or a friend yeah, or, or the coach to do it, yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of responsibility on these people and, you know, <sighs> you won't want to let your country down and that, and they were like, what are we going to do? Get a waiter or anyone Anyway, the, the time comes to the race, seems to be three people on it. There appears to be three, okay, yeah. Um, they start off, they're whizzing around the track faster than normal, they, they're beating their old records. Right, amazing. Because the new fella they've got, a little bit smaller. Ah! Oh. Right, is he in, so is he in the bobsleigh, or is he pushing? He's, he's in it. Oh, right. Okay. Right. He's wearing a uniform and a helmet, though, he's we can't see what he looks on, like. He's got the kit face. on, um, nobody knows who he is, but the country's do. loving it. Of course they They're are. like, well, it looks like we're gonna break all our records, you know. Good, it's good that they found someone new. Yeah. Bet the other fella who left is, is sort of kicking himself, thinking, oh, I could've been part of this. Anyway. This wasn't a bloke that had very short legs and long arms, was it? Anyway, what happened is, they're whizzing round the track and what have you. Faster than ever, yeah. Faster than ever, and the press are like going, beating all records here. They mm. started taking photographs. <gasps> lot of flashing. Lot of flashes from the cameras and stuff. Right, of course. Suddenly, the bobsleigh goes a bit, sort of, mental, and whizzes off, off the track, right, into like all the tyres and stuff. That they have for protective. Oh, uh, they love tyres, don't they? Bobsleigh members. <laughs> some of them you can. Some uh, sometimes you can find them swinging in one, or maybe eating a banana. Ambulance comes rushing over and stuff. The other two members are looking pretty nervous for some reason. Mm. Oh, what are they doing? They're saying, "Look, um, don't take the helmet off because you know you can do more damage to the." the well, neck. don't tell the paramedics how to do it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> they know their job. Yeah, they know yeah, their yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. So Please, they were like, yeah. "Just, just you know," and plus, you know, he doesn't. He, he came in at last minute to help us out. He doesn't want everyone to know who he is. He's, yeah. he's not after the limelight. Yeah. Like some of the members we used to have, but he just, yeah. he just was helping his country out. Yeah. Leave the helmet on. Anyway, they get him in the ambulance and stuff. The other two are looking a bit worried and what have you. They oh. gutted. They lost the race. The little bloke is the bloke not saying anything. Is he not? He's he's in the ambulance now. Is he not saying anything though? Anyway, word got out 
right, from one of the ambulance mm. drivers a few weeks down the line, once all the dust had settled on the Olympics and stuff, and mm. light news day and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it was reported that one of the ambulance drivers said that, that on that on that sort of dreadful night, when, you know, the country lost out on a medal in the bobsleigh, he sort of reported that there was a monkey in the back of the ambulance. People were like going, ah, you're joking, I don't remember you? this, I don't remember this he, at all. Not, he, Well, this is it, you see, because he sort of swept it under the carpet oh, a little bit. Right. They were like, this bullshit. is crazy talk, bullshit. This, this bullshit is crazy again. talk. Once talk, absolute shit. Where'd this you is, get this, this from? This is crazy talk, right? It is but, crazy talk, and it's from the mouth of Carl Pilkington. And, and, but the, but the weird thing is, that backed it up. Well, following week, um, there was a story of some people who visited the zoo, saw a chimp in a neck brace. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that's this week's monkey news. Bollocks. Well, that's the end of another podcast. Um, thanks very much from me, Vicky Gervais, with me, Stephen Merchant. Uh, goodbye. And Carl Pilkington. All right. And thanks again to those guys at Positive Internet who host this podcast, the world's number one podcast. Um, we'd also like to congratulate Steve Carell from uh, the American office, um, who won a Golden Globe. Yes, well, congratulations, Steve, and obviously everyone involved with the American office. And um, <clears throat> for our American listeners, if you haven't checked out the American office on NBC, it's dynamite. It really is a cracking show. I don't know if you're a fan of the original, but if you are, or even if you're not, just watch it. It's great. It gets better and better week by week. It, it's, it's absolutely hilarious. it's absolutely brilliant. That's uh, NBC. I think that's Thursday nights, isn't it? After My Name is Earl. That's got to be the first time a Golden Globe has been won by two different people for the same character. I think you're probably right, mate. Cheers. Hey, congratulations again for winning it all those years ago. Two. One, two. I don't need to mention one, two. Bye. The Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. Gervais show on Guardian Unlimited. Hello and welcome to another Ricky Gervais show with me, Ricky Gervais, Steve Merchant. Hello. And Carl Pilkington. Alright. The ninth in the series of twelve podcasts we're doing for free. Absolutely free of charge. We're getting, um, we've, we've already done over sort of two and a half million downloads. We'll probably do four million downloads by the end of the series. If I had a quid. I oh. don't even want to discuss it, Rick. You are gutted, I'm absolutely you? furious, because I said to you when we studied this, I said, why, why, you were going, oh, let's give something free back to the fans, and I was saying, it's not worth it, they don't deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you demanded it, and I wanted you to did. pay, I wanted, I wanted to charge crazy money for I've it. I've been a fool. We've had about, something like 6,000 emails as well. If we could channel this to good, because yeah. you know what I mean, Every, this internet has been set up, billions and billions and billions of dollars go f uh, on this uh, uh, um, cyber highway, back and forth, doing doing good stuff, communicating, sending people into space, commerce, and people, hundreds of thousands of people are sending me pictures of Carl as a monkey. I know, exactly. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's not what this, this system was created for. Thank you for all your uh, emails as well. That costs us as well, a little bit, because they're going through the website, which costs us a little bit of money. But it also costs me my precious time, <laughs> having to wade through the crap <laughs> that gets sent to us. Thanks to, uh, uh Kieran, um, Gabriel from Merseyside, who sent me a picture of, uh, Carl as Bruce Willis. It's the effort. They're, we'll put all these up on the website. Um, David Weinstein has, uh, has started his own t-shirt range, I Could Eat a Knob at Night. And, uh, Paul Devon has sent me this caricature of Carl, and it's brilliant. Again, I think they're wasting their energies. It's actually a brilliant painting of a little round, bald-headed mank, some sort of, like, freak creature. Yeah. Whereas he could have done a beautiful... 
painting, but but thanks to all those. I, uh, there's, I, I mean, I have actually waded through the emails, and I obviously, again, like Ricky, I echo the thanks for sending in all the different questions and comments about the show. Um, and there's so many, it's impossible to obviously even reply to them or talk about them, but a couple of that have struck me. Uh, Emily from New York has asked uh, Carl this. Carl, if you were on a, a, a sinking ship or you were in a, bu- a burning building and you were with uh, myself and Ricky, but you could only save one of us, I don't know why that's the case, but you can only save one of us. Yeah. Who would you save? Would it Is be it, Ricky or would it be me? I think it's a two-man dinghy. Right, okay. Possibly. And we're, we're trapped and he knows that if he stays there to get both our legs out from under this thing. <laughs> the girder. Yeah, he forms. dies. So he's got, so he's, he's got room, he's got time to save one. It's obviously me. Um, it's hard to say, innit, at this point. What, because Steve's situation. in the room, you mean? Well, no, just, <laughs> just because we, we don't know what, what the situation is. Okay, well, let's say we're on a, we're on a sinking ship, alright? So you're gonna have to rescue one of us, drag us into the dinghy. It's, it's going under, you know, you know, in 30 seconds, okay, this ship's gonna go under and drag you down and you're gonna die, right? Yeah. Uh, and our legs are trapped and you've got enough time to untangle <laughs> one set of legs. <laughs> Whose legs do you untangle? Now, just because my legs are long does not necessarily mean it's more complicated. No, it's exactly the same amount of time. Just have to make a choice. Terrible, a terrible choice that Steve would would not, um, you know, hate you for. Well, no, listen, this is going to be around for long. He's going to drown in thirty seconds. We'll get him. (laughs) Bear in mind this, Carl. You are going to be stuck in a dinghy with Ricky Gervais, and who knows how long that's going to take. Think of all the head squeezing that's going to be going on, the comments, the winder. And do you honestly think that he's going to, if there's any provisions, that he's going to split them evenly with you? I mean, he's going to have drunk all the water, and there's only going to be about half an hour in. The food's going to be gone. Look at his gut. Look how much, you know, of the, oh. of the food he's going to have to eat, the baked beans that you've got on board. Come or it's on. me. You know how generous I am. I'm always sort of oh, helping you Oh, there we out. go, Carl. He's, I think he's uh, put the nail in his own coffin there. You know how generous I am, Carl. Let's talk about that, Carl. Come on. Think about that one. Yeah, I mean, have, have you forgot about that, Steve? What? <laughs> what? The time, the time when... We went for a coffee, and we had to have a bit of a heated debate about the 50 pence change. <laughs> yeah, you owed me 50p, oh, and like you it. decided you didn't want to give it to me, because it was only 50p. And mm. my point was, it's not a question of 50p, it's the fact that it's not your decision to decide not to give it to me. If I want to be generous, that's my decision. But you can't go, oh, it's only 50p, well, Steve. It's my decision, who But you just, you just given him a free keg of beer. Yeah. Uh, no, no, but yes, but that was, that did not come to you, and you didn't pay for the free keg of beer, it was a promotional thing that was sent to you. It's the same thing as the way I gave Suzanne my leaving present from my last job. A lot of people may not be aware of this if they haven't heard us talking about it before, yes, but you had a gift from your work as you were leaving after however many years of service, which you then gave straight to your girlfriend without telling her that it had been received from uh, people at work. Doesn't matter, she wanted a camera, it's the same thing as you. You wanted that lager that I got for free. It hasn't yeah. cost you anything. It doesn't matter where I got it from. So you now decide, because you've given me a free Curtis lager, that you can now say, oh, actually, I'm not, uh, you know, in the future, I'll just take your money, Steve, on a whim. Well, uh, listen, stop arguing us. You're rocking the dinghy. Carl, <laughs> have some of my cheese. <laughs> you imagine if he would, do you imagine he would ever say that? Do you imagine him ever, ever offering you any of his cheese? Are you going to save Carl, mate? I, I don't want to say. Can we say on the website? Can you just do a little explanation of why on the website? Can they... We'll think about it and... I might do a sort of a, a for and against or something and then sort of, so the conclusion is... Okay, alright. Something like that. Go all to right. rickygervais.com. The Ricky Gervais Show, on Guardian Unlimited. Well, I've been waiting for this for a week. Um, it's a regular feature now. When uh, we read from Carl's diary, Carl decided to keep a diary. He's gone through with it, I can see it there, it's massive. It's a huge desk diary that he has to carry around uh, with him, and uh, 
He, uh, is, the pages are getting full up. Are you, you're really keeping to this? Yeah. Right, it, this is uh, extracts from Carl's diary. Did podcast and went for an Italian with Ricky and Steve. Italian place is good. We've been there a few times. I always have the same thing, spaghetti. Can't remember what everyone else had. Last time we went there, Steve had little octopuses with pasta. You could see that they were octopuses. They hadn't been cut up or anything. My rule is that I only eat stuff that looks nice when it's alive. <laughs> <laughs> a cow, a chicken, some fish. An octopus is an odd-looking thing alive. Even worse when it's dead and limp. It looks like it just shouldn't have been sat in the spaghetti. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. <laughs> Ricky drew another picture of my head. We've given a few of them away as prizes, but he draws so many of them that they won't be worth as much anymore. <laughs> Everyone will eventually have one. Like those pictures of a boy crying that caused houses to burn down in the 1980s. What does that mean? What are you talking about? Don't you remember the... I mean, if you're listening in America, they might not have made it over there. Is it the, what, the, the, what, the sort of, like, the sugary ones with kids? Like, is it Techikov or something? It's just some kid. Uh, my auntie Nora had one, and it was just, like, a kid with, like, a blue jumper on, and he's, it's like a painting, not a photo. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And he's just crying. Like a chocolate box, really awful sort of sugary. And what happened is it, they found out that a load of houses were being set on fire or burst into flames, whatever, and the weird thing was... Oh, it's bollocks. Every house that burnt down had that photo. Yeah, because every house had that picture in the <laughs> fucking 70s and 80s. <laughs> Idiot. It's like, we're linking it to sinks. Every house that's ever burnt down had a sink. <laughs> You're talking shit mm. again. Mm. Carry on. Wednesday. Saw a homeless bloke. I'm surprised that no companies have thought about sponsoring the homeless. Something like a clothing company. Give them some clothes that have an advert on the back. Everyone's a winner. Good idea. Not bad, is it? Got on the tube to Camden. Read in a free newspaper that hedgehogs could be gone by 2025. I think I've seen more dead hedgehogs than alive ones anyway, so I don't think I'll miss them. <laughs> Went round to Ricky's house and had a game of pool. It should have been nice and relaxing, but Jane gave me some cake, and Ricky said, I can't play pool if my hands are all sticky from there, It was the sugar, it was, and it wasn't that either. After he'd finished it, they weren't just sticky, he was licking his fingers, sucking his fingers off, and then was going to pick up pool cues and touch things, and I was thinking, go and wash your hands after licking your hands. You're not a cat. This turned into an argument when I said I didn't want to wash my hands. Why didn't he? Disgusting. He goes for a piss all the time without washing his hands, and then squeezes <laughs> my head. I know I prefer to have lemon cake crumbs on my head than knob juice. Was going to do a crossword, but I'm tired and have learnt enough today. What have you learnt? Well, the stuff about hedgehogs and that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Was on my way to my mates and I got on a train. Got close to a station but realised I needed a wee. Was about to go in a cubicle when a blind man with a dog who was bumbling his way through the walkway came around. I said, are you after the toilet? He said, yeah. I said, it's on your right. I shouldn't have let him go first, as he took ages, and it would be my stop soon. The dog waited outside the cubicle. I was going to stroke it, but then I remembered someone telling me that you shouldn't. Don't know why, why not. That is. Because something to do with uh, the owner should be the only one who, who sort of deals with that dog, and you shouldn't. Sort well, you of... shouldn't stroke it because you'll cover it in fucking lemon cake. <laughs> no, but, but just because you know, if you if you stroke it and that, it it might like like me and want to go off with me, and he'll come out and be lost and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not totally sure, but I just thought... The Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. A few people have sent this in, including Paul the Party Animal Parker. I wonder if um, anyone else in his school... I mean, for some reason, we've just assumed he's in school. I don't think there's any actual proof of that. 
But do you I, reckon, think- I reckon he left in June, and he's doing sort of bits and pieces, but he's still not a party animal. Do you think, I mean, do you think he can hold down a job? Is he just partying so hard that- He can hold down a job, um, he often arrives late. Sure. And the, and the boss, who's in over, will go, Parker, you're late again! He goes, yeah, talk to the hand. Yeah. I think that he's the sort of guy that he, you know, he'll just happily say, listen, I can, I survive on four hours sleep. Yeah. Sometimes I go to work, I've never slept at all. But I think he comes in with his, uh, uh, uh headphones blaring, right, on a, on a skateboard, yeah. and the bloke goes up to him, the old bloke, right, the old fuddy-duddy bloke goes, you, you stupid idiot, you can't, there, there, he goes, he goes, chill out, man, and in two minutes, he's got him dancing. <laughs> oh, I know what he's like. Yeah, he is just like, he just can't resist it, because he's yeah. just, he's, he's just a fun guy. Yeah. Anyway, Paul uh, and a few other people have sent in this piece of information they've discovered um, from one of the more respected news networks. Um, the headline is this, Female Kidney Turns Lumberjack Onto Housework. Right. Now, a Croatian lumberjack apparently has claimed that he started enjoying housework and knitting after he was given a female kidney. He claims he's going to sue his local health authority because he says he's become a laughingstock. Um, he used to enjoy heavy drinking sessions and things. Uh, the kidney transplant saved his life, but they never warned me about the side effects. I've developed a strange passion for female jobs, like ironing, sewing, washing dishes, sorting clothes in wardrobes, and even knitting. Well, if he likes it, what's the problem? It's nonsense. Well, it's nonsense. Hold on, though. What makes me laugh is he's become a laughingstock. So what do you do when you become a laughingstock? Tell the newspapers. <laughs> well, yeah. Tell the newspapers about it, because then that'll keep it completely under wraps. Then. But it's the sort of medical nonsense that Carl would normally come out with. Absolutely. That, 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 you know, you take on the personality of the person who gave you their blood. <laughs> exactly. It's like those old sto horror stories, you know, you get given a murderer's hand. Yeah. And you go around killing. But, but there can be certain medical things that would change the way you think and would change you as a person. Say, like, how they can do, um, face transplants now. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, I don't quite understand how this face transplants work because do you get a choice of who, who you have if if you have something done to your face and you go you know it's burnt or whatever or something happens to you and you need well, a people, face transplant well if you change if you totally changed your appearance then you would eventually change because of how people reacted to you yeah but I, so I mean, if you gave yourself the head of an elephant soon you wouldn't you wouldn't be yourself because I wouldn't of the, have it I wouldn't have that that's what I'm saying if they had a catalogue yeah. and they said here's some faces you can have pick which one you want yeah would you be looked upon badly if you go, do you know what, I don't really like the look of any of them, can I just wait for a better face? Or at this moment in time, have you just got to take what's on offer? Carl, there's no one looking through catalogues at faces they might be able to have in no, the No, they face do now because of the face transplant thing. But who are these people putting their face up for, uh, they wait till someone... Yeah, I know, but at some point... Well, I tell you what, I would not have a face transplant if I haven't seen the face before I'm going to have it. You... <laughs> you had to... I want to see what I'm having. Because I could end up with anything. You mentioned elephant's head. What, do you know what I mean? Whose head are they going to use? Is it the latest thing that's died? Oh, well, this got run over before. Yeah, I'll stick this on your head. But where did this <laughs> come from? Where was his mind? Where are his faces queuing up to be popped on a skull? Where do you think they have got time to, to put well, all these... Maybe this is why it won't catch on. I don't know. <laughs> this is extraordinary. You've created in your uh, own head the existence of this pamphlet, and now you're defending it even though we don't know it even exists. And you're this skull on a- on a hospital bed going, I'm not having that, I don't like the look of him, he looks a bit shifty, oh, I don't like that, oh no. Can I ask this now? Let's say you- we were both- we passed away sadly in something terribly tragic. Um, the nation's it mourned, you know, it's, it's terrible, it's like one of the great national disasters, but you- 
at the same time, you survived the accident, okay, but your face is hideously disfigured. You can take either Ricky's face or mine to have. I'm surprised you're asking this, though, Steve. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's just, it doesn't seem like any of them is, like, a great option. Oh, thanks. And this is what I'm saying about the catalogue. If, th if those two were on offer, I might go, do you know what? Pop in again tomorrow. Bring in another booklet. <laughs> the Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. This is from Anne-Marie Melvin in Amsterdam. She says that she loves the podcast. She listens with her seven months old baby. Um, that cannot be a good idea. And she says this to you, Carl. If you had children, what is the most important lesson you'd want to teach them? I mean, in a way, if you sort of look after a kid too much, it doesn't learn that much. But if you let it learn by its mistakes, it'll probably grow up all right. But there are it's some like, mistakes you can't afford it to make to learn from. Yeah. Driving a car ro the wrong way down a motorway. Um, test testing if the fire really is hot. No, but say like the time... Does, does broken glass really taste horrible? These are lessons you don't want it to learn from mistakes. Yeah, you can tell them that. Yeah, but but what I mean is, but what I mean is, there's, there's certain things that I just think that there was a kid who grew up in our in our avenue, right, on the estate, who, when it was born, right, we kind of thought it's got no chance, this kid, because its man was was a bit of a rumman, um, you know, rumman. Where, where's that? No, just just like you know, she like going out and having a fag and like having a drink, and she's never at home. It's the one who had the the horse in the house, sure. Right? Which I don't want to go over. Sure, it's old news. It's yeah. out there, isn't it? If you want to find out about the horse in the house. <laughs> but uh, she had a kid, and everyone was pretty surprised when they saw it because it was a good-looking kid. Yeah. Which was a surprise because, like, you know, the man wasn't that good-looking. The dad was a bit rough. But mm. it, it came out, and she was showing it around around the avenue, going, "Look at this, I've had." And <laughs> she was she was chuffed with it because it's probably like one of the newest things she's ever had because everything else was always sort of second second down and what have yeah. you. But suddenly she's got this brand new. Little baby, right? Anyway, as it grew up, right, those looks went. <laughs> right. And I'm not talking getting old, I'm talking by the age of about three. It looked, <laughs> it, it looked, it looked rough already, right? And all that, that just happened because that's, that's the life it was in, right? Yeah. So, like, it, it used to, it had like a patchy head. Um, it's a, it, it what? It had a patchy head? A patchy head, it's just sort of, uh, it wasn't, it, it wasn't a North American Indian. What do you mean, a uh, patchy head? Just, just his hair was patchy. He used to chase sort of cars and stuff. <laughs> chase cars? It's, Sorry. It's, what, what do you mean? Just that's what he did for his. Sorry, the, did she let it get raised by wolves? <laughs> no. <laughs> but, but all I'm saying is that at the end of the day, what is it that makes a person? Do you know what I mean? Now, I don't know what state he's in now, but maybe he learned all his mistakes by the age of four. I'm guessing he's not chasing cars now. But at least he's done it. I'm guessing he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? At least he can go, yeah, I've been there, done that. And you don't go back to it. And you can get away with doing dafter things when you're a kid, can't you? I nearly killed a man once, right? <laughs> okay, right. Did no, you? that time when I was in, in Wales and I was having a walk with my dad on the cliffs and that. Yeah. And I just picked up a big rock, right? Chucked it off the edge. And as I chucked it off the edge, I noticed the fellow was walking down below. Jeez. And I missed his head by, like, inches. Now... I've never chucked a rock off a bridge or, like, off a cliff or anything. And right. it only took one man to almost lose his life for you to learn that lesson. Yeah, but that's how you learn your lessons, yeah. isn't it? See, a lot of people would have said that maybe your dad should have said, Hey, Carl, what are you doing? No, but he didn't know I was doing it. I didn't say I'm going to chuck this off here. I just picked it up and chucked it. 
and like as I let go of it, I noticed a fellow was down there. You live and you learn. That's a little <laughs> mantra. Right? All right. You okay. Live and you learn. So the woman who's had the kid, sort of look after it, feed it, <laughs> make sure it's got shoes and that, <laughs> but let it roam about. <laughs> Great. There's the advice for you, Emery. I love that. Good luck. Just let your seven-month-old baby roam about. Carl, a lot of people are absolutely fascinated to find out how you met uh, Suzanne, your girlfriend, of how long? Uh, ages. Yeah. Um, and they just they they can't comprehend how. Well, I suppose that there's any woman out there. Well, there's someone Who for everyone, isn't there? Yeah. That's always my, my thing. And it's reassuring, I think. You know, we've chatted about the face transplants and that. You know, there's a face for everyone. Philosophy, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's really unbelievable. No, there is someone for everyone, no matter what, what yeah. condition you're in or whatever. Yeah. Because um, there's a... I read on the email, someone emailed in an old Chinese proverb. Um, is it old, though? <laughs> You know the Chinese proverbs don't age well. Um, it's something about uh, oh, everyone, everything, no matter what it is, has got one talent, right? And that's the same way in a relationship, isn't it? That everyone, you know, there's always someone out there, and that I like the Chinese. There's another Chinese proverb that I learned on, on an email. Go on. Um, he who cuts the wood up. Warms himself twice. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. And then someone sent in that one about um, too many Chinese cooks spoil the broth. What, well, why is... Well, that's... I don't know. I don't know, I don't know who slipped the word Chinese in there, but <laughs> I heard it was too many cooks. Well, it was, all, it was just all sort of Chinese proverbs and that. One of my favourite um, uh, uh, on the same subject is um, a camel is a horse designed by committee. What do you mean? Well, it, I mean, it's having a go at the camel, and it shouldn't. But it's just, you know, it's just, it's just a metaphor. And if you wanted to design a horse, and you had that vision, but you let you let twelve people in a room have their say, it wouldn't come out as you wanted it to do, and it wouldn't be as good. A vision is more perfect than committee, because everyone having their say, it becomes anodyne, it becomes compromised. Whereas the best things you can do is have an idea and have a vision and auteur that. Rick, can I just say now, I can tell from his look that he's thinking, which committee designed the camel? <laughs> well, I'd just say, I'd say, who, why would you request the ump bit? Because <laughs> that's just going to get in the way, isn't it? This is, I mean, I've always, I've always said that about a lot of animals. It's like we, we've doubled up on a lot of them. We've chatted about elephants and mammoths, one or the other. <laughs> and that's the same with a, with a camel. I'd have that up there as what what they're doing. They were good years ago in the Jesus times and that. Don't need them now. You know what I mean? We've moved on. <laughs> well, not people who use camels to cross deserts. What other? Better I'm going to throw some animals at you, and you tell how, how, how you'd have improved them if you'd have been designing them. Okay. Mm -hmm. The octopus. So I, I can now go back, I can look at them and go, what are they doing? And wh wh where have they gone wrong? What's up with you? Wh wh how could you improve it? Like, the camel, you'd go lose the ump. I'd probably... I'd probably give it a bit more of a body. <laughs> cut down on the arms. Um, and, and give it some bones. Because I don't understand all this. It getting in a jar is, is good. When does it want to get in a jar? 
It says... Well, it only wants to get in a jar according <laughs> to your stories. No, but there's something that says it can get in a jar because it hasn't got any bones, but yeah. I don't know why I'd want to do that in the first place. <laughs> I can't even begin to answer that. Once again, you've, you've said, you've claimed that you've read that they like to get in jars. I mean, how do they know that octopus like to get in jars? <laughs> oh, God, you can improve on an octopus. Millions and millions of years of evolution making it perfect for its surroundings. Okay, another animal for you then, Carl. Um, uh, giraffe? Um, what, what are they adding to, to the world? What are they doing? Well, it's not about what they add to the world, no, but is I thought, it? No, but I thought that's what everything's about. It's about things are here for a reason. Well, they, well they, no, because they work. The, the only reason is that they survived. They passed on their genetic material and evolved and was chosen by, by nature. It was but selected. There, but there seems to be a lot the, the, of... The reason they're here is because they didn't die. That's it. No, but there seem to be a lot of animals that are like... Do you think there's a lot of cheating, is that what you're saying? There's I'm a just lot saying, of doubling there seems up. to be a lot of doubling up. Yeah, so and you want, you want, you, you, you'd get it down to like eight animals that represented all of them. So um, okay, who would get in your, in your team? You can choose no, eight this animals. Is, this is what I'm saying. If I was Noah, I mm. would have gone like, hang on a minute, We've, I've just seen something that looks a bit like this. <laughs> <laughs> Let it drown. And have a clear out. <laughs> but he didn't. He was messing about saving everything. He was instructed by God to save everything, to yeah. be fair to him. Yeah, but if he's been given that job, for me, he's sort of manager of that job. So you, be so you believe with Noah management. as well? You well, believe you believe Noah happened as well, and he built a boat big enough to, to catch two of every species? You actually believe that as fact, do you? Well, it's, it's out there in book form. Brilliant. Right. We haven't answered the question that we started with. How did you meet Suzanne? Does that work? Thanks. Oh, chimpanzee, that monkey! There was this um, airline, and um, it was having a lot of problems. And, and, and what, a lot of pilots the... too tall? Yeah, the cabin was so tiny. Only bananas were allowed in the cockpit for fuel. <laughs> anyway, yeah. there, there was a lot of strikes going on, right? Sure. Because, um... I don't know what it was about. It was over money or whatever. Yeah. And the well, get get someone that doesn't need money. <laughs> yeah, but but well, but what else could you pay something in? Well, Rick, can we peanuts. Pay with, so, okay, peanuts or fruit. Yeah. So anyway, the the boss of the airline, the, oh. he had like one pilot who he could trust, right? And that was his son. Right. Um, but the problem is with a lot of these planes, you need two pilots. Of course right? you do. And he's like, if only I had two sons, but he didn't. There's no point harping on about it. Right? Sure. As, is it, as, this a, he runs a airline. He runs an airline, yeah. But how many pilots are there? Because there must be loads. No, there's loads, but the problem is a lot of them are going on strike. Oh. And each week you can see that we're struggling here. We but how can they get, but if they, yeah, but it's just, it was just the pilots that were striking, was it? Yeah, the pilots were striking, yeah. So the, all the ground staff and luggage handlers and all that was okay in the car? They, they were fine, it's just pilots were, right. were not pilots. happy with the deal and what have you. Yeah. Well, just, just close it down. No anyway, way, you can't do that, no, Rick. Can't, of course you can't. can't. costing him a fortune if he closes it down. Yeah, yeah, but what, one plane's not going to make a difference in an airline, is it? No, 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 it's oh, all the planes. It's all the planes, mate. Yeah, I know, exactly, so if he's only got one person he can trust, <laughs> knock it on the head. No, 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 <laughs> no, what's the point? You've got to keep going. You can't just nip stuff in the bud like that. If, you, if you've got a dream, keep it alive. I know, but not with one plane and your son. So anyway, I don't know. But, but that's that's the least of his problems, Rick, because he's got his son who's a brilliant pilot. He's the only guy he can trust. But it, it takes two people to fly. Well, you the can't fly then. So the son, he's mm. flying the planes and that. He's getting worried for his dad because of his business. It's falling sure. apart. He's like, anyway, listen. Well, one plane won't make any difference. Don't worry about it. We've found someone who you can work with. Okay. Um, and he's like, but I, I get past the picket line because you know, you know, I'm your son anyway, and they'll leave me alone. But any other pilot, 
you're going to start giving him grief. They're tearing him to shreds, yeah. He said, don't worry about it. Unless he could swing over the heads of all the strikers. He said he's staying over near the sort of quarantine area where oh, all yeah. the animals are kept oh, and yeah, stuff. Right, okay. They won't be looking in there. They won't no. bother. No. So he's like, all right. Uh, well, there's no animal you. that could be a co-pilot, that's why. I'll see you, uh, he'll meet up with you in the cockpit. Right. He'll meet up in the cockpit, yeah, sure. So anyway, he gets in there, he meets them. At first, a little bit of a shock who he's going to be working with, but why? he's thinking, as long as I can keep my dad's business alive, I can Not keep a job. Not with one plane. Not so, with one plane. anyway, what happens is, the strike's going on, he's flying, he's yeah. got his mate with him flying, helping out. Who's his mate? What's his the mate's flights, name? The flights are brilliant, right? Everybody's loving them, they can't believe how smooth they are. Sure. That, you mm. know, the shares are going through the roof, everybody's like, what? Oh, to fly. Plane. this one plane, this oh, one plane one they've plane. got. plane, that wouldn't make any difference! Everyone's saying, you know, it's a, it's only a small plane, but it's worth getting on there. And it's a can. small plane sure, as because well. because it's a great, it's a great oh, experience. gone under, I'd have thought. There's so no anyway, way they can keep that... Alive. Apparently they can. So they're keeping yeah. this uh, this plane up in the air and what have you, and everybody's yeah. you know booking the holidays. It's almost like the favourite bit of the holiday. They're loving the flights that much. Why? It's just, it's because it's really good flights. It's a great, I don't it's a great flight. What difference? Apparently it's a great flight. It it's makes. Just, it's so anyway, what difference it makes? Everyone's happy. Then one day, mm. what happens is a little bit of a uh, bit of a problem. Oh uh, dear. You're not you're not going to tell us that that sort of co co pilot Coco is he's not able to make it to work, is he? Well, well, what well, happened is uh, one woman who was on the on the plane got a bit peckish, right? right. And said uh, said to the air hostess woman, said, oh, I'm a little bit peckish. Have you got any sort of nibbles and that?" She went, uh, "No, I got got a sandwich." She said, "I don't really want a sandwich. You want something, you know, like the usual stuff that planes give out, just like nuts, a bag of nuts or something." Well, nuts, are yeah. they not giving those out yet? So no, they don't give it for some reason. She was like, "Look, we've <laughs> we've stopped giving out the nuts. We can get you That's a sandwich." Strange. And the woman's yeah. like, "I don't want a sandwich. Yeah. I just want some nuts." Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? A sandwich is quite a big meal. Like, I just yeah. want some nibbles. Want some nuts. Well, it's not, that's not available. So Done. I can't, End the story. Can't get you nuts. She said, well, why aren't there any nuts? She said, well, you know, the airlines had problems and stuff, and maybe that was one of the cutbacks. We've never took the nuts back on. Yeah, sure. So she wouldn't just leave it. She wanted a nuts, right? She's having a lovely flight and everything. She said, I can't, cannot complain about the flight. The <laughs> no, flight sure. is brilliant. Yeah. Whoever's yeah. up there flying this plane is doing she's, a dynamite she's doing job. a great job, but I need some nuts. Right. Anyway, so the woman there said, aren't there aren't very any demanding nuts. There aren't any. It's a very demanding woman. There aren't any. Look, she's paid big money, right? She's probably in first class. She wants nuts, she's going to nah, get nuts. No, there aren't any. Leave it. Leave if she it. has to force her way into the cabin to get nuts, she's going to get well, nuts. Well, she can't go there because she'll be shot. Because so, with, with, with security problems and that, there's no way she could ever go to the cockpit. That, it, that would never happen. So she said, well, you're saying there aren't any nuts. She yeah. said, but earlier, I saw you put a tray outside the cockpit, right? It had a sandwich on it, two Cokes and two bags of nuts. Right. She said, so you're saying there aren't any, but the pilot's getting Well, there aren't any now. That was the last two packets. Done. No, no. So, Let's go home. <laughs> So she's going. You can't, can't have any. No. We know. She's we going, understand now. There's a dispute. So, over so nuts. she said. She said. Well, well I'm, I'll go and have a word with the pilot myself because you only put them out there a few minutes ago. He can't have eaten them. I want you, you can't go over. No, no. I know this is it. This yeah. is. She was saying you cannot go over. She's going. No. Listen. Yeah. I'm going to go over because no, I feel no, like no, I'm being lied to. No, you can't. So she goes. So no, and, no and the pilot can well, hear all this anyway. chat about the nuts and what have you, and he's thinking, what's going on out there? Yeah. He opens the door. Yeah. She gets a glance in. Little monkey sat there with headphones. Fucking bollocks. Well, that's the end of another podcast. Um, do register on rickygervais.com. We'll be able to email you and tell you um, what's happening when we finish this run of podcasts. We might have um, some uh, downloads. At the moment, we're working on um, animating all the monkey users. Um, so uh, look forward to that. The absolute bullshit that is monkey using all its glory. Um, this was hosted by Positive Internet. Great guys. The great guys that host the world's number one podcast. Cheerio from me, Ricky Gervais, and Steve Merchant. Goodbye. And Carl Pilkington. Bye.
The Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. The Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. Hello, welcome to the 10th podcast in a series of 12, Ricky Gervais Show, with me, Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant. Hello. And, of course, Carl Pilkington. Right. Now, um, thanks for all your emails. We've really started a community here, I think. Yes. We're all brought together by one aim, the, the, the fascination of the brain of Carl Pilkington, yes, basically. Yes, absolutely. There's I mean, thousands of people who are equally as obsessed as we are with it. I really don't know why it's called The Ricky Gervais Show anymore. I mean, I was, I was cynical at the beginning, but it's, it's farcical. Um, Welcome to the Carl Pilkerton Show. Well, people say they'd like to hear more from you and I, but I don't see why when you've got oh, do you this know what I in the room. I feel like the ringmaster, but the real star is the shaved monkey in a jar that <laughs> yes, we bring out. Do you exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. That, that, that's it. That's the star of the show, you know. Yeah. Well, we've uh, we've had loads of emails, actually, and we've had one from uh, Nige, who's done this brilliant cartoon of Carl on the beach. I, I think we should sell those as postcards. Um, but someone's beaten us to selling uh, uh, merchandise. If you go to... Um, uh, www.cafepress.com forward slash Mr. Pilkington. Someone is selling everything with Carl Pilkington's head on it. Now, these are bootleg goods. We're not making any money from it, but I'm strangely proud. I just love to see millions of people wearing a little T-shirt or a baseball cap or drinking out of a mug with his little round head on it. He's made a clock, which is perfect because it fits absolutely... You know what I mean? The sides of the head go right to the edge of the clock because it's perfectly I'd round. like to see maybe as well those um, sort of rubber or plastic face masks that you can buy for Halloween with just Carl's oh. face. Oh, just millions of people <laughs> yeah. all look like Carl. Oh, that would be amazing. What a world that would be. Uh, James Bevan has emailed in. He's from Abergavenny in South Wales. I'm going to read this verbatim. Me and my partner, Ellie Richards, are both huge fans of the podcast, and as she's not aware of this email, I would love it if one of you, please, on the podcast, would ask her to marry me. So please ask Ellie Richards from Abergavenny if she will marry James Bevan. Cheers, well, that, keep up the great podcast work. Well, that's done then. Well, no, you see, now, I was thinking about this, and I, I know that I'm the one who's read that out, but I'm thinking they're almost certainly going to want you, Rick, to do the questioning, because they don't want to go in years to come, do you know uh, who asked uh, Ellie to marry me on my, on my behalf? What? It was that lanky bloke you sometimes see stood behind Ricky Gervais at an awards do. <laughs> it's too complicated. <laughs> they want to go, it was the comedy legend Ricky Gervais. But I think Carl's a comedy legend. He is, but once again, Carl, you know, he might be a passing fad. You know, we might all get bored of him, you know, in, 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 in a year's time. It could be like tie-dye t-shirts. So, um, so I'm thinking, so I'm thinking maybe where is you, you know, you've made your mark on the comedy but landscape. I don't, I, maybe I don't want to endorse this. I don't know what he's like. I, d I don't want to suggest a woman to marry this man I don't know. It's, 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 what if, well, what no, if it comes back? Not... What if she comes back and sues me for selling some art? It's like, it's like me selling uh, the rest of her life to this bloke on the podcast. No, because, you know, it's more fool her if, she, if he's a loser and a weirdo and she agrees to marry him. <laughs> she knows the guy. She's already got herself in a position where this man's emailing some people he's never met before. So, um, so okay. she already understands what okay. James is like. Okay, ba okay, based on your own experiences, Ellie, make the decision... Whether to marry, who is it? James. James or not. I think just, just could you, just, well, once more, because that's probably not quite as eloquent as they were looking okay. for. Okay. So get on one minute. Ellie, Rick. Ellie, James says, will you marry him? 
This does not reflect the views of the management. <laughs> so obviously, um, James, you, you must obviously let us know what Ellie's response is. Um, and, uh, we look forward enormously to finding out whether she's, and um, seen sense and, and said no. Could he marry again about 40, 50 years to say if the marriage <laughs> yeah. is still going? And also, we should just point out as well that if, you know, in, 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 you know, cause I think one in three marriages, um, end in divorce. Alright, don't bring the tone down. All I'm saying is if they do end up getting divorced, we should not in any way be responsible for that. No. We can't be held responsible. We shouldn't no. have to pay any kind of <laughs> child support if there's a kid involved. We don't, you we know, we're not paying any alimony. We no. are merely the messengers in this. Yeah. Yeah. Carl, are you going to give them uh, all the thumbs up there? Do you wish them all the best? Uh, yeah, you know, if, if that's what they want to do and that, just get on with it. And, <laughs> so right. like, if, you know, some people are, are in, into all that, aren't they? I mean, you've been with Suzanne a long time and still no uh, wedding bells on the horizon? Well, it's, it's sort of, it's gone past that time now. I think if you don't do it within the first sort of nine months or something, <laughs> right. sort of, it's kind of like, what's the point now? And I mean, she, she goes on about it a lot, but... I'm not, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sort of, I don't like all the attention and that, do you know what I mean, of, like, everyone stood there watching and stuff, that puts me off. So that's your only reason for not getting married, is it? You just don't like the, the uh, event? Mainly that, yeah, I mean, it's not the thing, like I've said to you before, if, if you could do it online, if it was just a little box that like you tick, <laughs> sure. I do, send, <laughs> get, you know, get back to work by midday and what have you, <laughs> yeah. but it's like a full day and you've got to like, <laughs> smile and that. <laughs> Heaven forbid, yeah. It's just hard work, isn't it? Oh, it's, pretend it's, it's the happiest day of your life. But yeah. but surely, you know, if Suzanne, a woman you love, wants this very dearly, why not give it to her as a gift? Obviously, get get your old work to pay for it. But um, but yeah, why not give that give her the gift? Because of the I've, I've given her loads of other stuff. Yeah. We have an alright life, and I think that can mess it up. My brother got married. That we have an alright life. That's the best he can say. We have an alright life. No, yeah. what I mean, something I said to her, right? which, you know, maybe this could catch on, right, a way around it. At the end of the day, you only get married so you can have the same name. I think it'd be really good if when you go on dates and that, if you met people who have the same surname. Brilliant. And then you don't have to worry. That's amazing. Do a search on, like, other Pilkingtons. If they look all right, yeah, I'll go out with her. Job done. Don't ever have to worry about getting married and that. Brilliant. That's one of the most stupid theories. Oh, no, it's not. The, the, the injecting the 78-year-old dead woman with a baby was probably worse than that. But anyway, let's move on. It's the most stupid theory we've heard today. Exactly. But I'm suspecting there's going to be a few more before yeah, the end exactly. of this podcast. So far. <laughs> yeah. Cheers for that, love. Yeah, it's Carl Pilkington here. Just uh, telling you about Channel 4 on a Friday. You've got a uh, new green wing. Right, that's, that's nearly ready. My name is Earl and uh, the It Crowd. I mean, sort of being in the comedy business and that, I think it's, it's fair to say I'm qualified to give me opinion and these three things are funny, so yeah, stay in, watch it, have a good night, have a nice little brew with it, do what you want, at the end of the day, it's your life, innit? See ya. The Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. Still to come, of course, Monkey News and Carl's Diary excerpts thereof. I wonder if we should have a jingle for questions for Carl, because there's a lot of questions coming in for Carl. Okay. Oh, chimpanzee, that question's for Carl, you... Yeah, okay, no, fair enough, that works. Okay. Um, this is from Jim and Bob in Manchester. Carl, if you could talk to any animal, which one would it be and what would you say to it? Uh, insect, animal, anything, fish, anything. Well, they said animal, but that's, yeah, that's broad well, to anything. Animal, well, no, animal, any creature. That insect is an animal. Yeah, no, but I'm just, you know, I don't want to get it wrong. I'm just thinking about, yeah. there's a lot of stuff out there, isn't there? Um, I'd, I'd probably go, 
for the tortoise. Okay. Because it would take a long time to walk away from you while you were talking. No, yeah. just because... Most animals would be off straight away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just because they live for ages, so they'll have loads of stories. They've lived through a lot. You know what I mean? Through walls and stuff. Well, you get an old one. If you get, like, an old one, that's about... Yeah. Most of them something. have lived in a box in a garden for 52 years. No, you, but, you, but you get some that have been about... And even if it's in a box, oh, yeah. you can over it. They've really travelled, have they? <laughs> yeah. I mean, some what? of them have, well, some of them have experienced more than you. <laughs> yeah. But um, they've broadened their horizons a bit more than you. They could probably teach you a thing or two, yeah. And I what would you hope to learn from them? Just, just history. <laughs> <laughs> right. From their very specific tortoise perspective. <laughs> Other emails. We've had a lot of questions about time travel. People are fascinated about your approach to time travel. And I know we've talked about this in the past, but um, this is a very specific time travel question. If you had a time machine, Carl, to what event in your childhood would you travel back to and why? What's the point in going back to oh, things that you've got? No, it's just that it's never as good, is it? It's like a place you go on holiday and you go back thinking it'll be as good as the first time. It never is. So I don't, I don't believe in going back to places. What, do, what, what do you understand the question as? Uh, do, do you... Do you think they're asking, would you go back like a ghost and spy? Would you go back and you've got um, your childhood back, you are that child again, you're in the body, you are the child, or you've got your adult um, head and experiences well, on, you know, you, you Rick, can... I really don't think Carl was thinking there was any of those variations, <laughs> no, let's be honest, but now that you've flagged them I up... I think he was thinking of him as he is now, in school with a cap on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah but too big for the chairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on. No, I, I don't think I'd, I would go back... It's all happened now, isn't it? Yeah, but it's a, an email to a podcast for our own amusement. Well, okay. Well, Choose an event. Okay, forget the time travel thing. Well, no, hang on. Know. I think let's clarify one of Ricky's points. What if you could go back and you could live that moment again? How would you do it differently? There's, there's been times where I've gone, oh, that was a bit out of order or whatever. But then you learn from your mistakes, don't you? So I don't want to go back and change stuff. Because it's, it's like that thing that they go on about, isn't it, where they blame the butterfly on an earthquake. You know, it's going to happen. If it wasn't that butterfly, it's another one. So why why pass the book, is what yeah. I'm saying. So you've got no regrets. There's so nothing in your past you'd want to change or what, do differently. What what about if you went back and you spied like a ghost on something? You couldn't change anything, but you could you could have a look at someone and just sort of look like uh, you like know what? like Ebenezer Scrooge does with the Ghost of Christmas Past. He goes back and he's sort of like looking at himself dancing and stuff. Or, what would you do? What would you go back and have a look at? Yeah, but uh, you're oh. asking me to change. I don't want to change. He hasn't, you're not, not changing, you're just observing. It's impossible. All right, I tell this you This question, it, this is, yeah. it's not going to happen. You're not going to have to do this. It's impossible. Right, yeah, I nearly died once, didn't I? On a, uh, on an ice pop. Right. Right. Now, maybe if I would have died, I'd say, well, let's go back to that, and I won't have an ice pop. You wouldn't be doing the podcast if you'd have died. You wouldn't be uh, having this email put to you. What are you That's absurd. About? You're now saying... You're rewriting history and then going back to change it. Yeah. There's no need. You, you didn't, didn't die. die. <sighs> well, and what? we've changed it. You can't change anything. You're just going to go back and watch something. Would you like to go back and watch yourself choking on a Mr. Freeze? No, that's what I'm saying. That's why I wouldn't go back now, because I'm all right. I haven't had one since. I've learned a lesson. I'm not missing them ice pops. So... <laughs> I know that you're making the most of this opportunity to fantasise. I don't see the point in going back in anything. I mean, do you mean go back in time to the oh. point of you can see, like, Rome in its working day? What, in your childhood? Was Rome about when in your childhood? Were there gladiators well, in your childhood? Well, that's what I'm saying. Everything I've, I've been through, I've been through, so why see it again? Forget it. It was just a nice little question. I mean, that shows the, the lack of imagination right. in Carl right. Pilkington. Can, can your I, mind can't fathom right, something well, unless it's, like, you know, got two heads. But I don't see the point in doing something twice. Because the thing is, say if there's one good moment when I was about six that I loved, 
Mm. I'd then have to go through all the other 20 years. Again. Well, why? Why have you imposed that? It's a <laughs> fantasy. Make up. You Just could go say, back and come back yeah, again. Yeah, whiz back and fast forward 35 years. Nah. Brilliant. No. Like it was on offer. <laughs> like this was really on offer. Move on. Migrant workers in South China are wearing adult diapers on packed trains heading home for the New Year holiday because they've got no access to the toilet. Many supermarkets in this particular part of China have reported a 50% increase in sales of adult nappies for the train trips. Now, what do you make of that, Carl? You're on a long, long train journey, three hours, four hours. You know there's no toilet. You know you're going to need to go pop on a... Why isn't there any toilets? They just aren't on the, t the trains. And they're a really long journey. Yeah. How long? Hours. Well, very long in China. It's a big country. I, w I wouldn't... I, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I couldn't... I couldn't do it. I'd, I'd have to hold it in or something. Just like, uh... I mean, when I, when I was a young kid, I don't know how young you are when you wear a nappy and that. But, um... I remember that I didn't like it doing it in a pair of pants like that, a pair of nappies <laughs> and that. And I used to have to, uh... Even when I was too small to sort of get up on the toilet and that, because you'd fall in. Um, my mum knew that I didn't like nappies and that. I used to just go in, in the corner, just near the kitchen, in this thing that, like a like a litter tray. <laughs> <laughs> that cat's having that. I mean, it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like that, but, but it's, that's, that's, you know, that's the same sort of idea, and I'd go there, and uh, I'd do <laughs> my thing. And, uh, you know, my mum used to say, oh, he's, he's going there, don't look at him and that, because it put me off. You know, like cats don't like being watched when they do it. <laughs> when they go in their litter tray in the kitchen. No, they don't. They don't like it. I've tested it. Why are you just like a little feral kid just running around and going for the litter tray, covering it up, and then running up the curtain and eating a, a sweet at the top of the pelmet? No, but no, nobody <laughs> likes being watched, and that's what I'm saying. If you're sat on a train and you're knocking one out and that, and everyone's looking at you, it's, I, don't, I don't think it'll catch on. <laughs> Well, it has caught on. Has they're it caught all doing it. They're just, they're just, they're just sitting there. They're doing, you know, they're reading the paper, doing Sudoku, <laughs> and 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 they're looking round when they're going. They're thinking, oh, no one knows I'm going. Everyone's thinking that, and everyone's going. I mean, it's partly because there are 120 million peasants from China's vast rural areas who swarm into the cities for work, and so you know that sheer number of people means that the trains are so overcrowded. I just don't. Th I mean, what what. What are we getting to? You know what I mean? What What's going on in the world that this is happening? I know. I mean, people have always had to travel for ages. I, d I, d I just don't, I don't understand why there isn't a toilet on it. We're going backwards. <laughs> We're going backwards. Aren't we? Why isn't there a toilet on it? Well, maybe there is, but maybe people are thinking the queue is going to take forever. If you've got 125 million people Yeah, but not back. everybody wants to go out once. I mean, I know Chinese and all that are, like, at the forefront of everything that goes on in the world, inventing stuff first, but this isn't one of the best <laughs> that they've come up with. What have they yeah. invented, then, the Chinese? Just Loads of stuff, haven't they? Yeah, well, loads of stuff. Yeah, I was going to ask you. You seem quite educated on the subject, but... Um, they did them cat mop things that I told you about. Brilliant. Um, I mean, this was where you put mops on the feet of cats, was that right? Yeah. And they wander about the house, clean up and that, wash the floor for you whilst they're pottering about. Um... <laughs> They've done like hats with umbrellas on them. They've done. They've done. I mean, they've, they're known for like coming up with stuff first. Yeah, I mean, my first thought was gunpowder, but yeah, cats and mops is good as well. <laughs> um, Just a final um, mention of uh, one of the emails that came through from Phil Hobby in Falmouth in USA. Uh, he says, "Hello, chaps. Just wanted to let you know that I was at a party on Friday, 
and I bought two remixes of I Could Eat a Knob at Night on a CD. Let me tell you, I played them at the party. They were a huge success. They were a smash. By the end of the night, the party was hip to the words I Could Eat a Knob at Night. Uh, half of them were even singing along. So big thanks to uh, you, Ricky, Stephen, Carl. Now, what would be ideal, of course, I suppose, is one of the big superstar DJs, if they could drop that into their set. You know, a Carl Cox, a Fatboy Slim. Tongue. <laughs> Pete Tong, yeah. The boy Tom. He got power, and I'd love to hear him drop it. Maybe yeah. even, uh, and I suppose Westwood wouldn't be able to put that in. I know he's, he's more of a hip-hop guy. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, if we get, if you, if you, at any point ever hear I Could Eat a Knob at Night, uh, the remix, at any kind of club event, let us know. We'd love to hear about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. Well, now to one of our most popular features, um... I mean, this could even rival monkey news one day. It, I mean, it is monkey news. It's, it's <laughs> you know, it's news from the point of view of a monkey, a shaved monkey. It's Carl Pilkerton's diary. Oh, he's written it down. Yeah. <laughs> Was that the jingle, or were you just well, yeah, just sure. annoyed about sure. something? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Went and did the podcast. We had a meeting after. I don't like meetings as I can't keep focused on what people are talking about. I think Ricky has the same problem as after twenty-five minutes he was trying to wrestle me. <laughs> I tried to do what spiders do and stayed still as if I was dead. But Ricky just stayed on top of me, not moving. A bit like when you see one of them big snakes swallowing a sheep. Ricky got bored and released me. I went home thinking, why had I left my old job for this? A homeless man asked me for some money, but I didn't feel like I should treat him as I felt that he probably had a better day than me. Suzanne called me to say she'd gone for a haircut and that she'd meet me in the supermarket. I went to the supermarket, but she wasn't there. I called her and she said she was near the fruit aisle. I went to the fruit aisle and she wasn't there. Turns out she was in a different supermarket <laughs> on the other side of town. And that if I'd listened to her properly, I'd have known that. I didn't want to say that I... Well, you just went to the first supermarket you thought of, as opposed to listening to what supermarket... I'm in the supermarket. All right, bye. I didn't want to say that I hadn't heard her properly, because my ears were ringing a bit from the wrestling from earlier. <laughs> 25 minutes later, I met up with Suzanne. Her haircut wasn't that bad. Normally, her haircuts are followed by an argument between us, as she pays over the odds for some daft haircut that's the latest style. Brilliant. I wish she'd take a picture out of a magazine or ask for a style, rather than letting the hairdresser do what she wants. I said I only tell her to do this as she's got a square head and a close-cut hairdo makes it look squarer. She said, what do you think of this cut? I said it looked all right as I couldn't be bothered arguing about it. It's weird writing a diary. I don't know who thought of doing one of these first. The last time I did one was at school. They used to get you to do it so they could keep an eye on whatever you were up to. My diary used to say the same thing every night. Got home, went to the shop to get potatoes, bread, milk. Went home, watched telly, went to bed. I think I might have gone to Twiggy's Dance Club just so I had something different to write. You've not told us about Twiggy's Dance Club. It's just, uh, you know, I, I sort of, when I was a kid, I sort of gave everything a bit of a go. I did boxing and that, didn't I? D gave that a go. Um, For about 45 minutes. And, uh, yeah, a mate, a mate sort of said, oh, you know, you're into your dancing, your robotics and that. You're doing, doing your body <laughs> popping, right? Body popping and that. He said, uh, you ought to come to Twiggy's. And um, I went there. Um, but I didn't go in, it was shut. It was, <laughs> it was they, they were just having like loads of toilet rolls delivered. I think like, <laughs> they they were like using it as a storage place for toilet rolls and that. So I said, oh, I've come to have a dance. And like, oh, not tonight, come back tomorrow. <laughs> I, I never went back. <laughs> Brilliant. Next. Oh, oh, what, what, a waste, what a waste of an anecdote. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
brilliant. Just to recap, you're convinced then that the teachers are asking you to keep diaries so they can keep tabs on you. Um, and then to continue the diary. As there were more problems happening on the estate, they started to add Saturday and Sundays to the school diary to keep an eye on what we were doing at the weekend. I struggled to fill it on a Sunday as the shop I got potatoes and bread from was shot on a Sunday. <laughs> I had to go over to Shepherd's Bush to meet someone. I got the tube. There was a badly burnt man on the tube. It's amazing how the body can continue through quite a lot of bad stuff. It got me thinking about how much stuff you could remove in your body, one by one, without dying. If it was a competition, the cockroach would win, as it can live for a week without a head. I just mean, like, say, say, if, you know, they're running out of ideas for TV programmes and that, right? They get someone who isn't well. They go, look, do you mind if we make a programme on you? And what they do, they sit them in the bed, and they go, right, what we're going to do now is take out the heart, but replace it with a pacemaker. Right, no, go no, on. no, 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 no. Sorry. People with pacemakers don't have their heart taken out and a pacemaker popped in. All right, then. Um, some sort of machine. What what I'm getting to is... Have the, you been playing Operation? What I mean is... <laughs> what I mean is the big finale would just be a head chatting with loads of wires going into it, and it's like, look what we can do with science. Good. <laughs> That's what the programme's called. It's the same every week. The volunteer is just ahead with loads of wires coming out Look of it. Look what we could do with science. And he's going, Goodbye. Oh, Got some post delivered to me today. It was... <laughs> oh, this is This great. makes it in the diary. Got some post delivered to me today. It was addressed to Mr Dilkington. <laughs> I got some post delivered to me today. It was addressed to Mr. Dilkington. <laughs> I opened it and the first sentence read, Dear Mr. K. Dilkington, you're one of our most valuable customers. I put it in the bin. Thought I would learn some new words, as Steve always says I don't use enough different words. I read in the Fortean Times that the word "wew" means an ugly female ghost with drooping breasts. <laughs> Is what? that how I'm, am I pronouncing Who's that right? Who's using that word? Who is woo. using that it word? Was, it was just W-E-W-E. -E. Let's call it a woo. Mm. An ugly female ghost with drooping breasts. <laughs> I think I'm right when I say there are too many words in the world. I don't think I will ever get round to using the word woo. Watched a health programme. Wasn't watching it properly, but heard some doctors say that we only get so many heartbeats in a lifetime, so don't do too much exercise. <laughs> I told Suzanne, and she said I probably hadn't heard it right. We got talking about death. Suzanne said she didn't like thinking about it. I said she might end up being a woo. <laughs> I was chuffed as I'd managed to use my new word. I went to the supermarket to get tonight's tea. On the way, I stopped and looked in the fishmongers at all the different fish they had in the window. It's like a child in, like in one of those kids' TV shows. I know! Mr. Kil Mr. Pilkington went to the fishmonger. He stopped and looked at all the fish in the window. Hello, Mr. Dilkington, they said. <laughs> there was a newspaper clipping stuck on the glass about a two-headed fish that they've made in Taiwan. I don't see the point in doing this as a fish having two heads ain't going to solve the world's hunger problems, as the head is the bit you throw away. Invent a fish with two bodies, and I'd say well done. Good point, though, isn't it? Suzanne watched one of her favourite TV programmes. I've told her the telly only goes on if there's something she wants to watch. If there's nothing on, she has to talk to me about stuff I've learnt. Like Descartes. 
watched a program on him the other day. He is the one who said something like, I know I'm about because I dream. Doesn't work for everything because ants don't sleep. <laughs> I don't know if I'd like that or not. You don't know if you would like it if you didn't ever not sleep. sleeping. It's just one long day. I don't know. don't know how you put up with that. Do you think it'd be a good idea? No. Why not? What do you call it? As you said, it would get a bit boring. You know, your sleep is your rest, your time off. It get, it, it it helps you uh, detoxify. It helps you sort of um, think things through on a subconscious level. It, it, you know, well, don't it, you ever get it where... I mean, sometimes it's brilliant to have a sleep when you're tired, but don't you sometimes yeah, feel that's like... that's the best time to have a sleep when yeah. you're tired. No, yeah. but sometimes when you go to bed and you're not that tired and you're kind of thinking, oh, I'm going to waste some hours of my life now and I'm not really in the mood for this. Well, that's thing. just wishing you had longer on this earth doing creative things. I mean, if you didn't have to sleep, you could spend more time talking to a tortoise and going to the toffee shop. How's Milking Time? All right, just doing a little advert for Friday Night Comedy on Channel 4. I mean, I, I don't know what you're doing. You might be going out and that, doing something nice, which, you know, if you are, then fair enough, go out. But I'm just saying, if you're staying in, you've got new green wing, right? That's nearly ready. Got my name is Earl, the It Crowd, all funny stuff and that. Don't know about you, but, you know, I'll be staying in watching it, just having a bag of crisps and stuff, so... If you're staying in, put the telly on, do that. If you're going out, go out, have a nice night. See you later. Well, it's that time again. If you'd give us the jingle, please. Oh, Jim Pantry Dive. <laughs> okay, now that surely cannot be fair on anyone's ears listening. <laughs> right, um,. Ages ago, right, about about the 1950s. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was this gangster knocking about. And do you know how, like... Were they called Hairy Fingers? Do you know how, like, a lot of gangsters like to get into gambling and that? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, like, all these, all these peers and that, all these, all these mates who are, like, gangsters and stuff, mm. they've all bought horses, right, that they take, you know, take racing and they make money from them and that, don't they? Yeah, mm. So anyway, he and was Chuckles like, Seagull was no different. And and he was like, yeah, that's uh, that's a good thing to get into. I might might get into a bit of that, right? So he gets himself this horse, right? And it, there's a big race coming up. That's why he's sort of it's a bit of a last minute. And the and the jockey turns up and it's fine. He's a human jockey and it's fine. Excellent. Okay, well that was another so, podcast. So anyway, so um, please listen. Oh, hang on, there's more. There's more. Oh, come on. on. So oh. so anyway, so. Uh, this big race is coming up. He's, yeah. he's like, I've got to be involved in this yeah, because definitely. I can make a lot of money out of me horse here. Choose the jockey wisely, then. So he says to his, like, mate, he said, look, uh, I've got myself a horse and that. He said, we just need a jockey, get someone, oh, yeah. sort it out, and yeah. what have you, so we can get in this race. So, Go to the jockey so club. Loads his mate's like, yeah, all right, I'll have, a, I'll have a word and that, have a look round and that, see if there's anyone decent. And there's, the, the good there. thing about jockeys is there's never been a shortage of jockeys, because a lot of them don't make the grade. So there's 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 always too many jockeys to go round. Normally always too many human jockeys. Yeah, yeah, there's, you, there's never a problem getting jockeys. Fun. Go on. So anyway, so... Was that true in the fifties as well? Absolutely, it's always been it's true. It's always been true, it's always been true. There's no, there's no lack of jockeys. So... It's sort of close shot. People are trying to do it and they don't make the grade, so. But in yeah. the 50s, from your knowledge, there was never, there was not, like in 1951, a shortage of jockeys for just one year. Absolutely never. I've known about <laughs> okay, that. I'm fine, quite you, yeah. keen. Right. Go on. So anyway, right. So his mate says, look, I'm having a problem getting a jockey. Seems odd oh, because no, Ricky's just weird. been saying. I don't know. He's just been saying there's not a problem. What do you mean? So. Just because the main problem was. Go on. A lot of jockeys were aware of this gangster and were saying, I'm not getting involved with this guy. The chances are I won't get paid. 
you know, is a gangster. It's not well, worth you it. would do it if it was a gangster asking you. You'd be scared of the consequences. So anyway, he's saying, look, don't be coming to me with problems and that, right? I've got the horse. I want it in the race. Sort it out. So they're like, oh, but boss, and he's like, don't give me any of that. Exactly. They do what he says, so any jockey would do it. Go on. So anyway, so the day before... The big race, yeah. <laughs> left it to the last minute, okay, but yeah. fine. And, uh... He says, have you, have you got a jockey then? They're like, yeah, but, and he's going, D don't worry about it, have you got a jockey? Yeah, but, and he's like, look. He wants what, to what? say, sure, he wants, yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. he's saying, has he ridden their horses before and that? He said, well, yeah, he has, but mainly, and he's like, like brilliant. And he goes, yeah, but mainly in like a in circus. In the, in the gym. No, like in, in the, in the circus and that. <gasps> he'd worked, he'd, he'd worked with horses and stuff. In the circus. It's fine. Yeah. So he's yeah, like, that's, fine. that's enough. That's, that's all I need to know. Well, they'd be too heavy, cause circus. So People so, are quite built, aren't they? They're, they're he said so, heavier than the jockey, because the jockeys are about eight and a half stone. He said, brilliant. Get him down there and that, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the race happens. He didn't want to meet him beforehand? He wasn't worried no about No point. Not no, bothered. No. As far as he's concerned, he's, it's put, all he's, he's putting his money on it and what have you. Yeah. So, right. What happened is they were trying to make him put on the jo jockey outfit. Yeah. But for some reason it didn't fit that well. Sleeves too was, short, legs too, too long. It's that sort of problem. Okay. So they let him, like, you know, wear his stuff that he wore in the circus and that, because it's, it's, it's comfortable with that, yeah, he's happy yeah. with it, do you know yeah, what I mean? That's what he's happy with. Yeah. Anyway, race starts and what have you. Uh, this horse, straight out of the trap and that, high speed, right? This this jockey's got a really big grin on his face, he's loving it, right? Everyone's cheering, going, who is this? Who's this jockey here? Yeah. It's amazing, never seen him before, and yet, look at him. But they can see his face, clearly. Anyway, gangster's happy and that, because he's, he's won. Well, I just want to say, the crowd, the crowd can see the jockey, can they? What? The crowd can. D I mean, it's, it's yeah, but he's so fast and what have <laughs> the you. The blur, it's a blur, it's all a blur. He's right? really, he's good at it. I mean, apparently right. he was close to falling off, and people were like, he's, he's gone, he's a goner. Right. He's got such a good reach that he managed to grab hold. Oh, of the good reach. Oh. And nice. well, they could tell he was smiling. They could tell he was smiling, but they couldn't see the, the detail of his face. Is that right? Just well, to clarify it's just, that. It's just blur and that. Sure, but they could tell teeth. he was smiling. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they knew he was happy. At the end of it, do you know, like the winner sort of rides around the crowd, but yeah, sort of you know, show off and what have you. Yeah. And all the women are there, and you know, like women are all dolled up at these events. Sure, yeah. they've all got big, big hats on. Uh, Sometimes they got through on those hats. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And um, one, one oh of the God. women, In one the of the women, particularly oh Carmen Miranda was very yeah, popular. Yeah. One of the women had like, like you say, fruit and what have you on it, yeah. a little, little banana. Right. right. Some kind oh, of they're not real. Woman. They're not real though. The hats. They're, they're, uh, no, they're, they're <laughs> not real they're, fruit, is it? Of course not. Never. So it, but I don't know who. I thought they wore those sort of kind of Cuban yeah, entertainment even, shows. I didn't realise they wore them yeah, at events. Yeah, even if it's like a big event, you know, you might have a hat with fruit, and it, it's sort of joke, but it, but it's it's fake fruit because it would it would it would perish. Well, this this jockey didn't understand that. He'd never seen false fruit. I don't understand. But what? why did the, why did the jockey suddenly? Why was he so desperate for fruit? I don't, I don't understand. understand. So anyway, so meanwhile the gangster's collecting his five hundred quid winnings. Yeah. Right? He's over the moon. Yeah. He kicks off because of this woman with the fruit. Yeah, I don't understand. I still don't understand no, why the jockey would go. Everyone from... noticed. Jockey, little monkey fella. Oh, that makes sense. If he was a monkey, that would make sense. Yeah. What year was this? Because I want to. It was it up. was nineteen fifties, and that's where the saying comes from about you know like in Cockney slang, five hundred quid is a monkey. He, he sort of put, you know, he put a monkey on it, and it all goes back to the time so when... So this happened in this, in, in, in England? In this country, yeah, yeah in, in England. So someone could well still be alive so, that we could easily yeah. contact that well, would confirm Well, that's it, we always, you know, there's event. no time length on this monkey news, if you've got any, if it's history, you know, if yeah. it goes back... Or if it's made up, bullshit. Just, just send it in. If it's to, bollocks, uh, send it in. Bollocks, if it's absolutely bollocks, send please send it in. That's this week's monkey news. RickyGervais.com <laughs> Well, that's the end of uh, the 10th 
podcast in a series of twelve. Only two more to go. Um, one more hour of the uh, the drivel that is um, the thoughts of Chairman Pilkington, or Dilkington, as he should now be known. Um, this uh, podcast was brought to you by Positive Internet. Those great guys at Positive Internet host the world's number one podcast. It's goodbye from me, Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant. If you want to get in touch, remember it's podcast at rickygervais.com. And Carl Pilkington. The Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. Hello and welcome to number 11 in our series of 12 podcasts with me, Ricky Gervais. Hello, uh, Stephen Merchant. Hello. And Carl Pilkington. Right. Now, Carl, you have become a phenomenon. Okay? Right. right. This uh, is a, a news story that's gone everywhere. It started, I think, in New York, Reuters, and then that's been taken up by every Reuters network everywhere, India, uh, all over Australia, England. Okay, here it is. The headline is, Podcast makes Britain an unlikely internet icon. Britain there, B-R-I-T-O-N. Okay? Now, this is uh, the story by Mark Egan. And it's, uh came out of um, New York originally. Unemployed British radio producer Carl Pilkington has become an unlikely superstar by using the medium of podcasting for his bizarre statement about eating an animal's private parts. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, it was it was more about like that reality show. That right? well, it says that here. It was during a discussion on yeah. the Gervais show about a reality TV show where contestants were asked to eat an animal's penis. Uh, Pilkington. Um, made internet history while talking about this it says right first he said he could not eat an animal's penis in the morning because he had a delicate stomach he then proclaimed using the british slang for penis i could eat a knob at night okay <laughs> his knob soundbite has become so popular that a google search for i could eat a knob at night yields more than half a million listings okay <laughs> among them are t-shirts featuring the slogan okay and pilkington's bald head Selling for seventeen dollars. Why did I have to make a point about your bald head? I, I, I don't know. What's why, why is that getting a little mention? <laughs> wow! It <laughs> doesn't matter. I see the t-shirt. Have a look at it. <laughs> what? What is bald? I'm not buying one then. It's not going to make any difference. Either you want a t-shirt with me, I don't, or you don't. It's not an issue. <laughs> all it says is among them are t-shirts featuring the slogan and Pilkington's bald head. I also liked it when it said Pilkington plays the village idiot on the Ricky Gervais show. Okay, now. Plays the village idiot suggests that he thinks you're a character, that character being a village idiot. The problem is, the fact that you're not a character, to me, suggests that you are just a village idiot. A global village idiot. Yeah. Mm. Now... Just on, uh, the, on the websites, though, when it said there's loads of websites about eating a knob at night. Yeah. Have they looked at each website and gone, yeah, that's to do with the podcast? Yeah. Or is it just like gays and that saying, oh, I love a bit of knob at night? <laughs> It's a valid question. It's a valid question. That's why you're an internet icon, Carl, because you say things like that. After Gervais mused on the show that the soundbite could be used in a dance remix, it took just a few days for the internet to be awash with songs using the soundbite as a hook. So what do you think of that, Carl? Oh, uh, well, I mean, is, is it big in, in India? 
Well, I don't know. It's all it goes around the world. This is a story. I know, but I just can't believe the, world... the problems that if I was in India, I wouldn't be getting upset about someone in London talking about a knob at night with the problems they've got. Well, I don't think anyone's getting upset in India. No, He's just saying, saying that the information. I can't imagine people walking around India. Have you, have you heard that song, Knob at Night? <laughs> I can't imagine that happening. With the, you know, they're hungry in that, and it's dusty and everything. <laughs> That's about... your image of India, is it? They're hungry and it's dusty. I, I assume it's. You know, the parts of India that aren't dusty and in poverty. There is a lot of poverty in India, but there was also, you know... Yeah, but these it's, parts it's of the... It's a major civilization, and uh, and the people uh, that, that that live in apartments with, with uh, uh, computers, they probably might tune in. But but I don't think it's an issue all over the world, is it? Because there's some places where they eat dogs. They'd go, no, at night, not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> might not be a bad thing. You know, why, why is that out on a T-shirt? I had one last Wednesday. <laughs> not, not an issue. What, what do you mean? Not, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, again, if there are cannibals listening, if it's, you know, in places that, that you wouldn't travel to, and they get hold of a little laptop and an iPod, and they listen to that, I can eat a knob at night, then they're going, what's the problem, what's the big deal? We all, we, we love a knob at night. Yeah, we so love yeah. a little knob at night, yeah. Bollocks in the morning, knob at night. That's the rule. But what about the fact that they're saying you're a phenomenon, a global phenomenon? Because when you were, you know, a tiny little um, round-headed... Mank, growing up in Manchester, you could not surely have ever anticipated that you would one day be described as a phenomenon, an international phenomenon. But, you know, uh, at the end of the day, I went to that school, you know, with a kid with a big head and webbed hands. Now he should be being talked about. <laughs> well, maybe he doesn't want to be talked about. If, if you've grown up with a big head and webbed hands, the last thing you want to be is talked about. He wants to. He wants to put on he wants a pair to blend of, into society. He yeah. wants to put put on a bit of uh, a pair of mittens and paint his head like a crash helmet, so people think, "Oh, it looks like a big head, but it's probably just the crash helmet." Yeah, just go about his business. Yeah, unnoticed. He won't get stopped on a bike or anything. Yeah, but I say if you've got something that's a bit weird, use it. That's what we're doing. That's exactly what me and Steve are doing. We have got something that's a bit weird, and we're using it. And I want to uh, speak to the people all around the world. Thanks for listening. But how famous can you make Carl Pilkington? Are you a journalist? Please write about this for people who probably haven't listened to Carl. Uh, talk about Carl Pilkington. Put a little poster up in your window. I love Carl Pilkington. Print a badge. Give it away. Email your friends. Tell uh, tell one person about this podcast and let them discover the the amazing beauty that is Carl Pilkington's mind. Hasta la vista, baby. I'll be back. I'm here to tell you about Friday Night Comedies on Channel 4. There's three great comedies. New Green Wing, it's nearly ready. My name is Earl and the It Crowd. The great new comedy from creator of Father Ted. Get your ass to Mars. Friday Night Comedy, this Friday on Channel 4. Switch it on. I'll be back. Uzi 9mm. Cause they did it, boss. The Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. As ever, Rick, there are hundreds and thousands of emails coming in. Um, people contributing all kinds of stuff, pictures as always, and uh, little video clips that I think might be of interest. And of course, as ever, lots of questions for Carl as well, just to sort of try and tap into his brain, see what's going on there. Question from uh, Jade Ramira. Carl, what would you change if you were in charge of what kids are taught in school? Right, you know, because, I mean, your school experience was a bit... If you got very bored, didn't you? You got very disillusioned by school. Yeah. What I'd do, right, is, uh, 
Instead of keep sort of teaching kids about two and two and that, she's four. Right? <laughs> well done. Um, Show off. <laughs> um, I think she should be asked more questions that make them think rather than something that has just got an answer. I totally agree. I totally agree. Right. So yeah, like, yeah, uh, to teaching them the the the, the quest for knowledge. Inflaming their imagination, but just freaking them out a bit as well. Just going like, <laughs> See, I knew that's where it was going. Because <laughs> yeah. as soon as you started talking, Rick, I was thinking you're thinking some of the big existential or philosophical questions. You yeah, know, what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to interact with other exactly. humans? To be a human, or, or, or teaching them sort of like philosophy on a basic level that you know, teaching them the love for learning. So yeah. you know, get them back to a roots level so they want to learn and then they will learn, as opposed to just teaching them facts. Whereas he, he was thinking, <laughs> freak them out a bit. <laughs> yeah, no, just like you know, like I read the other day, um, and someone sent it in on email. Like, how there's a, a, a dishwasher that's been found on Mars. Rubbish. Woo, what? Right? But it's not true. So, so tell them that. But it's not true. Go home and write about it. How did that happen? But it didn't happen. The, well, it did happen. It was in a science magazine. No, it didn't happen. There's not in, a dishwasher a proper, on Mars. Why not? Because... Yeah, how, why not? Why did it... How did it get there? But we're always sending, like, rubbish out there and that. It's like... Not dishwashers. What, you think that the council take it away and they go, where can we put it? Well, the, uh, the tip's full. We, well, where's the nearest thing we can dump this? Mars, I imagine. No, but the same way that fella who, I don't know, was it two Christmases ago when he was messing about saying I can get stuff to Mars and all that, um, he did it wrong because he did it on, like, Boxing Day and I just think nobody's concentrating. No one wants to work on that day. It's kind of like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? They're going to do stuff sort of half-arsed, aren't they, sure. on Boxing yeah. Day. So... It didn't really get there, I don't think, but it crash-landed. What right? are you talking about? What was he trying to do? He was sending something up to Mars. Yeah, that little, that little fella that wanted to get something on Mars, and it, it, it got... Probe, you mean? And it didn't open properly. Yeah. It got there, didn't open but, but the thing is, it got there, it didn't open properly. No one's been back to pick it up. And what I'm saying yeah. is, we're saying about going to Mars as our next planet, it's a tip. There's loads of stuff that's been no. flirted up there. No, it's not. <laughs> it <laughs> has, it's, about... all, it's just all, like, that probe thing is still there, rotting away. Yeah. So... Ipso facto, there is a dishwasher on Mars. We've yeah. settled that. Why would they have a dishwasher on Mars? Would they take the dishwasher up to the space shuttle in case they had dinner parties? What are you talking about? I just think they would have a little dishwasher in there. There's a lot of them. Tight space. You don't want to... Be Who's going to do that? You know, that means... Do you know how much fuel it takes to move a kilogram... Yeah. ...out of the Earth's atmosphere? So they're going to take up a dishwasher, are they? Sorry, but what are they cooking up there, Carl? How many people does it take to fly a rocket? I... <laughs> how many people? Tell me how many people. Uh, well, it's either one monkey with a banana shoot that feeds it, or probably two or three humans. Right. Say it's three humans. Yeah. Now, there's three humans because they need one to steer it, one to, like, be going, yeah, we're all right. Yeah. One, one to make the... some hors d'oeuvres. One, one, to, one to stop at the petrol station no, to get what, more. Yeah. What I'm saying is, if you're going to start having a sink, then whoever's they washing up... They've got a sink. I know, because they've got a dishwasher. <laughs> He's got you there. But anyway, I'm not, I'm not going to go into that, but all I'm saying is teach kids things about... Say to them, right, when you go home tonight, there was dinosaurs knocking about ages ago. How would you have lived with them? Get on with it. See you later. Well, they didn't. I've told you this before. You, you got a lot of your information from the Flintstones and One Million Years BC with Raquel Welsh. There weren't dinosaurs knocking around where there were little fellas knocking around in furry pants. No, no, but just sort of saying to them, all right, then, here's a different question. Go on then. Would it be better... Um, to have dinosaurs knocking about now whilst yeah. we're here. Because what, I, I put that in my diary the other day, like, that <laughs> when you think about it, there's a population problem. Yeah. There's too many of us. Yeah. We're saving people all the time. No one's allowed to get injured anymore. You've got to, you know, wear a helmet when you're on a bike. Yeah. There's speed bumps to slow people down. Zebra crossing. <laughs> cures for illnesses. No one's dying anymore, right? Well, I think they are. 
Not not as many as they should be because yeah, the world's think, crowded. All I'm saying I is, think it's there's still people dying. I think I think there's still people dying. Not that many though. Yeah, I think there's still a millions handful, of people a handful, dying. Apparently, a handful. Lo yeah. Loads of people are living longer, and yeah. that's that's a problem. So, so what you I'm feel saying that is you should introduce Tyrannosaurus Rex into say London, around. just having wandering around, just picking people off. That's what. Just just you know just sort of random and that because I I don't know. I mean I'm not wishing that anyone I know dies and that. But all I'm saying is I don't know anyone who's died for ages. Right. Whereas if a dinosaur was knocking about, you'd go, oh, oh, Neil, yeah. Neil's gone missing. Yeah. And, and Nora's been, had her head bitten off by a... Whatever. I just yeah. think it, then it is survival of the fittest, which yeah. is, we've lost all that now. You don't even have to be fit to survive. You just keep sticking a new lung on you. <laughs> or, <laughs> do you know what I mean? They, 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 can, they can do too much now to keep people going. They just keep sticking a new lung on you. Question from Kevin. He says, Carl, other than the famous boxing match that you've often talked about, I know that took um, up about 20 minutes of your time, have you ever been in any other kind of fight? Uh, I don't suppose a, a slanging match. I think they're talking. Have you ever been in a physical fight? Um, once that I can remember. It was over a, over a woman. Well, <laughs> a girl. I was at school. Yeah. Um, and it was because, like, it's hassle, isn't it? Right? Relationships when you're younger. How old were you? Um, about seven. <laughs> <laughs> it was over a woman. <laughs> go on then. Yeah, go on. And there was this girl knocking about who, you know, she was, she was quite good looking, everybody liked. And, uh, my mate, he really liked her. And, uh, I, I didn't sort of ask her out on that, but she just sort of took a shine to me and stuff, right? And, uh... Didn't really go out with her properly. It's at, at that age where going out with someone is just like sort of going, all right, in the morning. Do you know what I mean? You just sort of <laughs> nod your head. Yeah. And that. Anyway, there was some sort of school disco. <laughs> and um, they were playing Spin the Bottle or something. Right? And uh, I sort of wandered over to see what was going on. And I stood on this girl's dress and put a hole in it. And she started crying. I was like, oh, I can't be dealing with this. Right. You know, what's up with you? It's old, what's up with you? And everyone's going, Carl, what are you doing? That's meant to be your girlfriend and that. You should be sort of saying, oh, I'm sorry, and giving her a hug and all that, and saying, it'll be all right, we'll sort the dress out. I said, oh, I can't be dealing with this. No. Right. So she's crying her eyes out. I said, it's over, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's over, you saying? Right. In the morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No more of that. Yeah, there's no more. Right. In the morning. So I go to the toilet, right, and uh, this lad who fancies her comes in and goes, you're out of order. You know, I'm saying, what are you on about? So you're, there's two seven-year-olds. Seven yeah. You're out of order. Keep out. Yeah. <laughs> Cut it out. Show her a bit of bloody respect. <laughs> Sorry, were you wearing trilbies? Yeah. <laughs> he put his cigarette out in the sink, and he just said, leave it. <laughs> Get out of my face. <laughs> So oh. I, I just sort of said, look, why are you getting involved? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. why are you getting involved? And, oh, uh, and, it, and it was obviously like, because, you know, he, he fancied her and that. We yeah. had a bit of a fight in there. Yeah. Um, I, I accidentally, you know, sort of chipped his tooth on a sink. Right. Wow, is it like a proper... Sorry, this is like someone from Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. Yeah. What are you talking about? Two seven-year-olds in a toilet. I just, uh, so I... you put you put a hole in her dress. I don't know how that happened. What were I you wearing? Football boots? How did you make a hole in her dress? I don't know. It was like that, that sort of material. You were like, wearing winkle pickers. Like <laughs> crepe. You know what I mean? It was like a crepe dress or something. Yeah. Right. And that so got a hole in it. 
But so, so you're having a, and when you say you're having a fight, I mean, are you wrestling with it? You got he- so arm locks and headlocks. A little bit of wrestling and sho- shoving about and that. And it was an accident. I didn't sort of go right. I'm going to break your teeth or anything. It's just yeah. that I happened to push his head down, and and his tooth hit the sink. Yeah. Right. And it chipped and yeah. what have you. After that, like I, I sort of left there and stuff, and we had to go into assembly. Uh, and there was a copper in there doing some presentation, saying, "Listen, kids, you know, don't get into trouble, because we're out there and we'll get you." Right, so sort of try to teach the kids young, not to get into any trouble and stuff. So I'm sat in the assembly room, thinking, "Oh God, there's a copper here talking," and it like my mate's going to come in in a minute, like with a chipped tooth and everything. And, and questions are going to get asked. That's what kind of happened. I mean, the, the coppers didn't get involved. Yeah. But did you turn your back on violence after that? Then? Yeah. Uh, well, well, could... he, he said you'll never take me alive, copper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that was the sort of last fight. Brilliant. The Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. Some of the questions coming in now, Rick, are just, I don't know what they're intending, what what response they're hoping for, really. This is one from Rob. He just says, I was just wondering, what are Carl's views on the human appendix? What do you think, Carl? What do you think of the human appendix? Never worried about it. What? Well, no, I think Rob's point is that it's sort of pretty uh, redundant now. Yeah. The appendix is, used to be a, a, an organ that, that was packed with um, these uh, these enzymes that help break down things like cellulose, but because of our diet now and because the uh, you know cooking and uh, and other things, we we don't need to eat a lot of cellulose. We don't eat very very low grade things like 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 rabbits, for example, huge appendix and cecum, and they they use it to break down the cellulose. They actually eat their own uh, feces to get it through again. But we get a lot of nutrients out of food now. We eat very rich food, so we sort of don't need the appendix. And also, when something goes wrong with the appendix, if it bursts, it can infect you and you can die from it. So sort of, what's the point in having it? We don't need it, and it can only cause us harm. That was the question, I think, that Rob was putting to you. So now, what are your thoughts on the human appendix? So, th- this is kind of what we've talked about before, where... He always says that. He always says something like, oh, we've talked about this before. And, and the thing that we talked about is nothing like it. Yeah. There's, there's never... Go on. No, but just like um, in the way that we've messed with our body and we've messed with the world too much. Yeah. If we've got an appendix, we, we must need it. If it's dangling about, right? Well, no, because such, such is the human evolution is uh, that, that, as you said before, you know, it's no longer based on survival of the fittest because we can, we can fight nature and combat it. So our evolution, if you like, socially and, and everything else, has it, it, is, is been much faster than our biological yeah, but evolution. What, what, I, what I mean is we've, we've obviously interfered somewhere along the way. And, well, and we, well, we have interfered, yeah. yeah. we shouldn't have done. Because it's, mm. it's the same way, like, uh, if, you know, if we didn't have planes and that, would we have wings now? If we'd have no. needed to get about, <laughs> no. would we have had wings? No, the answer's no. Next. No, but but you say that, but look at the way... Because he's right, is it because he's right? No, but all I'm saying is you see that little picture of like an ape to man. Yeah. At first, they're crawling about on all fours because probably yeah. you're looking for food, so you want to be down there. So right. if, you, if you're on both legs, yeah. you're missing stuff that's on the floor. What sort of time period do you think this... Because, I mean, we started, uh, pl- you know, dabbling with a plane maybe 100 years ago. So what sort of time period do you think this little thing who's scrabbling around looking for food I stood d- up and I walked? don't know. I, I sort of don't worry about time. Right. Sort of behind, well, I'll tell you now, we wouldn't have wings now. If the Wright brothers had said, I'll oh, forget it, we wouldn't have wings now. What would happen? Right, here's, here's another question. This is one that I chuck out to kids as well. We were talking about education, teaching kids stuff. Sure. What would happen, right? Uh, we ruin this world, right? Goes wrong and that. 
right? They shut it down. They go, we're moving. We go to another planet. It's as simple as that yeah. in his world. It's as simple as that. We can't go to uh, Mars because it's full of stuff that used to be in Dixon's. It's like a tip. Yeah. It's a nightmare. <laughs> so we can't go there. We go somewhere else. So you find another planet, wherever it is, right? Yeah. Wherever um, it is. Yeah, easy. Something that I've always wondered about, if we do that, do we start New Year's or do we carry on? What, do you know what I mean? Do we say, oh, it's still 2006? Or do we go, oh, it's world, it's world new, or whatever. Yeah. New world. That is definitely the first priority. You it's have. year one. Right, we've sorted that out. Right, now... Well, it depends, doesn't it? Because a year might not be the same on this planet. We'd sort that out, right? We'd sort out what, what year it is and that. Well, no, no, um, no, no. What I'm saying is we'd have to start again anyway because the planet might not take one year as we know it to to go around the sun. It might not take a day to turn. A day is, is a day because that's how long it takes. Yeah, but it. we'd have to carry on, as we know, because we don't want to start doing longer days and that. Otherwise, it'll just kick off and say, this is rubbish, this new world, what are you doing? No, I'm we wouldn't have a choice. Hour a day. We wouldn't have a choice. A day is how long it takes no, the planet to, but to, a day to is, turn, a day and is, a year is how long it takes that planet to go around no, the but, sun. But once. a day is man-made, really. There's places in the world where they're working in the dark, isn't they, in Iceland and that. But they don't go, well, it's dark all the time, so I'll stay in bed. Well, no, but there's still a day. It's still 24 hours in a day in Iceland. Yeah, but that's we only work by that clock because that's what people use at the moment. When they go, what time is it? You go, it's 20 past No, no, no. We use that that because that's how long it takes the planet we're on to, 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 I, to I've turn. never worried about it like that. I've just always... Well, no, I'm well, telling you... Well, that's because you weren't asked to get involved when they came up with the idea. I'm telling you, just, that's what a day is. It's yeah. how long it takes your planet to... to yeah. What would you mean? The way that... What, no, I'm, I'm just saying that's fine and everything, but if when I was born people said there's 26 hours in a day, I'd go, fair enough. I'm not going to argue. I'm well, not yeah, gonna, we could have I'm made that by long an hour is, yeah. We I'm, could have made an hour shorter and get 26 Well, in. they're saying they're going to do that. Because, well, no, because, they're not. No, they are, because no, there's they're so not. many people in the world. Yeah. This is what I was talking about before. They've got to create more jobs. The only way to have more jobs, keep shops open, take on more people, everyone's happy. That makes no sense at all. <laughs> right. Safety is 28 hours in a day. Yeah, it'd still be 24 hours long as we used to know it. No, you'd have you'd have like oh what time is it oh it's it's like twenty past uh, twenty five or whatever. <laughs> well, you're, not, you're not making any sense at all. No, I'm just saying <laughs> the Earth would still take twenty four hours as we know it now. It, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a minute. I want uh, there's more interesting territory here. Let's say we've got to our new planet, wherever that is. It takes fourteen hours. Okay, to you know, to to do its turn. So we call that a day, right? So we've now yeah. agreed that fourteen hours is a day. But nothing. It's going to take ages to get the town centre built and that. If people are, if you've only got, I'm going with you. I'm defending you here. All right. Yeah. So we've got, so we've got that. We've established what the day is. We've established what a year is. Right. It's year one. It's Carl year one. What next? All right. We've got all the people. We've moved to another planet. You said you had a bunch of other questions. Don't forget, our sleep patterns have evolved on a day. The reason we sort of like go to sleep at night and have about eight to ten hours sleep is because that's our evolution. No, but that's only yeah, that's just because what that's what we've got used to, isn't it? Yeah. You look at a sloth, that's asleep all the time. Yeah, that's got the same watches us. It's doing yeah, what it wants. But it, it evolved differently, didn't it? it yeah, evolved but, but, on it's, the, but it's on... living now in two thousand six, so wake it up. Right, you can't <laughs> get away. You're not getting away with this anymore. If you want to live now, join in with us. <laughs> Well, it's that time again. Uh, it's the feature that the world is saying could rival Monkey News one day. Ready? Oh, what's he written today? 
well, Carl's Diary. You didn't explain yeah. what it was, Carl's Diary. Actually, as some one person said, if we are going to get it published, we could maybe publish it as The Diary of an Idiot. Very good. So, um, you know, it'll riff down one of the most famous diaries. Sunday, got up. Sunny day, so I went for a walk in the park. There was a bloke walking down the street who was whistling uh, some kind of annoying tune. He seemed quite happy with himself. Do people only whistle when they're happy? I don't whistle very much. It's a good point. I- I'm whistling is so inane to me. But yeah, but it'd be... It's all like going. I'm, I'm, I'm content. I'm. Uh, it, it really is that thing that if they go, uh, you go. Well, um, Mr. Mellows, I'm afraid uh, I've got some bad news. Not only has your wife died, but you've lost the house. Thanks, Doctor. Won't happen. No, <laughs> you don't whistle it, yeah. when you're sad. The other place you hear, of course, is uh, changing rooms, and that's men going. I'm whistling, so I'm not looking at your cock. <laughs> How could I be? I'm concentrating on whistling. <laughs> the lake was frozen over where I was walking. The ducks looked worried. <laughs> they were sat on the edge of the lake waiting for it to melt. Where are they, Carl? Yeah, we're just sat there looking, sort of going, oh, what's going on? I don't know. I, how, how long is a duck's memory? Because I wondered whether they're going, this doesn't seem right, but I don't know why. I asked Suzanne why ducks don't use their wings much. They seem to walk and swim more and don't bother using their wings. Suzanne said she had to call her mum and dad, so I never got an answer. <laughs> the old excuse! <laughs> <laughs> Suzanne, oh, I can't talk now, Carl. Um, Gotta I've... phone my mum. <laughs> there was a marathon-type run going on in the park. It reminded me of the time when we were moving flat. It was the day of the London Marathon. Me and Suzanne were walking down the middle of the road, taking some stuff to our new flat. I was carrying a lamp and a kitchen bin. People were clapping me, thinking I was doing some kind of fun run. Uh. <laughs> Why were you walking on the same route? Because I, it was when we lived on the Docklands. Oh, and, uh, brilliant. There was, there was no other route. The flat was just about 100 oh. yards down the road. They're going, look at the bloke with the bald wig. He's <laughs> yeah. carrying a lamp and a bin. Took a bag of old clothes to Oxfam. It was just old T-shirts and a couple of jumpers with holes in it. I don't think anyone will buy them, but the Oxfam is closer to the flat than the wheelie bin is. <laughs> on the tube on the way back home, saw an advert for a book about a woman who works in a funeral home. She went into work one day, uh, she goes to work on a body, she takes the sheet off of one of the bodies, and it looks exactly like her. This is called a doppelganger. The What's thing- a doppelganger to you? It's the thing I read about ages ago where... Um, someone was uh, walking down the street. Yeah, and he sees someone who looked a bit like him. And no, this was weirder than that. Go um, on. Um, he, he he remembers like going down that street as a kid on his bike whistling. Yeah. And then he sort of is walking down the street going to get some milk or whatever from the shop. Little bike comes whizzing past. He hears the whistling. He goes, "That's weird." Looks at it. It was him when he was a kid. <laughs> So Don't it's like a time shit. What do you mean? It was him as a kid. This this is like a different form of doppelganger. It's just. Um, well, it's impossible. It's rubbish. Some sort of time thing, isn't it? No, no, it's, it's not even that's impossible. So it's some kind of time thing, Rick. No, no, no. Yeah, it's something you read thing. again on the internet, or it was a short story, or something someone told you. Mm. On my walk back from the tube, I saw a jogger who was pushing a pram at the same time. The kid looked terrified. <laughs> <laughs> Got my science book out. It said that the static you get on the telly when a channel isn't tuned in properly is radiation that is still knocking about from when the Big Bang happened. I thought about the Big Bang and wondered if it was really a Big Bang or did it just sound louder as there was no other noise to drown it out. (laughs) 
point, though, isn't it? Kyle's Diary, Rick, never ceases to amaze. More from uh, that next week. Hey, fool! Don't give me no back chat, sucker! I ain't here to mess with you, I ain't getting in no plane. I'm here to tell you all about Friday Night Comedy on Channel 4. Hmm. There are three great new comedies. New Green Wing, Yeah, Fool, That's Nearly Ready, My Name is Earl, and The Egg Crowd. They're great new comedy from the creator Father Ted, sucker. Friday Night Comedy, this Friday on Channel 4, Fool. Switch it on, or I'll be around your house. You stay up all night shivering, because you'll be so mad scared, Fool. Oh, well, it's that time now. Yeah? It's the big one. Oh, chimpanzee that monkey news! <laughs> right, it was this, uh... Monkey? This fella, right, who, uh... He had a problem with his eyes. Right? Yeah. So, uh, he goes to the doctors, and he goes, uh... Oh, I've got a problem with my eyes. And he goes, yeah, they bad them, right? <laughs> he goes, uh... It was in America, you know, like how you have to pay for, for medical stuff and all that. Mm -hmm. And the doctor said, oh, if, if I fix them, it's going to be like 10 grand, right? Mm. It's like, but I haven't got the money, doctor. He goes, well, I can't help you then. You know, there's a lot of people with bad eyes like them. Can't do anything for you. Mm. So he goes, oh, it's getting worse. Can't do anything. God. So anyway, so he goes home. Is that the price of human eyes, is it? So he goes home, he's looking in the paper, right? And he, he sort of sees in the adverts at the back. And uh, there's a little advert there saying, cheap doctors. Right. <laughs> no, <bollocks. laughs> oh no. no. So he's thinking, oh, maybe that's maybe that's what I uh, maybe that's what I need, right? So he calls him up. Woman's there. She's like, wait, what can I do? Because I've got bad eyes and that. She says, oh, come in tomorrow. We'll sort them out. She's like, brilliant. I'll see you then. Right. So he goes down there, and uh, he says, right, you know, I, c I can hardly see. My eyes have got in really bad state and what have you. Right. I need to have them sorted out. I don't know what you do, whatever you do. Right. I need now, doing. his eyes are so bad, can he see the doctors? He can... Um, not really, he sort really of squinting and that, but, you know, so, uh, so he's like, uh, do I need to see the doctor to, you know, have a word and tell him what problem? She's like, no, nah, don't, don't worry about that. Don't worry just, about uh, no, I'd, I'd, I'd be comfortable if it's a... Just, a just, you know, just let me inject you and uh, we'll knock mm. you out and we'll, we'll get on with it. Can, like, get well, it's, can it's, I just tell you something about um, chimps as well, just before you continue? You know, they don't have opposable thumbs. Now, why are opposable thumbs useful, really? Well, to, to grip something, to do anything like, you know, even simple uh, stuff like writing, so let alone surgery. So without an but opposable thumb... can I just thumb, check now? So if I was a doctor and I was doing any form of difficult surgery, would I need opposable thumbs? You'd need opposable thumbs. To be a doctor. And without opposable you couldn't do anything. You but, couldn't, thanks it, for clearing that because up. Because um, uh, the, the opposable thumb allowed something in our evolution called the precision grip. Right. So, without that, you couldn't do anything. I'm just glad they've got that cleared up, thanks. So anyway, so he's had the injection, he's nodding off and what have you, right? his eyes are sort of closing and that, he hears the door open, he, he sort of just sees this little fella come in and he's like, hello doctor, and he's trying to like, make a chat with it, sure. but like, he, he's just it? nodding off. Uh, no, just, oh, he's he never called it these, these people have done seven years medical Deeply training. Respected people. How could you say, call it it? So anyway, he thought, oh, it's weird he didn't answer, but, you know, doctors can be quite moody, you know, they're highly intelligent, they don't need... Especially idle, little airy ones. Well, just idle chit-chat, there's no room for that, do you know That's what right. I mean? Yeah, just, it's just, just, yeah, but you know, if, I, if I'm going in to have my eyes done, I want a little bit of idle chimp-chat. So anyway, time passes, right? Yeah. Uh, he sort of wakes up and uh, he opens his eyes, right? And uh, it's brilliant, he can't believe it. Eyes are perfect. He's had, he's had, he's had the op. He, he can't believe the sight. He's like, nurse, right? And the nurse comes in because I can't believe it. This is brilliant. I've never had this such good sight. Do you know what I mean? Even when I was a baby. Yeah. And my eyes were new. Yeah. I didn't see this good. Great. So she's like, well, you know, that's... that's you realise the nurse is a panda. That's that's what we do, right? So uh, 
he said, right, so can I just see the doctor and just say thanks and that? And she's like, well, to be honest, you know, he's, he's specialised in what he does. Uh, there's a lot of... <laughs> what work. a load of bollocks this is getting. <laughs> Please. Where did you get this from? No, come on, let's hear the end of the news. There's well, a lot of, there's a lot of, like, operations he's got to do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, leave him to it. He's just having a kit. You know, I'll, I'll let him know that you were grateful. Uh, you know, pays the check, off you go, go and enjoy looking at stuff. Yeah. So, uh, he says, uh, he said, no, I just, just, what's wrong with that? I just want to see that. Just no, like, no leave it, just leave. Yeah, exactly, like, leave it. And he's, he's like, he's like yeah, but I can't, you know, I, I want to thank him. So he's done such a good thing for me. So they're getting into a bit of an argument and what have you, and the voices are raising, right? Mm. Uh, door gonna opens. They're going to wake the doctor up. Well, mm. that's what they did. They woke it up, right? They so, woke it up. So the door opens, right? <laughs> Little monkey comes out, oh. and, and he's like, "What's what's what's going on here? It's hospital. Why is the why is he a, a monkey knocking about?" Yeah. So the woman went, woman said, well, "What what do you mean? He, he's the doctor." Right? <laughs> so she, so he's like, "You are having a laugh, aren't you?" She goes, "Look, don't complain. You, your eyes are sorted. Yeah. You know the doctor's done it. What what what's the problem?" He said, "Well, if I'd have known that, I wouldn't have come here." She said, "Well, what do you mean you didn't know that?" She said, "The advert in the paper you read. It's like." Chimp doctors. That is the biggest load of shit I've ever heard. That really is the worst. What? Well, and he? So he? Because his eyes were so bad, he thought it said cheap doctors. He saw the advert and and it said it said chimp doctors, but because his eyes were bad, he just saw it. What as, journal is this in? It was it was years ago because it sort of says how the monkey sort of carried on working for a few years. Uh, he couldn't do anything. Then just retired to, to play it. golf. It's absolute bollocks. There's no to... way. There's, there's. I mean, it's not even worth talking about. So. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. It's the most ridiculous monkey news you've ever heard, and that's saying something. Chimp, chimp doctors, cheap. It's easy mistake. Well, that's the end of another podcast. That's uh, week eleven. We've got one more to go next week. So uh, go to wickedgervais.com, see some of the things we've been talking about, register, so we can let you know what's happening when we're, when we're back. Who hosted this podcast? It was the great guys at Positive Internet who host the world's number one podcast, The Ricky Gervais Show, with me, Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant, bye-bye, and Carl Pilkington. The Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. Hi, Ricky Gervais here with me, Stephen Merchant. Hello. And Carl Pilkington. Hi. Welcome to uh, the final episode in our series of 12 podcasts. I say final, it's final of 12, but um, we may be carrying on. Go on. Well, next week we're going to try and uh, uh, do another one to continue this for at least a little while. Um, we may have to charge a small fee for it because it's uh, it'll cost us money, um, and Carl is uh, unemployed. But we we mean a real tiny little fee. Um, but uh, hopefully we will be back next week. Now um, we're not sure where it'll be. It'll probably be on iTunes. But just go to rickygervais.com and we'll guide you there. Hurrah! Yay! Um, and thanks for listening for this long and uh, supporting us. I hope you continue to support us. Go on, continue to support us. Yeah, particularly Carl, who has no money whatsoever, and he's desperate. He's a desperate man. I, right, there's Carl? no one out there going, oh, look, they're charging for it now. But, you know, people forget we gave 12 for free. This is it. So quickly people forget. We're big shots. Yeah. Well, Carl's not, but, um, you know, we are, aren't we? Exactly. I mean, we, yeah, we were generous, but we're not that generous. We're not, we're not mad, and Carl needs a, a little bit of money. Look at his little round little head. He's like... 
little tiny Tim over there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Look at him sitting there. Carl, you've had a good week. Uh, it's been all right. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> well, uh, more that's... more of that next week. You have to, <laughs> you, but you'll have to pay for it now. <laughs> I'm surprised you're not buzzing because uh, we just had our photograph taken to enter the Guinness Book of Records for the greatest downloaded podcast of all time. We went along to The Guardian and the press were there and they took a little picture of his round head, didn't they? Yeah. But I, I don't know why, why should I be excited about it when it's just... Is have it... you always wanted to be in the Guinness World of Records? Not not really, no. I, I've got. I, I've been looking at the... Uh, we, they presented us with the, the um, this year's and I've been looking through it and there's some fascinating ones. I used to yeah, get but this that's, that's what I'm saying, though. There's loads of things in there that I used to go to. Like, I looked at it online the other day to mm. see if, you know... What's on there? You click on it, the home page that you get when you click on Guinness Book of Records. It's a fellow with the most ear hair, right? Looks amazing. So that, to me, is what the Guinness Book of Records is about. So Not you're impressed with the bloke who just happens to have the most ear hair? No, but it's commitment. He could have he could have shaved it off, but he didn't. He left it. Yeah, we, no, it's less commitment. But we, yeah, that just grew. We we actually bothered to do a podcast. Right, forget that then. The one with the rings on the neck where they stretch the neck so their heads tall. That's commitment. If that didn't work out, he's stuck with that head, and he didn't even get in the book. <laughs> you're stuck with that head, and you have got in the book, so be happy. Uh, what if it's a stitch-up? What if you're under roundest head? I'd be a bit annoyed. Why? Just because I, d I don't... I mean, have you got a choice? Say, like, the fella with, um, you know, the small man. Say if he's, he's not happy about being small, he's trying yeah. to go about his life, he knows people are looking at him, pointing at him, going, look at him, he's tiny. But does he want to be in the book? Oh, I think I think they've got to give their consent. Have they? Because if the, if if the smallest wasn't willing to be in there, they'd go. The second smallest man is so and so. He was willing to be in here. Yeah, but we... the smallest one is Frank, and he didn't want to do it. So again, he's in it without wanting to be in it. <laughs> no, but I don't know. He's got you there, Rick. I don't know if they do. I don't know if they go around. I I, I think that you'd have to um, uh, be complicit in it for them to measure your head and say this is the roundest head on the planet Earth. Not, you know what I mean. But then, what do I do with that? That's what I'm saying. Is it something you put on a CV? I don't I see the point in it. Well, I think you are the fellow with the roundest head, and I think right, a lot yeah. of people know that. Because also, I've noticed when people ask for a picture of you, they don't say, can I have a signed picture of Carl? They say, can I have a signed picture of Carl's head? Which is a weird thing to say about a human being, isn't it? They go, well, oh, look at his head. Look at his head, not look at his face. Or can I have a picture of him? They say, can I have a picture of... Have you got a picture of Carl's head? Why, why are they allowed to mention that? And the thing is, like, we're, we're on some sort of broadcasting medium where you don't even see me, Ed, so it's not important. Well, I can't see you, Ed, because the mic's perfectly round and it obliterates it out like an eclipse. But what I mean is, it doesn't matter, does it? For doing what I do, it doesn't It doesn't interfere in any shape or form. But the thing is, Carl, what people are fascinated with, and I've said it before, you've got a head like a fucking orange. <laughs> we'll be charging for more information like that from next week. We do, of course, Rick, every week get thousands of emails. I mean, it's crazy. It takes us ages to go through them and, and read them. And we, are, we are going through them. We are reading them. Freddie Gerstrom from Winchester says, uh, of course, it was recently Valentine's Day. What's the most romantic thing that you've done for Suzanne, Carl, that you can think of? Uh, I, I don't really do all that. Sure. Uh, the Valentine's Day stuff. It's just, the problem is, if you do it once, they expect it every year. Yeah. Sure. That's that's the problem with Christmas and stuff, isn't it? It's like it's become that's what you do now every yeah. year, every day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I prefer to just sort of wait. You know what I mean? And and you know, if I think of an idea or I know of something that she wants, I might get her something. But I might not do it on 
Valentine's Day. It's that thing. It's like how I've, I've said about Pancake Tuesday. Make it Pancake Wednesday. Have it when you want. Why yeah. am I waiting? Why am I waiting for someone to tell me when I can have a pancake? I'll have it today if I want one. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's Pancake Tuesday. No, I won't bother. I'll have a trifle. So, <laughs> so it's the same same with this. You know, with Suzanne. Um, luckily, right? I mean, Valentine's Day and what have you. She was uh, she was ill. Luckily. So we didn't we didn't have to go out. So I'd say, is he asking for advice? Well, I suppose yeah. Certainly, you may as well give it. Treat them when they deserve it. <laughs> all right. I remember uh, once when Suzanne was ill, she had a fever, but there was no food in the house. What did you suggest to her? She was too ill. Well, to it cook. was it was when we were still living in Manchester and that, and uh, you know uh, we needed to get some food in for tea and stuff. And uh, I said, "Come on, come to the supermarket." She was like, "No, I'm ill. You go." And I ate buying food. I just sort of get a bit blank when I'm looking at it. There's too much, isn't there? That's the problem. You go down all these aisles and it's just too much. <laughs> so anyway, I said, no, come on, come with me. She was like, oh, but I've got this fever, I'm hot and everything. So I said, well, come to the supermarket, you go on the frozen aisle, cool yourself down. <laughs> <laughs> and she did. And she said, you know, it made it worse. She was ill for another three days, but... How would you uh, go about chatting up a woman in a bar? What, what tips could you give? Um, I've, I've, never, I've never worked like that. It's always been like a friend of a friend and all that, and... Just happened to meet them, and then you know you have a chat, and then how did you meet Suzanne? Uh, that was when uh, I was working with her, and uh, she gave me twenty p for uh, the hot chocolate machine. She never asked for it back. <laughs> Thought she's all right. <laughs> um, I've been there sort of eleven years, so it works. Have you given you that? You've never given that twenty p back. Never asked for it back. And did you return the favour? Perhaps on the next date. Um, you buy her a Kit Kat or something? No, I don't think I did. I think I think word got out that um, she liked me and that. And um, what did I do? I think I did some work for her. I did some editing for her to sort of show off my skills and that. <laughs> sure. And she was like, "Oh, you're good at this, aren't you?" I was like, "Yeah." And I think she got us another drink because I was I was doing that editing for her in my own time. So you're up. You're up on the deal, aren't you? Because I, I know now, I feel for a fact that you've not spent any money on her in eleven years. So you are you're forty p up <laughs> at least. Lawrence from New York says, "I was wondering how Mr. K. Dilkington would interpret this famous saying of philosopher Ludwig Wittgenstein. The quote is: If a lion could talk, we could not understand him, even if he's English. Yeah, if he, <laughs> yeah, if a lion could speak English, so there's no language barrier. He's speaking English words and using all the correct uh, grammar and everything, but you wouldn't be able to understand what he was saying. Why? Because it is from a different world. His frames of reference would be so bizarre that you wouldn't be able to get a grasp on what he was talking about because you'd have so little in common, even if he used. Real words. No, but he's talking English. Yeah, no, but his reference points would be just so far removed. You know, they're removed slightly when, uh, uh, if you saw two people talking about Kierkegaard, you'd, un you'd, you'd, I hear... won't understand that. Exactly. So remove that a billion times to a different species with different input. No, but it depends. If I'm talking to a lion in London Zoo. Yeah. He'll, he'll be saying, oh, I'm fed up with being stuck in here. I'll go, yeah. It's like that. It depends what his background <laughs> is. I mean, there's some people who might have lived down the road from me, but have a totally different life. Absolutely. So it doesn't matter that it's a lion. 
Does it? Well, yeah, because they're just trying to remove it even more. So, so now it's not just a bloke who lived a few doors away. Now it's not even a bloke. Now it's not even... Yeah, but I'd, a, I'd pick something smaller yeah. or, right. or something, you know, a worm without a mouth. I'd go, definitely not. What? Definitely, definitely not, not what? what? I wouldn't be having a chat with it. I just, I just think that a worm that's, that's underground, yeah. what's it got to offer me? It's, it's blind and it hasn't got a mouth. It's not going to be a good day out with it, is what I'm saying. It's not going to have that much to say to me, even if it's English. Right? Yeah, even if it's and English! And how can you tell if a worm is English? Is it wear a very tiny bowler hat? Oh, Christ. But do you understand... What about a jellyfish? No, I, you see, I think that's where you, you, can, you can say you wouldn't be able to have a good chat with them. Because, to me, the sea might as well be another world. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, in a way, I, I think the fish sort of have more rights than us. What do you mean? Just because when when whoever made the world, right, yeah. say, you know, we were just bigging up God, but if yeah. I was was to have a go at him, yeah. I'd say, you added too much water. <laughs> Criticism one to God, right? right? So, <laughs> would, how would you have changed that? Just just more land. Fair enough. Now, why 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 have fish got more rights than us? That because was because because there's loads of them, and when you look at the amount of sea on the world, right? There's there's loads of that. You only have to like like you know I was in Malaga the other week, right? And you know you look in the sea, there's loads of different fish, uh, and that's just in like eight foot water. If you go miles out, there's like all sorts of weird fish, isn't there? With like lights on them and everything, so. And they're just millions of different types. Yeah. Yeah. Now... But why does that mean they've got more rights than us? Just because I think, you know, rights come in, in numbers, don't they? If you know what I mean. Like, if there's one of you shouting, people go, oh, he's an idiot, shut up, whatever. If there's loads of you shouting, they go, oh, best listen to them, see what they've got to say. Right. And, and that's what I mean about fish. <laughs> yeah. There's loads of fish. Right. So... But they're not really making their voices heard, though, are they, Carl? Yeah. I know, because they're underwater. But what, but what I mean is, I don't know what I mean. <laughs> the Ricky Gervais Show, on Guardian Unlimited. Oh, pleased to meet you. Start me up. I'm here to tell you all about Channel 4 Friday Night Comedy. So start me up. Now then, there's three great new comedies from New Greenwing. That's nearly ready. My name is Earl and the It Crowd. The great new comedy from the creator of Father Ted. Ow! Friday night comedy this Friday on Channel 4. Switch me in. It's going to be a winner. Carl, right? What what do you think it's like being a crab? If you if you could go now, your mind into a crab, what would you see? Where would you be? What would you be doing? What would you be thinking? What do you think of all the other things? The crabs you'd see, the 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 squids you'd see. What what what's it like? Do you think? I want you to. It's like creative writing. Just think. Just let yourself go. Come on. Uh, it's got to be a crab. What do you think of a slug? What do you think to be a slug? What would you do if you were, if you were transported now into a slug? What would you do? And you and Suzanne, you're suddenly in the kitchen, but you're a slug. And Suzanne's sort of like there, just making tea and that. How do you let her know I'd, it's you? It's impossible. I'd just chuck myself into the salt pot. <laughs> no, because what? What do you do? I'd, I'd hate that. I'd, that would be horrible. That. 
Have you ever read uh, Franz Kafka's Metamorphosis, Not in which a man so. wakes up and he's turned into a giant beetle, and that's the yeah, that's the whole story. Uh, I think it might be of interest to you. So what happened to him with the beetle? Well, I don't want to ruin it for you in case you no, read it. I won't but be reading it. Don't worry. He joined a pop group with three other people. He was brilliant. No, it's a really wonderful book. It's a kind of almost heartbreaking because, of course, he uh, he does like Ricky saying. He finds it very hard then to relate to other people, even though he still has the consciousness of a human. You know, his parents, his rest of his family, they don't know how to deal with him. You know, because he, he's a giant beetle, he becomes a freak. He becomes an outsider. It's terrible. You but, know. but hang on, though, is he a giant beetle or yeah. is he? Well, yeah. Well, that's not going to go down well, is it? <laughs> That's that course people aren't gonna like you. But if it's a normal sized one, then you just get in with the other beetles, don't you? <laughs> Whereas if you're but a giant sort of How would you do that? How would you ingratiate yourself? Right. So you're suddenly a beetle you're Carl Pilkington, right? There's other people, they're doing their business, they're scuttling around and you go you go in there and you go and they go they look at you as a new beetle. What what's your first what do you do? How do you ingratiate yourself? Well, for a bit I wouldn't I wouldn't sort of barge in into their house and that. I'd I'd wait until they're out and about. And I'd, I'd like, like in life, right? Um, sort of help them out. I don't know what beetles do all day. I've never seen one doing anything. They just seem to be going from one place to another. Right. I've never seen them carrying anything. I don't know what they eat. I don't know what they do. <laughs> I don't know why we've got them, right? But what I mean is, I'd watch them and I'd sort of help them out. And I mean, you know, it's like going on a date or meeting a woman, isn't it? But what if you there is? Whoa, a thing hang on. What do you mean? What, what, how is it like going on a date with a woman? Well, it's like I said about Suzanne with her hot chocolate. She bought me that, and I've gone, she's all right. 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 She gets me another one. Before I know it, she's living with me. <laughs> so, it's... You so, you're, 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 all these, those beetles, they're scrubbing around, right? You're sort of, like, watching them, and, there's, and then you realise that you want a mate with this female beetle. What do you do? What's your first move? Yeah, but I don't know what beetles do, do I? So, I don't know how, how, what you do. I don't know if you go up and go, all right. What do they do? How did they get on? Whoa! It's a different world. I, I don't know yet, do I? Because they haven't done it. Would but you feel bad? Because having your own mind in this beetle, right? Would you feel bad shagging a beetle? Would you feel that that was, that was a bit sick? Because you've got a human mind. Well, no. Because you just close your eyes and that, wouldn't you? And go oh, pretend to think of something else. So get round it that way. There's no point getting down about it because I'm stuck now as a beetle. So you've got to <laughs> get on with it. <laughs> but if you're a slug, you said you'd throw yourself in the salt pot. What would you do if you're a beetle if you got depressed? And you see all the other humans. No, you see but, your mates, right? They got they're listening to the iPod. What would you do? Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Though beetles are different because they mm -hmm. do tend to hang about with each other. A slug's always on its own. <laughs> it's a lonely insect, isn't it? It's, it's not an insect. All right, what is it? A mollusk. Right, they're lonely. I've never seen a load of snails all together or slugs <laughs> wandering about. Those beetles <laughs> seem to knock about in crowds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, oh God! Okay, right, another one. So they're sociable creatures, and it wouldn't bother you that you're that you've got the mind of Carl Pilkington in there, because you uh, can't communicate with these people because they don't speak English. They don't. They don't have any communication with you. Yeah, but if it's happened to me, there'll be another one in there. Okay, then. Right. Okay. Um, what would you do, right? That's <laughs> the most disgusting thing. What could it be? Um, right. What What would you do, right? If you were suddenly a fly, right? And you were knocking around with the flies, right? And you had to land on some... Uh, excrement? Yeah. What would you do? Yeah, but I don't have to. What do you mean? You're a fly. You're yeah, but I it. wouldn't. No, I wouldn't be loving it, though, would I? Why? Because I'm me in that fly's head. <laughs> so I'd, I'd just... I don't think other flies would be going, come on, join in. I'd just be like, no, I'll, I'll wait here. Yeah. Wait, watch and that. 
Because don't, I don't see why they have to do that. What would you do right, if you had to go back and you were in a... Um, you were, had to go and put your mind in, like, the, um, an unhatched uh, egg of something. Like, maybe one of those... E- like, uh, that a wasp was injected with a spider. So you know you're in an egg, right, which is really uncomfortable, in a spider. How would you feel about that, Carl? You're a baby wasp in the abdomen of a spider. And I know everything that I know now. I'm, I'm sat in there. Yeah. And now I'm now I'm in a spider as a ba- as an unborn wasp. What the fuck am I doing here? What's going on? I don't know what I'll do there. Uh, will they try and sleep? <laughs> There's nothing else to do though, is there? I just pray to God it never happens. The Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. I don't believe it. He's written it down. Well, that's the jingle that signals it's time for more extracts from Carl's diary, and uh, we'll lunge straight into it. Wandered down Carnaby Street. There was a happy homeless fella. I gave him one pound fifty. I thought of a tongue twister after giving him the money. It goes, "If you can't treat a cheerful tramp, what sort of tramp can you treat?" It's good that. All Say right. It fast. If you can't treat a cheerful tramp, what sort of tramp can you treat? Yeah, good, isn't it? Good that, yeah. You've got too much time on your hands, Carl. <laughs> Learned some famous quotes to see if they are as good as my sayings. Number one, treat every day as if it's your last. Very famous saying. Now, is that something you do, Carl? Um, but you know, my me, me problem with that one is that if it was your last, you wouldn't want to be doing much. That's that's the only problem I've got with that. I wouldn't want to, you know, go to a fairground or whatever, because you're going, oh, it's my last day, what am I going to do? And I think you'd spend so much time worrying about what you're going to do that you'd end up staying in. I think you're right. Um, you've taken some of the poetry out of it. I think it means live life to the fullest. Right? I like the fact that you were amusing on the idea that if it was your last day, you'd go to the fair. <laughs> 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 it's getting such a 19th century way of spending your final day. I know, yeah. yeah. Um, well, the thing is, the, the other thing is that um, the only thing that people get depressed about in terms of sort of like, um, you know, life and death is... Uh, not the knowledge that they're gonna die, but more the knowledge that they know they're gonna die when they're dying. If someone told you, um, no one ever knows when they're gonna die, no one ever gets an illness, no one ever gets hit by a truck, everyone passes away peacefully in their sleep, dreaming they're riding a big marshmallow, right? Then you wouldn't care about anything. It wouldn't matter when, it wouldn't matter if you died tomorrow or in 30 years time. You'd just live life to the full. You'd come, you'd, you'd have it, every day would be great. You'd go out, you'd come back, you'd fall asleep. That would be amazing. There'd be no stress. There'd be no, there'd be no angsty, oh, we're all going to die stress. Because it wouldn't matter. Because it would just be your life. Wouldn't it be amazing if someone guaranteed you, Carl, you're going to die in your sleep. I'm not going to tell you when. Yeah, but you'd... some people do, don't they? Well, exactly. Yeah, but I we never know that. we're going to, because we, we stress. What if we get a dreadful illness? What if we, you know... But but we're almost not letting people die naturally anymore, are we? Because we're always bodging stuff up. What do you mean? Well, someone who might naturally die in the sleep aren't allowed to naturally die in the sleep because they wake them up with those electric things and get them going again and pop in a new lung or whatever whilst they're at it. That's what I'm saying. They don't just... You never hear it anymore, do you? Frank peacefully died in his sleep. No, 
he died on the operating table whilst we were putting in a new lung. They never, they don't die naturally anymore. <laughs> Frank died peacefully with 40,000 volts going through them and a couple of people going, clear! Clear! Rushing about today. Got to get a lot done as I'm flying to Malaga tomorrow to see my mum and dad. Don't like flying. I'd be happy if they give you a parachute instead of a life jacket. They say Da Vinci invented the parachute as well as the helicopter. He never got round to making them, though, because he only drew them on some paper. Got up at 5am as I had to get to Heathrow to get on the plane to see Mum and Dad in Malaga. Went out for a drink with a cousin who lives in Spain. Ain't seen her for 27 years. Oh, that must have been tricky, making conversation. I didn't really bother. Because <laughs> where do you start? I might no, as well so go up to anyone in the street and start having a chat. <laughs> yeah, you have to go further back then. Uh, did you want Chantal to win Big Brother? Yeah. Me dad and me talked about history. I said we shouldn't go on about things that happened ages ago because I bet something similar has happened more recently. Brilliant. <laughs> Read about an island in the Indian Ocean where there are tribesmen still living like they're cavemen. A helicopter tried to land and the tribesmen chucked spears at them. This is what I meant about not having to talk about things that happened ages ago. We have got new cavemen now, so why do we talk about the old ones? People could have lived before, but computers and all that blew up and books got burnt, so all they had left was what these tribesmen have got left. Ramblings <laughs> that's of the ramblings man. of a maniac. That I mean, that's a... just a few hours before you go crazy with a gun in there. No, but what, what I mean there is, right, mm. say if all this has happened before, right, podcasting's been happening years ago, Something happens. Again, a lot of your information from the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Something happens. World ends, mm. right? We come back again somehow. Yeah. It's the detail <laughs> it's you leave out that makes yeah. you intriguing. Just like the watch that you can wear that uh, tells you when you're going to die. How does it work? Pop it on your wrist. That's <laughs> yeah. all the detail you need. So, the world happened, no. we came back, we... Uh, yeah. Have you seen the pictures? <laughs> Forget it, then, if you don't get it. It's interesting that you had all those profound thoughts about this, this period in the past <laughs> when they all lived, but you still you still found it uh, appropriate to include at the end of that. It says that tribesmen wave their knobs about when they've had enough of having visitors. That's what's what it said in the paper. That's what happens. They're quite happy. What paper is this that you're reading? It was, it was in, it was in like, a paper a couple of days ago. It said um, they don't mind having visitors if they're bringing them coconuts and stuff that they can eat. Once they've got everything they need... You start waving the tackle about, and that means, like, right, leave now. Which you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, at a dinner party. Uh, my grandfather used to do that. <laughs> well now, well now, well now. What have we here? I'm here to tell you all about Friday Night Comedy on Channel 4. There's three great comedies. Green Wing, It's Nearly Ready. My name is Earl, and the It Crowd. Uh, the great new comedy from the creator of Father Ted. And what have we here? Jingle, jangle, jingle, jangle, as it happens. Friday night comedy, this Friday on Channel 4. Switch it on. Now then, well now, the young man. Uh, well now, now then, well now, now then, young man. Oh, did that see that, monkey news, you uh, that jingle is getting more annoyed by the week. Well, this is the final monkey news, right? I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore, right? Because we've we've covered it all. All the monkey news has been covered. It has, it has. We've done, we've done loads of them. I think all the news that needs to be sort of known has been told, right? Um, that is the end of the news. Jesus Christ! <laughs> what? Get on with it. Right? Do you know? Um, 
in the first uh, podcast that we did, we uh, chatted about the monkey that went into space and stuff. Mm-hmm. So where we left So it, haven't you got a real no- a new monkey news? Well, it's an update, isn't it? I mean, is it new? Has no, it happened recent? Has it happened since podcast one? I have to pick Ricky up on the point that he thinks any of the monkey news we've heard <laughs> a happened and b <laughs> happened recently. It almost always happened in olden times or ages ago. Uh, or you're right, it never happened. <laughs> yeah. Right. Anyway, so like I say, the first monkey news it was about this monkey that went into space. This was the one that was fed by bananas that came out of a little shoot on the spacecraft. Yeah, it went. It went up there. Uh, did a really good job. It was taught how to press the buttons. Hit the left button for a banana, you know. Right button to to go right, uh, make history and go, go to right space. Right. Um, Ooh, what do I want? Not more banana. You haven't taken off yet. Ah, more banana. Oh, we shouldn't have given him a choice of banana or a change history. We should have the right button. We should have fed him before he went and only had a right button. He's at the left button again. He's just eating bananas up there. What's going on? It's costing us a fortune, no oh, fucker. Press the right button and do something. Oh, you hit the left button again, the little fucker. So anyway, yeah, I told you, he went up there, he came back, he could never get that the high, high again. Yeah. You know mm. what I mean? He tried other things. I think he tried to get a band together and that. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. so anyway, there was, there was loads of monkeys that were signed up to this NASA programme. And it was 1961 when this little monkey called Ham, that was his name, so mm. a bit of an update. That's that's the same one as I talked about. His right. name was Am. As well as him, there was one called Enos. He he went round the world loads of times. So anyway, what I found out about it since then, um, Am went up there, did the left right business with the bananas. Enos, um, they didn't put as much work into the trip when when he went up there, and something went wrong with the machinery. And do you know how you get a banana for the left button? And all that. Mm. It's official it, now. <laughs> yeah. There's two buttons in this spaceship. Banana dispenser and everything else. The right <laughs> button is everything else. But, but it worked the other way. The machinery went weird. Oh, no, really? So, so it meant that the right button would give him a banana. Right. The left button did everything else. Oh, no. How did so that, what, how did so that what happen, though? Taught, how, what, what, this is the problem with, with electronics, isn't it? Well, no, I don't know this. Apparently, this is the problem. But the good thing, I mean, honestly, look it up if you want. This is all online, by the so way. So what happened when it all went haywire? What what occurred? Luckily, Carl, Carl, this is online, and it's bollocks. Luckily, um, Enos, because he'd, he'd, he'd done a few trips. <laughs> right, he's so he was right, well, I know this isn't right. As much as I love bananas, <laughs> this isn't right. <laughs> Bell so, was his thinking, of course it was. So anyway, so he came back, they, they were all like over the moon with him. He you said, know, I can't work with these conditions. Good mission and everything, well done and working it out. He sorted all that out. Um, it moved on a few years. Armstrong's gone up there, Buzz and that other fella. They've been up there, the, the monkeys aren't needed anymore. Mm. But they were like, we've got all these monkeys who have done NASA training. Mm. What are we going to do with them all? Mm. And they mm. had to raise fourteen million pounds to make him like a, a like an old sort of chimp's home for retired <laughs> retired NASA trained monkeys. Chimpanots. Chimpanots. Something they've got in there is like a little museum, right, of all the missions and that that they've been on. So they can sort of even though they're not gonna be going into space again, they can almost relive it and reminisce mm-hmm. of the times that they've had. And They're reminiscing with each other, are they? Just, just sort of going, oh, I remember that time when it all went wrong, the button became the left when it should have yeah. been the right and all the rest of yeah. it. They're just, you know, sort talking, of about, old times, talking yeah. about old times and what have you, like old people like to do. Yeah, sure. um, and yeah, that's it. So if you want to like, give 
give some money to towards their home, right. you can go to like SaveTheChimps.org, and it's all there. All that all that information that I've given you, it's all there. You can. I'd be surprised out. if all the information you've given us is there. It's all there. I'd be very surprised. It's all there. Just retired, you know, monkeys and that who have done the bit. Perhaps we should retire Monkey News to that same space. That's what I mean. So, you know, I hope you've enjoyed the Monkey News and that. That was the, the last one. Look after the monkeys. Uh, do your bit. Because they've done their bit. Uh, that's it, yeah. But just because I'm not giving the news, look it up. Do you know what I mean? It's all out there. Don't be ignorant. <laughs> Wise words. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to these uh, these twelve podcasts. I- I've really enjoyed it. I know um, uh, Steve and Carl have. Um, this podcast was, uh, as usual, hosted by Positive Internet, the world's number one podcast. Next week, a, a brand new podcast. Um, we have, as I say, we have got to charge a little bit for it because um, it does cost money to host. And uh, please, please keep listening. It, it is going to be very little, and uh, you know, Carl. Carl needs your money. If you could see what I see now, he's just looking at me with his... He just, he just needs stuff, don't you, Carl? What do you need? What do you need? Just something more than nothing. <laughs> <laughs> for information on the archive of the podcast, these last 12 shows, and for the new podcast to come, go to rickygervais.com. You can register there. We'll send out loads of information. Uh, plus, you'll just find out links to, uh, to how to get all, these, uh, all this stuff that we're, that we're offering out there. There's also a free taster if you just can't wait for more of Carl's nonsense. Make sure, please, that you register uh, your email and everything so we can get in touch and just tell you what's going to happen uh, with the Ricky Gervais show, with Carl's mind, and with everything else. rickygervais.com. Go there. Makes perfect sense. Uh, it's the it's the end of an era, but the start of a new one. It's almost seamless in a way, isn't it? The end and the beginning. But Carl, what do you think about that? How things end and new things begin. Um, well, I suppose you've got to have an end for a beginning. So it's just a bit odd that we've got an end and having a beginning. But that's science for you. <laughs> <laughs> the Ricky Gervais Show on Guardian Unlimited. <laughs>